Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. Yet to be released, yet to be drafted. Still here, late as always, though. So I will be paying a fine for that. As always, I am once again your founder, creator, producer, director, artist, webmaster, moderator, clip cutter, voting poll creator, schedule coordinator, game streamer, editor, organizer, reporter, button deck controller, technical support, and most importantly of all, host of Talk Bunch Live. Rick, the disaster master, Darren Short. If you see it or hear it, odds I created it. Joining me as always, co-host, Destin Soglo Frazier. And I write down the episode titles. <laughs> <laughs> the episode titles, spot coordinator, and so on and so forth. We'll come up with more official titles. That's all. As we go. You should know what everybody does if you've been listening for 486 episodes. Not to expect you to. Shout out to everybody on demand. iTunes, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, what else? SoundCloud, your favorite podcast addict and all that other stuff. Twitch, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. We are going to be going over some season premieres, apparently. I don't know how they decide what their season premieres are or what their finales are, since there's no off-season, but they were premieres. First I heard about it. And is it, does it count as a season premiere when it's the same shit as the last season? Not really. It's the the season. The weather changes more than uh than the shows. And that's very unfortunate. Recap. Yeah, pretty sad stuff. Oh man. So what do we got going on here in the news? I'm going to start off with some fun stuff. I didn't even really have time to really look at our program to see if it's going to be one of those programs that's uh, annoying or offensive or if it's just going to be fun. I have no idea. I'm just going to kind of we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, we're going to play it by ear here and see what exactly it is that we'll have. So, uh, Peacemaker, huh? There was more Peacemaker stuff. You know, I still haven't seen the damn show that that's associated with. Me neither. Or the movie, rather, for Peacemaker. Isn't that something? <laughs> we finally have a clip or something, not just a dirty shirt, because I feel like every time we talk about Peacemaker, there's like a dirty <laughs> shirt or something, right? Or some drawers a or something. dirty shirt. <laughs> you know, let's see what the hell this is. Are you kidding me? Did this dipshit really show up in full cosplay mode? This is the guy Waller's giving us. I told you she's fucking us. She's not fucking us. Is that an eagle in his back seat? (laughs) She's fucking us. Hey, Scooch. Why are you in your costume? Costume. This is a uniform. And it's brand new, so I gotta stretch it out and make it more comfortable before we go on a mission. Maybe I'm stupid, but why would you even want to wear that on a mission? A bright red shirt and white pants aren't exactly conducive to lurking in the shadows. People see this uniform and strikes fear in their hearts. What people? The other people at the village people try out? (laughs) Why is there a bald eagle in your car? That's Eagly. You guys are working without me? Eagly is your pet eagle. Yeah. Is your dog named Doggy? (laughs) All right. Do you have a daughter named Daughtery? (laughs) Jealous of a guy's pet eagle much? Okay. They really troll his ass yeah. in that, huh? <laughs> you got him. That's rough. Oh, man. Oh, wait. Is there a... I thought there was an after 
after trailer scene. I thought it was after credits. <laughs> no, but that was pretty much it's like it. Marvel with the trailers. Yeah, no, but yeah, we got a uh, Peacemaker, which I guess I'm gonna have to watch the other thing he was in. What was it? A uh, Suicide Squad two? Yeah, was the original ones. So, all right, well, Peacemaker premieres January 22nd on HBO Max because that dis- that DC channel flopped. So HBO swooped in and saved their asses, or at least the shows. The channel's dead. Couldn't save that. You know, we kind of had to life a strange uh, them. <laughs> you got to so cut who's the bad ass for that one then? Yeah, had to cut the rope <laughs> so that everybody doesn't fall off the cliff. Oh, too soon. <laughs> too Even soon. Even though we're at the end. Too soon. So, you know, rip DC as far as the uh, service goes. So apparently... New York City Comic Con, from what I heard, was this past weekend, past week, call it whatever you were, just finished. One of the interesting things that's come to my attention is that they set up a Peacemaker hotline, from what I'm seeing here. What? Yeah, let me, uh, let me bring this up for you. Bear with me while I <laughs> just get all of this, because I want you to oh, be believe able to me, see Believe me, everybody going to need a minute to realize that in 2021, we somehow have a hotline. There it is. Let's bring it up on a full thing. For all new folks out there, hotlines with that thing you called to a specific number for a specific service. If you're committed to peace, call 1 833 4PSSMKR. 1 833 4Peacemaker. So, as you all know, one eight, hotlines are usually 1 900 if they want to take your money, 1 800 if, if it's toll free, 1 888. 1 833, though, that's a bit different. Am I right? Am I right? Like one eight three three. So uh, let's call it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone ready to see what happens if we call Peacemaker? Fuck it, right? Right. Next you know we get drafted and shit. You have now joined the Task Force X meeting, which Peacemaker was late to. Please hold. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you shit? Why are you in your costume? Costume. This is a uniform, and it's brand new, so I gotta stretch it out, make it more comfortable before we go on a mission. Okay. Maybe I'm stupid, but why would you even want to wear that on a mission? A bright red shirt and white pants aren't exactly conducive to lurking in the shadows. People see this uniform and strikes fear in their hearts. What people? The other people at the village people tryout? <laughs> yeah. So it's an excerpt. It's the same order excerpt from the movie that was in the trailer that we saw. Yo, for like 10 seconds, I really thought you were calling it. I, that was the real call. I did really call it. <laughs> oh, it literally, that's le- legit. Yo, we, y'all can't say we never did nothing for y'all. Wait, you thought I put that what? together? Where, where, what the hell would I, I put that I together? You <laughs> <laughs> no, man. <laughs> you could try yourself. You have your phone and you do it. one eight three three four pss mkr <laughs> To see for yourself. Maybe you get something different. Oh, my God. That's fucking funny. I know, right? No, that's that's legit. Man. I'm so used to this shit. I gotta understand. I really thought I was like, wait, no, okay. It was like ten seconds. I was like, oh no, no, no. It's just a sound bite. He found a recording. What? <laughs> nope. I called with my own phone number. <laughs> Dude, this shit real. So, um, yeah, good for good for them. That was a that's effort, man. Because I've never even heard of a one eight three three number before. Right. So, um, yeah, very, very different. All these things, this is good marketing because now I'm more interested in the character and what they're going to do with him versus when uh, when he was just in the movie. All right. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, this man has apparently been busy this week because uh, John Cena also made a cameo on SNL. Did you hear about that? I did. He was on, uh, they do a bit called The Dream Guy, which I guess is like a dating game. And they had a few cameras because Chris Rock was there. SNL alumni. You know, one of the people that put that show on the map, if you ask me, at least for our generation. Yeah. You'd be amazed how many people got their start on that show. People like him, cooking, uh, Phil Hartman, rest in peace. Like A lot of those people got their, show, got their start on that show. Yeah, not much like the viewers and Joe fans. Rogan, they're all gone. Too, right? <laughs> I didn't think you heard that one. I said much like the viewers and fans, they're all gone. Damn, yeah. Uh, you know what I said? I'm not going to. Um, this is a joke. They should get jokes. They're SNL. But yeah, it's not. I used to. I miss the old SNL. I'm not going to act like I know, man. I miss the old SNL. Oh, yeah. It was so I funny. mean, there's still some people on there that I like. Like, I think right now my favorite person on there is fucking. Well, he used to be on there. Damn, even he's gone too. Fucking uh, Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah. He's really. And, good just, and it's just because I love watching him break character when he does Stefan and the Californians. Yeah, that's how I used to feel about Fallon. Fallon used to corpse all the time, man. And it's, but you have to think Fallon was surrounded by hilarious people. It was almost impossible not to. It was like, it must have been overwhelming just to be in the room. I believe it was actually, um, no, no, no. It was, um, fucking John Mulaney who did, uh, Stefan's lines, uh, for, for Hater. And I remember he tells a story about the fact that literally all those lines were designed to make him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up. Every, if you ever get a chance, there's a whole compilation of Stefan. Watch it. Everything he says is literally just fucking Mulaney trying to make him laugh. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to. <laughs> All right, let's see. What the hell. The let's see what the hell we have here. Breaking WWE superstar John Cena or Zeke? <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I just need a second. It's, it's okay. Take your time. Take I love your time, how they, sweetheart. Like everyone got eliminated, but uh, but seen at this point. <laughs> okay, okay. You are both amazing. I mean, John C. You're kind, considerate, mega jacked, and very, very rich. <laughs> Thank you. And Zeke, although you're not my normal type physically. Hmm. attracted to your silly vibe and your sunny demeanor. I mean, I particularly enjoyed meeting your original character, Sherlock the Cat. He was hilarious. Elementary, my dear, football. (laughs) That being said, I don't think you asked one single question about me our entire date. You sure? (laughs) And then at the pool, you were afraid (laughs) to go swimming. I wouldn't say a fway, but yes, Scaled. And John C. I don't love that you have a wife. <laughs> yeah, I said that. I was. <laughs> I love that they break K. Faber. He's a married That's man. Fair. That's very true. <laughs> good, good point. You but know? now I have to make a decision: Zeke or movie star and sixteen-time WWE champion John Cena. <laughs> oh, Zeke. Very. Still a. F- John Cena. <laughs> Wait. What? John C. I'm really going to need you to figure out your wife's situation. <laughs> Do you accept this token? This is quiet! Yes. Yes. A thousand times yes. Thank you. I really thought it was going to be Zeke. <laughs> That's a funny Sorry, joke, Zeke. man. <laughs> you did not receive tonight's Zeke. token. Say your goodbyes and walk into the pit. 
Wow, um, this one hurts. I'll definitely miss being in the house with the guys and Amy Schumer. And Michelle, your sweetheart. <laughs> I guess we get the, uh, any more John Cena to this bit? Get the John Cena part. No, I guess that was it. Oh, man. You could just stick him in anything, huh? Right. And just so you have it for later or whenever, I uh, I link you on Twitter to the Bill Hader breaking character and Stefan on SNL. All right, cool. Yeah, it's oh, so boy. fucking funny. Because it's funny, like, if anybody's ever seen that character, one of the things he does is he, like, covers his mouth and his nose. And, like, midway through the whole time he was there, I just started wondering, I was like, is he just doing that as Stefan or is he trying not to laugh? Because either way, it works. Yeah, just like if you see him do it, it looks like something you would do if you're trying not to corpse, but it's like, I'm not, I don't know anymore. Any timestamp or anything to it? Oh, no, it's just, it starts like right from the beginning, pretty much. Okay, let's have a look. It's fucking funny. What is a human fire hydrant? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a thing of when high waisted midgets <laughs> have like. I can't keep it together, bro. Great. Just, it's important you know that people know what this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, a, is a special guest. Have you heard of Blackula, the Black Dracula? Yes. Well, they have a Jewish Dracula. Oh. What's his name? Sidney Applebaum. Oh, okay. This place has everything. Asbestos, lupus, the magazines at Supercuts, Dan Cortez. Wow. It's that thing of when you put a midget on a skateboard. <laughs> oh, that is great. Oh, yeah, no, that Stephon... last one's the best one because he falls the fuck apart. Let me see. He goes like a human in or something like that. <laughs> midget on a skateboard and it slides, slides around on your floor eating garbage. <laughs> <laughs> there's one i gotta show you later on I'll, it's one of those ones it's so long you have to watch it off screen but it's literally every stefan bit ever done oh yeah. oh my god it's so stupid yeah quest on facebook says send for the man <laughs> the man might as well move in at that fucking point <laughs> those are the best ones though i just saw some of the early ones are the ones where it's like he can't even hide it. he just fell the fuck apart <laughs> See, that's what happens when you let John Mulaney write your lines, people. He will try to make you laugh the whole bit. Yeah, that was good. All right. So what else do we have on the news docket today? AJ Lee, a.k.a. AJ Mendez, joining WoW Wrestling. That is right. Just probably not in the way you were expecting. No. But we'll get into that. I love how all the dirt sheets just clickbait the shit out of everybody is basically returns to wrestling not quite 
that's what takes us so long to put this show together. It's like the dirt sheets have so much clickbait to get to the actual core. You wind up dissecting to get to the story. But anyway, that's a different story. Let's just see what this actual announcement is. Hi, everyone. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is AJ Mendez. I'm a film and TV writer and producer, a New York Times bestseller, a mental health advocate. And many years ago, I was a women's wrestling champion. I have never stopped loving wrestling, but when I retired, I retired knowing that I accomplished all of my dreams. Growing up, I had never seen someone that looked like me on TV. I had never seen myself represented, and it's really hard to be what you cannot see. So I worked hard and I became that figure for myself. But my goal after wrestling was to create those characters for the next generation. So every little girl could see themselves on TV and know that nothing was impossible. I am so proud to stand alongside Jeannie Buss and David McLean and all of the powerful superheroes of WOW to create the next stories for the generation of girls who need heroes and who will know that they can become their own. Thank you. Oh, wow. Literally. All right. It's wow. Women of wrestling. Wow. What are your thoughts on this story breaking? Her being part of the uh, the team of wow. Creative it's wise. a good addition. Yeah, hopefully, she, uh, hopefully it'll give that thing the revive that uh, they're hoping for. Yeah, someone needs to do something. I hate to say it, but right now, um, women's wrestling in a lot of places is falling apart. You know? Oh, yeah. We'll get to that later. We could get to that right now, and it wouldn't even take a minute. Like you know, it would probably take as long as the matches. Because uh, what was the longest women's match on the entire Queen's tournament? This between SmackDown and Raw combined, I think I I clocked in three three minutes and eight seconds was the longest match had. Right. Everybody else is female. Any if you were a girl, your match was probably average a minute and a half. (laughs) And I'm not talking like. and, And that's not including if they changed your if they changed decisions about you at the last minute. Sorry, Liv. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that goes to show you either get long matches that aren't good, like in AEW when they have their women go, which they're at least starting to. No, never mind. I don't even know what to say. Um, Shit, at least at least they let their women fucking try. Yeah, but sometimes sometimes not trying is for their own good. Mm, better than just directly shitting on them, though. Like, yeah, I guess you're right in that sense. But yeah, they have some short women matches this week. Right, like. This is back like freaking short women. That's back when freaking people like Stacey Keebler were like women's champions. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it's not even like they're bad. Like they're good in having like three minute matches. Like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, and Tessa Blanchard uh, is also tied to that. She's going to be, I guess, the face of this company. Wouldn't you have it? Despite a, uh, in, in in spite of all of the history that she's had as far as her being a heel. We'll get into that a little bit. I want to stick to AJ Lee. Keep the crosshairs on her for a little bit. Um, so, uh, CM Punk tweeted out to Sports Illustrated, as you guys know, for those not in the know, that is her husband. He said, I'm very excited for, for her. She's doing what she wants to do. She, she's going to get to write and use her voice to do something that she maybe thought she wouldn't get a chance to do again. It's no bumps and it's a chance to help foster and grow the next generation of females in wrestling. That's a perfect, perfect spot for her. I agree. And she was really good. She is really good. Excellent. Um, 
as much as people try to make it that something which I kind of still find humor in, as much as people try to make it where wrestling is something devoid of having to acknowledge people's size and physique, it's absurd though. And even from a kayfabe standpoint, she's small. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just mean that when it comes to like a size difference, like what she has, and unfortunately even Zelina Vega, there are certain bumps that you can really screw somebody up with when the when the yeah. size is that different. We try this all inclusive world, and not to like body shame or fat shame. And then on the other side, well, of you have you know, to just understand the small. body's limit. Like I heard Lana, I didn't even grab it, or I don't know if it was just a quote or a video, but I know she said. I read the quote of her saying some tongue-in-cheek thing like in a couple of years ago, like if she would have had the physique of Charlotte, you know, that uh, maybe she could have been champion and that it also doesn't hurt to have like a 16-time father like Ric Flair and everything, but it just didn't work out that way for her. And I kind of disagree when it comes to that. I don't think that, uh, I think that in a lot of cases, you don't have to be muscular or hulk up or anything, but at the same time, you can't uh, get concussed or whatever i mean at one point i believe that's what cm punk said happened that she had an injury that she couldn't come back from but now she's saying stuff to the contrary because uh let's see here izzy interviewed her yeah which also um i think izzy is also a part of this team as well yeah i believe she's an interviewer for the channel yeah it's now it's so called wild superhero and keep in right? mind people this is izzy's first job so nice <laughs> yeah or you don't think most people get a, had a better first job? <laughs> I know I fucking didn't. No, no one did. You know, if you're listening to this and you're under the age of 18, your job will not be as good as Izzy's. <laughs> we gotta kill these dreams early, all right? If you're under it's 18 and you're good. if you're under 18 and you already got working papers, odds are your your first job isn't is not as good as Izzy's. So there. Uh let me bring this up on the screen here. So she asks her if she's going to wrestle in this interview. I'm going to bring that up for you guys here to see. Oh, I already have it up. So there we go. Perfect. This is so crazy. But finally, I got to ask you, everybody wants to know this, including myself. Could we see you in the WoW wrestling ring? I mean, I would want to see it. I'm just saying. (laughs) So I will say, so I say the same thing in every interview. And it's always never say never, but don't hold your breath. And what I mean by that is that I never say never to anything physically, mentally, emotionally. I'm, I'm healed from everything I've, I've gone through in wrestling. I could technically do it, <laughs> but uh, I'm so enjoying it, like letting the next generation have their spotlight. I got to do everything I wanted to do. So it really would have to be, is that challenge there? I don't think the girls need me there. I think that they are going to take over the world all by themselves. You're absolutely right, and we're just so excited to see you as part of WOW Wrestling on CBS. Congratulations on returning. Huge deal. I'm just incredibly excited for you, and really thank you so, so much. How old is Izzy now, anyway? She looks so much older. God, Izzy's like, I want to say 16? I mean, you'd have to be to be able to have a legal job yeah. at this point, right? Yeah, but that kid's grown up. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, What happened to the little tiny girl with the freaking Bailey pigtail that made, that Sasha made cry? Like, what happened? What happened to the Sasha that made her cry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know where that Sasha went. But no, that's good. That's good for the Sasha, both of Sasha's a big DBZ fan. And it's funny because she kind of went the way of Gohan. Like she went from someone who had a lot of potential and, and limitless power to someone who just, we wonder what ridiculous outfit she's going to come out with next. <laughs> <laughs> right. Great Sayaman number two, her. 
Oh, don't do that. Two weeks in a row. No, I'm kidding. We love oh. Sasha, but damn, it's like compared to NXT Sasha. I guess like everyone else, she gets that NXT to WWE nerf, right? Yeah. Sorry, Hit Row. It's coming to you too. They're trying to wrap their way out of that, right? Yeah, they really wanna, are. It's I like, want to see if it'll work. I thought, it, I thought about it all week, what they said. And I was like, I understand where he's coming from. But at the same time, you have to understand, sir. If Kevin Owens has fallen as far as he has, you're not safe. So, um, this reboot of WoW subsidiary or, or sister company to Glow. I mean, they were both made by the same people, WoW and Glow, one and the same. I have to say, and I'm not going to lie, I won't pull any punches. The last time I saw WoW, because as you guys know, before doing the podcast, I did buy a lot of independent wrestling. I bought a WoW pay-per-view. And WoW. Like. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good. I don't want to bury anybody, but I just remember thinking, WoW. Like, I guess that was the desired effect. <laughs> You know, it was I definitely like wow they were looking for. Definitely can't complain about false advertising. I used to buy Shimmer and Giant ones. I was like, let's try this wow, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but having this new look and this new image, not being as hokey, because those were always meant to be kind of silly. You know what I mean? I don't want to say silly, but campy. No, we're on our way, George. To answer your question, we just started. <laughs> so, uh, those were always kind of campy. I kind of feel like this can be a more edgy version of it especially with somebody like aj um you know i do like izzy being somebody who does interviews i mean i'm kind of used to seeing izzy doing interviews at this point or at least now she's doing it in official capacity yeah not just on not just stuff for youtube like now she's like doing it doing it yeah so i mean it, all all of this is interesting and then there is the crossover potential between this and aew more crossover power for them exactly because we've seen they are willing to reach out anywhere <laughs> when they say we're helping everybody, we're helping everybody. They're they're in partnership. I mean, let's not forget they're in a pretty steady, stable partnership with Impact. It seems like anyone who's in at Impact, it's practically a swing door between them and like AEW. Impact reminds me of like the relationship that Dunkin' Donuts had with Baskin Robbins. Remember those? <laughs> yes. You could go to a Dunkin' Donuts and get some Baskin Robbins too. It was like whoever came up with that shit was genius. You're going like to carve the shit out of these people. You know, you're going to carve the shit out of these people, you know? Like, how many trips to a Dunkin' Donuts slash Baskin Robbins does it take before you're singing Judas? You know? Oh, God. But I digress. The and point now they're being... they're starting to get to that place with New Japan as well. Yeah, but that having that kind of a, have a partnership is a big deal. So then you add having WoW, and then you add having the New Japan... The, the, the forbidden door is a pretty damn big swing door at this point, huh? I mean, at this point, all we're missing is from people is for people from AAA to show up. It's in, instead of a door, it's it's become more like what is that shit? Is it a swing door? Is that what it's called in the Western that you just kind of can push your way through and come into the place to yeah, drink? Yeah, so it's, it's more like that now, right? Like you could just who's going to come through this thing? Anybody? It could be anybody. It could right. be the sheriff. It could be the it could be the bandits. Who knows? Anyone's going to come in every day? You're just looking at the door. <laughs> They should just t- fuck it. Take down the curtain and make it that Western thing. I've ever had to come through. I need this. this Ooh, is such, be some shit. <laughs> you know, that'll, that'll be symbolic of how wild this shit is. Just the Wild West. So, yeah, I kind of feel like while being there, the association with CM Punk, the fact that they're branching out with people like this is crazy. And WWE should have capitalized as much as I'm glad they didn't. They should have. Uh, I can't even count the places. I mean, I'll be here all day, which we don't have all day. They could have. They, they, they should have capitalized on everything everything there's like they, they fucked up even izzy how didn't how didn't they lock that down like they had a character with a backstory that was already written in thanks to a thanks to an angle that they didn't even plan they, they, how come you didn't do something with her see you know what it is 
is because Izzy likes AEW too. Like you screwed up big time doing that. And now she's smartened up to the business. You'll never get her. <laughs> you know? You know the sad part is I'm, I'm, I'm glad they, I'm glad WWE didn't do it just because they wouldn't have done it the right way. She was just some they little girl who enjoyed just robbed from everybody. Oh yeah. She was just some little unsuspecting girl with her parents who all love wrestling together. I don't know how smart they're, but assuming that they're regular people, they could have just kept them the way they were, brought her in, given her whatever shit contract, limitations. Until she turned 18, give her some sort of a thing. Honorary some however legalities have to do with someone who was a minor through the parents. And then, but like, look what happened. Instead, she did MMA practicing. She went and started working with the indie people. She's with AJ Mendez. Like, you know, I've seen her with a lot of indie. Like, they, she's smartened up now. You can't go fucking with her. And that, kid, that kid's interviewed a bunch of people, too. You know, and then the, I remember when, when indie wrestlers got mad just at the fact that she was taking bumps when she wasn't of legal age yet. You think they're going to let WWE come and screw her? You have people like Jim Cornette who ran and saved Seth Rollins from from going to, to TNA back in the day. You know, remember you call him, oh, God, did you sign anything yet? Don't move. Let me make a phone call. I'll call you back. Okay, you and fucking Tyler Black as hard as he worked with Ring of Honor, guys. So you know what I'm saying. There's people, Izzy is protected. There's a new protection in the business. It used to be protected like the business, like the company, the office keeps you protected. But, you know, nowadays, it's almost better to be protected by the boys. Fuck the office. Yeah, because the boys are actually looking out for you. I think that the, the that's plastic protection you get from the office. And when I used to be, oh, that's, guy, that's a company guy. He's protected. Yeah? How protected have company guys been? I could only think of, like, a few people who are literally bulletproof. Like Randy Orton. Um, Randy Orton. And all of the Samoans. <laughs> that's like it <laughs> like a, those are only people that, that's only because like literally those are families that go back like generations like further than our parents and shit you know what i mean like it's like the 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 orton family goes back with wrestling back to when it was the wwwf you know with, with vincent senior you know the samoans think about how far back that dynasty goes with the old wrestling i hate to say it and i'm not trying to say and i get it oh it shouldn't be favoritism or anything but it's kind of like at the same time, everyone is easy to say that as somebody who just watches wrestling, tunes in while eating your pop tarts at, at eight p.m. on a, on a, on a Monday. If you owned all of this, go ahead and you fire a Samoan. And I'm not even just saying because they'll kick your ass or anything. I'm just saying like, you want to be like, there's so many different ways from a business, physical intimidation standpoint. Take it, approach it however you want. All of your worst feels are manifest that way. You want to fire Rock's relative or just someone from the Samoan dynasty or anything? Hell no, they're bulletproof. But that's it. Everybody else that has no type of uh, protection from the office. That's why AJ Lee got the fuck out of there after WrestleMania. She didn't tell them like the day before WrestleMania. She told them after she came through the curtain and got her WrestleMania paycheck. Remember, she retired that day. Mm-hmm. She wasn't stupid she, about it. She, she, she got that. She got that tap out with that black whale and dipped. She wasn't going to get buried. And you, you know what? She knew the company well enough. Punk probably, of course, had some input there to know that if she would have told them she was leaving, they probably wouldn't have given her that WrestleMania paycheck, that last spot. They probably would have fucked her on the door, on the way out the door. And as much as they say, oh, you never know what happened. I don't. But I do just have a lot of stories going back 10 to 20 years of people getting fucked on the way out the door. When I look back at it, people have been getting fucked on the way out the door longer than I was old enough to understand that people were getting fucked on the way out the door to the point now where I could go back on Peacock and the WWE Network for $9.99 or $4.99 a month, depending on your region. And I can see from my eyes, oh, wow, back when I was a kid and I watched that, that guy was getting fucked going out the door. We didn't know back then, but I know now. This has been happening for decades, you know? So it's good that... uh. There are people like Izzy, kids who are now getting smartened up at a young age because I don't think that the Izzy that cried at NXT knew what getting fucked on the way out the door was. And I bet this one does. 
like let's not even be subtle about it. People can't say we don't know what would happen. No, there, there's no speculation. We know what will happen. Good thing there is a CM Punk podcast with Cole Cabana. You know what I mean? Good thing there is a CM Punk podcast with Cole Cabana that these kids probably hear. And even if these things aren't regular things that happen, it's good that they know that there are possibilities and variables in the universe. Kind of like if I had a kid, which I probably never would, uh, you know, I would unfortunately, I, I don't know how realistic I would have to be with this kid, which is why I don't have him. But I know that it would be a priority to make him aware on despite what parents think nowadays i would have to make him aware of the possibility of being killed it happens you could be killed lots of other adults don't like telling their kids that but you know it's it's the way you keep people smart and safe just because something shouldn't happen doesn't mean someone shouldn't be smart to it you know what i mean like hey you could walk outside and someone could be drunk and you could get hit by a car that's why you don't play in the fucking street if you're hit by a car i can't save you if i'm a religious person i guess i could tell my kid worst case scenario you might go to heaven you know but i'm also a pessimistic person assuming i'd be a religious person i'd be like you might go to hell because the last thing you did was not fucking listen to me so you don't want to be killed and go to hell <laughs> That's morbid shit. It should shit. be funny, but just the way he's describing it. That's morbid shit, but it's the truth. You want to be killed and go to hell? Then the last thing you do, sin by not listening to your parents and want to speak. That'd be the way I raise kids. The point being that I hope my kid wouldn't get killed and go to hell, but I'd make him aware of the possibility that if he plays in the street, that might be his fate. Do I have a kid scared of cars now? Sure, but I also have a kid more cautious. Right. The, the, the likelihood of him going to hell for getting hit by a car at least has now diminished so i digress the point being in this bringing this back to wrestling and izzy who's a child i'm not saying that all of these things would have happened to her even though you you kind of said that you're glad that it never went to this alternate universe with wwe but i'm just saying whether or not it was going to happen i'm glad that now she's able to see both sides of it you know what i mean like she's a kid who'll walk into the street but look both ways first and if one way is AEW and the other way is WWE, like I said, one way is AEW and the other way is WWE, she might, uh, she might check. A lot of people didn't have that choice. I'm so bad. I'm so mad at myself because right when you talk about the fucking possibilities of, of death, my, my instinctive fart, my instinctive thought goes right back to the fact that we just finished fucking season one of Attack on Titan. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, you know, you could go out the wall and get kicked into the tree by a female Titan, or you could stay behind the wall and just not. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you look at it that way. But at least Izzy got to see a Titan, so now she can make the choice for herself. You know, right? A lot she of other one, people one that came back and the kids smiling and shit. And she just... The generation before her just just had strings and shit on her back and was swinging through the woods optimistically. You know, like yeah, we got swords and strings. What could go wrong? No. <laughs> you know, the generation for her was just the MPs on the very inside. They ain't seen shit happen. Yet. Yeah, you know. I'm glad that she got to go from the person who watches everybody come back after the runs to the person who's on the runs, at least. At least he got a front row seat. It happens, man. It's hard shit. It's dark shit. But yeah. And AJ, I'm, that's another thing. Just being close to somebody like her. I didn't want to show too much because I want you guys to go watch it. That's why I linked you. But there's a part here where like she starts breaking down and getting emotional because of the fact that like she's with AJ. Like AJ reached out yeah. and touched a lot of people. Izzy, people have to understand, Izzy loves this business. So this was huge for her, but then you could see how much it generally meant to her to just be in AJ's presence. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Arrow takes this shit so seriously. I see her on social media. She's always at Dynamite. She's always at NXT East Lane. I would say the only mistake that was made here by AJ was just the uh, because she does she did do the never say never, but probably not, and they don't need her and everything. It's kind of like not only are you a wrestler, but you're a good wrestler. You know what I mean? I saw Brian Danielson retire from a neck injury and then return. You know what I mean? We saw Edge retire from a neck injury and return. I saw Shawn Michaels retire from a back injury and come back and fuck up Triple H and jeans. You know what I mean? I it was like took the time to mention the jeans. It was like completely out of left field. It's like, wait a minute! I just I never thought I'd see him wrestle again in my life. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I was like, holy shit! This is a miracle. It was like gave him a denim ass whooping, and he came back and wrestled in jeans. And I've seen all kinds of shit happen. It's kind of like she's way too good of a wrestler. Way too popular, way too over for her to even rule out the possibility of that shit. She should just never say. Not, I wouldn't even answer it at this point. And as young as she is, too, I've seen people make this decision twenty years down the road. There's no way to ever be able to know with her. But I'm gonna say that I think that it inevitably would happen. It would just need the right situation. But yeah, I could see it. Yeah, like I, I think that uh, just like I mean, also just to add to the list, I seen CM Punk come back. Now I believe almost right. fucking anything. You know what I mean? Like I saw CM and Punk. That motherfucker almost died. I saw CM Punk come back to wrestling like Dynamite this week. To me, as much as everyone's always praising Dynamite, it's like to me this week's Dynamite really put things into perspective for me. Where it was just like, yeah, so this is it now, right? Like this is pretty much it. There was like not a point in Dynamite where something cool didn't happen or someone cool didn't come out. Or something cool wasn't being said the whole fucking time. It was just like they couldn't contain you know, the amount of different things they could come up with. So they just—it was just like oozing different things. It was just like explode. It's like we have take a take a two liter soda, shake it, and throw it, and that was dynamite. It was just like <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this dynamite. I'm gonna tell you the only thing I actually hate about this dynamite. If it wasn't a commercial, couldn't fucking leave. Yeah, and I watched the final version. Forbid, I don't get my shit before the commercial breaks over. I'm fucked for the rest of the. Time. It was just permanent. It was like, there's no point. It's like, at that point, it, we're in a new world now. There's no there's no denying it. Like, when I saw it, it was like, this isn't even a pay-per-view. This is just like a whole bunch of cool shit happening for two hours. You know, they, they allowed this. This is their own un- undoing. The fact that they let... How is it possible that there's a show that exists nowadays that's able to do two hours of nothing but cool shit? You know what I mean? That They have themselves to blame. You have a show have, that can't get past 15 minutes without fucking up. Like, don't you guys have a performance center and shit? How did you allow there to be another cool show before you? They didn't even have a performance center when you started 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. You had a performance center for like a decade. You're telling me they came out with a cooler show before you? That sucks. You know? Damn, can I say? You know? Like, that's rough. I can't even make any more excuses now. You know? Once just, again, do you see us now? It was a trail of warnings leading up to this point. After after a like, point of an inevitability, this is this has now become everybody is looking at Mario Yamazaki to stop it. That's you know? the funniest part. They were warned. People have been saying from the get go, get your shit together. And they just sat there just playing grab ass and welcome to the new fucking reality because it's too late. You can't stop shit. It's only going to get worse. It's impossible to stop. And, and like I said, now with all this this growth from everywhere, 
It's a, and it's a, yeah, it's it's even worse because now it's not just one company. That company is helping everybody else you tried to shit on grow. They took something that we were aware of from years, epidemic levels of indie wrestling, and they allowed it to spread to pandemic levels of indie wrestling just because they didn't take the warning. And now once, as you all know now, because I've used these kind of metaphors before, this was a thing. But as you all know now, once it hits that pandemic level, it's there's not much you can do. You can now try to treat it and make sure everything's okay, but it'll never be done. That's the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic. Once you've hit those levels, you got to kind of exist with it and find ways to coexist with it. Well, this is pandemic levels of having indie wrestling. Like, there's not one thing you can do anymore to ever make this go away. Even if some by some miracle, AEW just died. Like, there's just so much branching wrestling thanks to it that it would never really be gone. And it's not it, going it, to die. Influence would just be <laughs> spread all over the place. And it's not going to die. There'd be warning signs before. You know what it will be? It will be like the four or five other prospering companies that are a bit under the food chain of it. You'd start seeing weakness there, which everything's thriving right now. They're in a lot of fucking trouble. I don't know what they could do. It doesn't matter who they hire or who they fire at this point. It's like they need to stop thinking that that formula does anything. Because, like, it's done now. But they're never going to stop, unfortunately, because they have their little marky-ass fans and their room full of yes men that's going to tell them that works until those two things go away it never goes stop because there's always going to be the people out there that's like oh AEW is just a bunch of ex-wwe guys i say again tell me why they ex-wwe guys i'll wait they only hired about from what i've seen they've only hired seven ex-wwe guys the wwe fired like there aren't too many and when we talk about the freaking influence they have hell this week john moxley their former world champion went down and fought his old friend in the bowels of a death deathmatch world didn't have to do it in fact that's one because i watched um the full match that's one of the key things they said on commentary during moxley's entrance he did not have to come down here but he did and what i like about it is it's not just AEW's influence of hey we're gonna reach out to everywhere it's also somebody who made it to the big time who did not forget where they came from i think that what happened is that there are people within wwe that have too much power that are making too many decisions that are pulling too many strings and that people like brian danielson and cm punk are close enough to the office and to creative to be able to have a clearer perspective than you and i do on what's what and ultimately, a lot of the people that you're seeing this mass exile, this mass exodus, because that's what it's become, is directly the result of people saying, you know what, maybe the people that are causing the shit will get exposed if something like this happens. Like maybe Brian Danielson, let's say it's Bruce Pritchard. I don't know that it is, but let's say it's Bruce Pritchard or who's the other guy that they got there. I don't even fucking remember anymore. I'm fucking... Or Dunn. It'll be Pritchard. He's doing the creative. Dunn is just really doing producing. Let's say it's Pritchard. What if if they like everybody but Pritchard, but Pritchard has like the most power there? And it's kind of like, well, you know what it'll take for us to all fucking leave? And then maybe eventually Vince is going to look at this guy and go, hey, asshole. (laughs) I don't have anything. Like sometimes you got, in order to learn, sometimes people have to feel pain, you know? Exactly. But anyway, I digress. Wow is a welcome addition to what's becoming a branching pandemic of wrestling. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and like Stacey pointed out, and like Stacey pointed out, remember we talked about how Daniel Bryan had had a little book that he walked around with, writing down everything that Vince said. <laughs> yeah, you know, so he has like a little Vince McMahon guidebook. He doesn't have to agree with everything, but he knows the man's mind at least on paper enough to know what he might or might not do. 
while being underneath a guy who's open to listen to. You don't have to wait outside of Tony Khan's office for eight hours or six hours and bring a lunch to be able to get in there. Think about that. The fact that you can text between Tony Khan. Dude, I've heard stories like about Tony Khan. Like if you listen to some of the shoots with CM Punk in them, where like he'll pull up to a car with like him and Shivani, he'll be like, get in, we're going to go out. Like they're, they're like, he's very accessible. He's one of the boys too, man. Like, can you imagine having that level of access to somebody? You don't need to be out of his fucking office for two hours and you can tell him all of Vince McMahon's secrets because he'll listen. Like, I, I feel like that's a place where it's like, it's more surprising if you can't get a hold of Tony Khan. Like, come on, guys. That's true. On Total Divas, that mother, you're, you're right. That dude didn't even have a TV in his house. That Now they should be scared. You ever, oh. you ever seen an episode of Total Divas where, where John Cena went to stay with, with, with Brian Danielson? I remember that shit. It was like, I noticed that you don't have a TV here. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we don't really like TV. It's like, yeah, but Brian Danielson doesn't even have TV. That means he probably knows that book cover to cover that he wrote about Vince. <laughs> you are victim. Lives out in the woods and shit with no TV. Brian Danielson's a great big man. Yes, a very big man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he went God. to the competition and showed them the book with everything he can. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he doesn't write these lyrics ahead of time, people. They are all straight off the top of the dome. I was thinking about this. Dude doesn't watch TV, and now he's there with a book of Vince McMahon? You guys are... What, you I would, dude, yourself. if I was Vince, maybe this is the reason why I get heat. If I was Vince, I'd be mad. I would just be... I don't know what I'd be doing. I would, I would just take... I would just. I don't even eat candy, and I would get hard candy to throw it at the back of people's heads in the control room. <laughs> that shit <laughs> fucking kidding me you let brian danielson you let brian danielson leave this company with a book of our of, of our thoughts and plans the way we run shit heads will roll and then knowing their logic and be like why didn't you offer him a big enough contract did you offer him to learn wrestling g1 i've never seen anything like this before but it's wonderful what if vince mcmahon wants to destroy wwe what if he's like an insider, like it became too corporate and now he has investors and shit. It's like he could just take the whole thing back. So he's like, fuck it. Like he pulled the NWO angle from 2002. I'm going to destroy my creation. <laughs> me, me and the AEW. And his shirt, has, the, the chair has it in the back. Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. See, that'd be funny for me just because it would just be funny to watch all the marks and just complete devastation. Vince McMahon becomes the Miles Dyson of freaking... Oh my WWE. god! No, you didn't. Remember, remember that guy? Wow! Because you know what the best. So what you're telling me is Vince is going to shoot Don Cheeto next. Okay, cool. <laughs> Vince becomes Miles Dyson. So you know what's essentially going to happen? He's going to be. If, if Matthew's listening to this, which he probably is, and you know what they need to do? They need to um do a, a botchamania ending where um you know the part where Miles and T two. Is trying to hold the bomb like he's shot and he's on the ground and he's holding yeah. it so they could get away. They need to just put Vince's face and I was like, <gasps> <gasps> you hear the thing is dropped. Thick, thick, poof, and WWE headquarters. Instead of Skynet, they say it's, it's WWHQ and Stanford. Oh my God. Got a Miles Dice in him. He's trying to destroy his own company. I'm telling you, you don't understand the joy that would bring me to watch just. Just, just give you George said, <laughs> George said, Vince is all elite. We need that as a picture, too. I could probably do that one. I'll do that later. I'm going hey, to make Vince right, all elite. <laughs> Vince McMahon is all elite. And just have him you there. Can I put want, it off. We already got the graphic. 
you know what one I'm going to use? I got to find a transparent one. I'll make it. To, I want the one, not a Vince in the suit. I want Vince when he's wearing the black, the, the black shirt when he's wrestling, like with his arms oh, folded yeah. <laughs> next to the all elite. Vince McMahon is all elite with his arms folded and shit. We see the muscles. You know, where they do the AEW all elite logo. Oh, We're going to do a proper one for him. <laughs> he probably won't like stuff, that. Vince. You know what we should do? We should have Tony Khan come out in like a karate dojo and challenge Vince to come on to AEW Dynamite and fight him. You know, have him show, <laughs> have him show up sitting on a Harley. He'd be like, come on, Vinny. Remember Bischoff in those days? <laughs> oh, my God. Never thought we'd be back here again. <sighs> the most I could say is that I hope that there's still a network to do a documentary about this one on. <laughs> you know? Or Vice could pick it up because Vice won't bullshit you. Yeah, but, you know, they have the, that whole, I like the seasonal, like the Monday Night Wars, the Ruthless Aggression era. This will be an era yeah. one day. If they, if they live long, <laughs> if they survive long enough, this will be an era that they'll have to do, like, an episodic thing about. In the future, this is going to be, like, a selling point to the, to the WWE Network or to Peacock that you can go back and relive the days where they got their shit kicked in. But I'm just wondering what it's going to be called if they Ooh, survive. See, the problem with it is you know how they are. If they don't win, they don't show it. Yeah, right. They're gonna. It's, this is gonna be. It's gonna be propaganda news, right? Like the South won the war type shit. If you watch it on theirs, I was saying the only reason we know about the Monday Night War is because they just happen to win. I never thought about that, right? Like from their perspective, which is actually accurate, they win. But what would they do? Would they tell the story about how they lost? Hell no. You know, Tony Khan strikes me as the type of guy that would make an AEW network so that he could. You know, the Wednesday Night Wars. To be like a documented thing. And he has all the material he needs, too, because there's tons of guys in AEW. And you know what? He he. One thing I noticed, as much as they say they'll take anybody from WWE, I disagree. They seem to take people from WWE who are organically intelligent, who you could have an intelligent conversation with, have a podcast with, an interview, speak to them in depth about. So that seems to be the type of people that they take. People who are good talkers. You know, people who are very smart. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, so... There is some vulnerabilities there, you know, if they're going to be left with a bunch of numbskulls. Oh, my God. Oh, oh God. They're going to be left with the Deweys. That's oh what I hold God. on to that Steiner. So they have one guy good on the mic. There's, a, there's an 83% chance that they'll still be able to stay in business. <laughs> well, if you take their 83% chance to track AEW's 33 the third percent chance. But the point I'm making with the numbskulls as far as the talkers going is that in the future when you want to make content, nothing makes better content. Then when you're able to put together those little pieces and you have people backstage talking about their experiences and what backstage was like and the tension between the locker rooms and what people were going through their heads and shit. And I hate to say it, but if you were to ask, if you were to have your pick right now of one locker room that you could go to to talk about their experiences in wrestling for the last five or six years, it would be the AEW locker room. All of the people there are very well-spoken and very vocal about everything. Not, no disrespect for the WWE locker room, but the people that are there right now are not the people that will have the inclination to say the kind of shit that a CM Punk would say. Or even a Moxley said on his, because as I forget, people forgot that Moxley also had a smoking white hot out exit podcast that I he did. I listened to that today. You know, this is good shit podcast. That shit was just... You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people there that... I'm just saying, if you were to take everything that we've learned from the past few years and make it into a show called The Wednesday Night Wars and talk about and have all of those guys just tell those stories again, because those are podcasts, a lot of st stuff is in public. Think about the reaction people would have. You know, it would be one hell of a story. And all the while you jump over to fucking WWE one, and the first thing you hear is, and without further ado, please help me. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they showed that package today without a, 
without that yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> it started from right after that. Problem is, boys, we still got it. You know how I know? Because I've listened to it every day since that show. Yo, and Quest it's still said, funny. Quest said two minutes ago, the funny thing is that he saw an Instagram slide on, on paper showing wrestling toys and there was a Triple H and Kenny Omega box. Uh, maybe Triple H is all. You ever wonder if there's days where Triple H and Shawn Michaels regret cracking those jokes at the Hall of Fame? Oh, the piss ant jokes about he, mm-hmm. who, how Vince will buy that piss ant company just so he could fire you again. What he said to Billy Gunn. Yeah, and then he yeah, was like, like, and then Shawn made the comment of like him being all in. It's like, yeah, bet you when oh, he was yeah. all in now, don't you, motherfucker? The moment that he got to the period at the end of that sentence, I remember thinking, I really hope that that age as well. Like the moment he put that out there, I was like, ooh, wow. At a Hall of Fame speech, too. So less this than is, two years, I'll throw that back in your face. So this is immortalized, because this is a Hall of Fame speech. We don't even have to go digging through, like, shit. To, we don't have to go digging through. Right. You said that shit, a Hall of Fame speech about AEW. I really hope for your sake this and age then, as well. And, then, and if anybody ever wonders what year it was, all you got to do is just say, it's the year they put China in. Like, you know y'all fucked up, right? Like, all right, well, let's talk about Tessa. Tessa, Tessa, because Tessa is part of this yes, new WoW reboot. And they actually, WoW Superheroes Twitter's official account put out this. We have a look here. This is a new Tessa t-shirt. It's called Nuclear. And the reason why this t-shirt gets heat, let me bring this up on the screen first. I guess that's the important part, right? I mean, we covered yeah. this here. If people didn't remember, but we cover a lot of stuff here, so they could have just not heard. The born legend. <laughs> okay, whoa, whoa, that is, I don't I'm need. Ready, is that her music, or? I that's not the last one I've heard, but I don't know if she changes something. Competition, now I ain't never met her. Took some time off, but now I'm back and better. None of these girls is on my level. I gotta show them somehow they forget it. How can I lose when I'm constantly winning? Championship was the first one who did it. Championship was the first one. It sounds like something he would have been the one for the city. Wow, was this written for her? It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like it was. It might have been. It might have been written for her, right? Yeah, be a possibility. So the reason why this is getting heat is because nuclear was a phrase used within the business to describe if you do business with Tessa Blanchard because of the her past history, the homophobic or the racist thing, the fact that she slapped other girls and did all kinds of shit, you know. Um, no one wanted to touch her because she was nuclear. So now she's getting heat because she capitalized on that shirt, which you know what? Why not? Yeah, fuck it. Roll with it. People are like, oh, you know, I heard people say, well, if she did, if she wasn't guilty of those things, then why would she do that? You know, but she's rolling with it. So what? It's called Roll with the Hype. I, I love how all these podcasts is even, even like they're still talking about you. Yeah, I love how all these podcasters, even bigger podcasters than us, they claim that they understand how the business works are like some of the first people to not understand that Tessa's just doing business and that it's a smart way to do business. Take something negative and try to turn it into a positive. It used to be a Paul Heyman rule, and it's like she's just using the word nuclear, you know what I mean? That doesn't confirm or deny anything. I find, and this is the reason I stopped listening to a lot of podcasts, I find a lot of podcasts are hypocritical when it comes to the wrestling philosophies, you know? And I just don't take other podcasters seriously, and there's no disrespect to them, but i rather go by my own opinion than to go by anyone else's, you know? Because everyone's sort of, and I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but everybody's sort of gone into the direction that we've gone to the point where I'm looking at a lot of podcasts, bigger or smaller than us, and I'm seeing that they're full of shit one way or the other in their presentation of wrestling and in their thievery of stuff that they've blatantly pulled off of this show. 
you know, or just our ideas or just stuff that we've done, which I don't really care because we do this more for us than for anyone else, for our fucking community and for our um listeners on the show. But I've just noticed podcasters can be very hypocritical when it comes to wrestling because they'll tell you on one hand how the business works and how things we work, how you can work yourself into a gimmick or vice versa. But then when Tessa does it, everybody's acting like it's the worst thing in the world. She has a fucking shirt that says nuclear. Big deal. You know, go home, you know, dry your eyes and everything. But stop being hypocritical. You know, I mentioned to you guys a couple of weeks ago, I used to be like a, a big uh, Don Tony fan as far as his podcast goes. And, you know, all love to him and everything. But at the same time, um, I remember back when I used to listen to him, one of the things I remember him saying was uh, how indie wrestling was all off Broadway stuff. And that the reason that he doesn't cover it on his show is because if it's not Raw or SmackDown, it's an off Broadway musical. And are you, is anybody going to really listen to an off Broadway musical? Like I heard this with my own ears. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, they, he went on to even elaborate. He name dropped. He was like, do you really think he was talking about Ring of Honor? But he was like, do you really think that somebody like Roderick Strong is going to be a draw? Do you think Roderick Strong to do it? And I happened to tune into him, I think, like his most recent episode. And he was just talking about it was like a complete 180. It was like promote. He actually was talking about MLW. And how everyone should be positive about wrestling, but then people on one hand will, uh, the same people who are positive about wrestling will then go on Twitter and say negative things, but then we'll turn around and say that we should all support and all like our wrestling. I'm kind of like, but bro, at the same time, that was you. Like back when Talk Brunch Live was doing Ring of Honor and PWG and Evolve podcast and, and, you know, going physically to see Candice and Gargano and all these people in the indie shows, they were all these other podcasts were the ones that were talking shit about how they're off Broadway and not draws. And it's like, I haven't forgotten. Maybe the rest of the internet has, but I haven't fucking forgotten that shit, nor will I ever. Because now, in retrospect to that, I'm seeing the same people saying, oh, why can't everybody like this? Why can't we like MLW? He brought up MLW, and not for nothing, but wasn't the MLW champion, um, what's this guy's name? Magnus now? What's, what's Magnus's actual name? Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. He used to have a thing where he'd go, Magnus. When, when Magnus first became the TNA slash Impact Wrestling Champion, he had went on a whole rant on his show where he was like, now the Impact Champion is Magnus. And he would like always pronounce CA Magnus like that, like in a condescension. was kind of like, well, dude, years later, the, ML, the, the MLW that you're freaking and the NWA Power and all these other companies that you're defending have Magnus and Roderick Strong. And guess what? All those off-Broadway musicals that a lot of us smaller podcasters were being fucking criticized for going over when everybody was sucking the balls and taint of raw. Guess what? You're all doing it now. And thank God you all have archives so that everybody could go back and see how full of shit you originally were. We have always, from the beginning, not been hypocritical and push the fucking guys we're pushing out. But I love how now we have this new culture where everybody holds hands and has tolerance and respect. And as a result, all of the podcasters that are over that were originally fucking critical of indie wrestling, now they talk about it like if they weren't on the other side of the spectrum. Like if people, I haven't heard you all say that Daniel Bryan, back when it was Daniel Bryan, is just not somebody who draws numbers. You were calling him a B-plus player way fucking before Stephanie did. She came up with that shit making fun of you because I heard that on Twitter first from you fucks. But who was there kissing feet and licking balls when he won when he won the main event at WrestleMania uh, corner? Oh, so, yeah, it's hypocrisy, man. People, the point that I'm making in this is just that people's opinions change so drastically, so easily. 
and they get away with it. They don't really have opinions on things. I think that a lot of these podcasters you listen to, YouTubers, they just want to get a click for agreeing with you. They want to go with the popular opinion at the moment. Back when it was popular to talk shit like that, they did. Now that it isn't, they're not. And if it switches, they'll do it again. Whereas us here, if an opinion changes, first of all, you see the process of it changing. Second of all, we explain why the opinions changed. Like, like, like a prime example, Rick, I remember you um you originally weren't a fan, remember you a big fan of Santana and Ortiz. But you've even admitted in the past, like, eventually they grew on you, and I think now Santana's about one of your favorite people on AEW. Yeah, and so, I always go back and I'll say, hey, you know, I used to not like to, I was wrong. And, and it wasn't even that I didn't like them. I didn't like the name LAX being used because LAX was important to me, especially as a Hispanic person. I was like, yeah, I always liked LAX. Yeah. I always thought Homicide was fucking fantastic. You know what I mean? I always thought that uh that whole group, I, it was cool for me. So... It was just kind of, who the fuck are these guys? But, I, you know, at the same time, I kind of feel my error was not trusting the judgment of them being given permission to use that name, which it turned out to be cool. But that's a good example. It's kind of like, it's okay to change your opinion, but don't fucking pretend that the other opinion didn't exist. You try to push people in the opposite direction. If it, if it was up to a lot of the bigger podcasters, a lot of these, this shit wouldn't be happening that they're capitalizing on and making videos on. They were very anti this. A lot of us had to fight for that shit. They were on the opposite side, pushing people's opinions the opposite way and now capitalizing when it didn't fucking work. That bothers me more than the WWAEW feud. The fact that a lot of the guys that you listen to for opinions and shit were not of popular opinion of the things that you support. You could find single-digit episodes of me talking about Cody Rose being a talent just as much as you could find single-digit episodes of me at, at front row for shit with Candice and Gargano and a lot of these other people and Cole Cabana and everybody. What kind of fucking shit is that? That now you got podcasters and a lot of these reporters jumping on that bandwagon and they acted like the world's always been this way. It hasn't. I find the same thing with the Tessa Blanchard situation where it's like, I don't know what it is that they want. What is it they wanted to do? Ignore it. If she would have just acted like nothing and not done a nuclear shirt, what would people have done? They would have been like, oh, she just showed up and did nothing. She's just going to act like nothing. Or they would have just accused her from running from it. Now she makes it a gimmick in the forefront. So what the fuck do they do? They complain. People just exist just a bitch. And I heard there were some more stories that came out about her and stuff since then. You know what, man? I didn't even bother to bring them onto the program. You know why? Because why did the stories come out right when she's coming back into business? Fuck off. Take your See, stories and I'm shove them up your ass. I'm accusations. If you're not going to give me fact, I don't give a shit anymore. Because all you're doing, especially when your accusations just so happen to come when these people are having their moments. Didn't the first one came, come right after she won uh, the Impact World title? Yeah, it's always whenever whenever she does something that people complain. It's kind of like, I'm not denying or I'm not opposed to her. Or I don't know whether she did these things or not. But the point being, move on. And now she's using nuclear. So it's because she realizes that the internet's not going to move on. Why not just roll with it for a while? That's what you usually do. That yeah. show Heels that I watch, right? I don't know how far you've gotten into it. But that becomes the premise of the show in a way. One of their top guys is a dick. And after a while, the fans start to get, catch wind of it. They're like, this guy's an asshole. And he's still attached to being a face. He's like, no, I want to be a face. I like being a hero. I like going out, blah, blah, blah. And they just see he was getting heat when he was going. He was getting X-Pac heat. And eventually, they have to turn him heel. But by the time they turn him heel, he was so frustrated from the heat he was getting that it became organic because he really did want to tell them to fuck off. And he was, he was a good promo as a heel. In wrestling, whether you like it or not, yeah, if she's being portrayed that way, it may as well just embrace some of the stuff. She's calling her nuclear. She's, it, it act like the shit says racist. With Tessa Blanchard underneath and signing it, you know, right. nuclear. God. And here's the thing I think a lot of people don't understand. One way or the other, you're still talking about her. It's like it's, it's like when I see people in my personal life, they're still running around making Trump jokes. It's like he's not thinking about you, but y'all still talking about him. 
So who's really winning? I think what's really rubbing people the wrong way, since now we seem to be once again in an era of WWE and AEW fanatics, is both sides lobbying for her to be the game changer for their respective company. And then when it turns out really to be neither, they're like, oh, no, look at Tessa Blanchard, bitch. I guarantee you that WWE or the AEW guys, depending on who would have gotten her, would have rejoiced. They would have all been like, we got Tessa Blanchard. No matter what side got her, they would have been like, we got her. Because, wow, everybody's just like, yeah, fuck her still. Ridiculous, man. Long as that girl goes where she where she could be the best she can be and be happy, that is all that matters in the end. Yeah, I agree. Because she can go to WWE, not be anywhere near the best. She could go to AEW, maybe be the best. But if she's not enjoying it, and that's the part where a lot of fans, I start to feel fans really get selfish. You have to understand, it's about where these people want to go. Like, there's people where, where I've seen them go to Impact. I don't like Impact, but I'm like, okay, clearly something about Impact makes to where you feel like you're going to be happy. Go be the best you can fucking be. But as long as you're okay with it and you're at peace with it and it puts you in a place you want to be, that's all that's going to matter. Your real fans will follow you no matter where you go. Mm -hmm, Totally. But yeah, like I said, this isn't against other podcasters or anything. But yeah, I just noticed it's an observation. I've never really talked about on here before, but I just noticed people change their tunes. Which I guess is smart if it's business and it's not really about having an opinion or a platform where you have credible, but people seem to change their tunes based on what the popular opinion is. Because a lot of these same people used to tell you guys why they don't cover this shit. The way they don't cover it is because it wasn't giving them money. They weren't getting the fucking views they wanted from it. Now they will. By the way, I had this on delay because I didn't want to talk over it before. And then I you know what? It. You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for the follow. Vape God Fletch, a.k.a. Fletch Malone. Yep, shout out to my buddy who, who God, I didn't realize until we had a conversation today. This year makes 10 years we've been friends, so shout out to the homie. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I keep those on. Long time, long time good and a friend. And I mean, he's an um, old school talk one of people I remember. is a friend of mine who wrestles on the indies. Dude is kicking ass. Recently, I think, celebrated his first championship win, so. Very cool. Out there making it, so. Congrats. So, yeah, there is Tessa and there is her, uh, her nuclear shirt. And like I said, I don't know why uh, there has to be such issues about that. I really don't get it. It's because fans are just like, fans, there's a lot of fans where I think there's certain wrestlers where they don't ever want to see them succeed. So if they ever get anything, they just are on their parade as much as possible. Spoiler, you're going to fail every time. Mm-hmm. You sure are. Anyway, we have any more fun stuff here? We actually do. Big E's been getting around the neighborhood, huh? He actually introduced the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. Yeah, that is right. I want to see because I did not see the fight or the, uh, or the intro. It's about that time. But you'll have to wait for me to introduce the champ. Elusive and tough. A clinical slugger with a wicked way of words. Big Doss is getting annihilated. This dude will eat a punch, laugh in your face, knock you out, and smile again. From big fella doing big things, big belts, big dreams, the Gypsy King. No man on this planet has beaten him. Come at the king. You best not miss. Feel the power. Clap for the champ. This is Tyson. Fury! Yo, can he do so, my intros? Script. Let's <laughs> flip it. That bad man has finally lost his zero. But in this game, it 
is all about revenge. And now, this cat? Even more dangerous than before. Because if your goal isn't to be on top, you don't deserve to be. He's been haunting the souls of the heavyweight division, knocking down every dude he's faced. Damn! He's a new man, with a new mindset, with that same old golden right hand. It's a new day. Let me reintroduce the Bronze Bomber, Deontay Wilder! Say it with me now, Bomb Squad! Wow. Yo, can somebody tweet Big E and just have him do me and Rick's intros on the show every week? Yeah, we gotta find him. Because you talk about hype to do this, but bruh. Like, I'm real shit half to tweet him and be like, yo, can I, like, ask for a favor, man? Like, <laughs> Like we've been following you since FCW, bro. Can I just call in like one favor? Ah, oh, boy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He did a. He also did one for the college football that happened over the weekend, right? That is true. I didn't see or I didn't hear about this one, but yeah, I, I did see. He's been all over the place recently. Good lord. This man has charisma. <laughs> Yo, if you ever need to get hyped for an intro, you get his big funny ass. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, yo, when I die, just have him come to the funeral and just do the intros. Like, look. You want a hype funeral? <laughs> right, fuck it. Give me a hype funeral. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's cool. Go Biggie. All right. See, now he has a career outside of WWE if he, uh, if he needs it. Y'all fuck up now. Yeah, don't screw it up, guys. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Brian Danielson, he spoke to ABC, ABC6, I believe, and he spoke a little bit about uh, leaving WWE and coming to AEW, what it was like, the fans' reaction. It's a big interview, so I'm just going to play a little bit of it, and I'll link you guys to the whole thing uh, here in a minute. Let me uh, find a good excerpt for you to see if you can get an idea of what was said here. One sec, sorry. We do this shit live, people. These things take time. We get all regulars and you're uh, like, we know, shut the fuck up. Like, I no, never got a chance to say goodbye you. to a lot of people. A lot of people didn't even know it was my last day. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to go back or not. Right. Like my contract was up. Most people in the company didn't know my contract was up that day, except for a handful of people. And, uh, and I didn't know if I was going to come back. I didn't know if I was going to go to AW. I didn't know if I was going to kind of stop wrestling for a while. So, um, so there was never really a chance to, to say goodbye. And I, I, And I also just kind of wanted to express the gratitude that I have, not just for the fans of WWE who pushed me to such a high level, but also for the people in WWE. And I mean, you have to understand, like, there's, it's, it's, it's everybody, right? So it's like the catering people who, when I came in as a vegan, nobody else was a vegan on the roster and would make me my own food every week. You know, they, they just make okay they make this they make this they make this you come you shovel food on a plate and all that kind of stuff but they took the time to make me extra food like hey here's something for you and this is before i was 
before I main evented WrestleMania. This is when I was barely on TV. They would still make me food, right? So it's like it's the creative team, like uh, Ryan Callahan. Um, you know, they asked me to be part of the creative team a little bit, um, and it's the conversations with with Ryan Callahan where we would sometimes we'd be talking for an hour about the show. Sometimes we'd be talking for 30 minutes about the show and for 90 minutes about other stuff and like them just welcoming me in with open arms. It's the other wrestlers, you know what I mean? And so it's like, so there's so many people that you don't get a chance to say like, Hey, thank you. Like these past 11 years were awesome. And it's, and it's thanks to a lot of you. It was really, um, so my contract was coming up and, uh, we, my last con, so my contract with WWE was coming up and there, Brie and I thought when I signed that contract, we're like, okay, after this, I'm going to be kind of done. Right. And then, um, and I had told, I told them before the pandemic started, I said like, okay, we've got a little over a year left on my contract. Um, and I'm going to kind of be done being a full-time wrestler. So let's use this next year and a half for whatever it is that we have for me. And use it to build as many stars as possible or whatever. What, what are the, what are the, what's the most effective way I can be of use? But then uh, I started really re-loving wrestling during the pandemic again, like empty, empty arena wrestling, like reignited my love for wrestling. To me, it was such a unique challenge. Like it was like, Oh my gosh. And when we were in the performance set, we were in the WWE performance center. There was no people yeah so but uh one other thing he talked about on here i'm gonna bring it back a little bit because i wasn't quite done i want you to hear what he talks about in regards to uh to how the fans reacted here i thought this was an interesting perspective uh okay it's weird you know people there's a a decent amount of tribalism in our culture today where it's like people are are you know if you're say politically if you're right, everything on the left is bad. If you're left, everything on the right is bad. And same thing with wrestling. There's WWE fans who like, and they, you know, they would, uh, the worst ones would be like sending death threats to me on Instagram or not death threats, but like, I hope you die or I hope your son dies or something like that. Ouch. <laughs> because he, the fuck Jesus. I can't even him death. Because he didn't want to get thrown into what thirty-five more triple threat matches. I can't even begin to imagine where what place that is coming from, right? It comes from a place of blind marks that don't know how to fucking. I, I can't even call you marks. I feel like that's disrespectful to marks. Like what? We went through this shit when fucking Jr. accidentally called Kenny Omega the WWE champion. Relax your fucking face. It's not that goddamn serious. Okay, he and, went to another company. Big fucking war. And but there's that was that's a small minority. I think wrestling fans for the most part are great are great people and great humans. But what it does is it tells you it's it's kind of like conspiracy theories. Cons- the the really the really bad conspiracy theories. So like flat earth or something like that. It's like you don't listen to the flat earthers. Why are they why do they distrust the issue is distrust right? They don't have a trust. So the most hardcore of these people who are saying these horrible things, well, they're mad. Why are they mad? Well, because we supported you for years and years, and we're the ones who pushed you to this level. And we feel like you've betrayed us, or we feel like you've left us, and we that sort of thing. And I also, from a personal standpoint, uh, 
Yeah, so you know the rest of it up to that point. Uh, I mean, I'll go a little bit more. Like, never got a chance to say goodbye to a yeah, lot of... Yeah, and the rest of that you heard. We never got to say goodbye. But you see what I mean about the death threats and stuff? And he does talk about how there were good people out there. You know? Yeah. People who fed him. There's people who are them. like us that as long as you show up somewhere and you're excited and the people there are excited to see you, it didn't matter where you fucking go. Yeah. So, yeah, I never got it. That motherfucker could have gone to the reboot of Lucha Underground. Still would have been happy for him. Yeah, but that's a bit Ray Mysterio showed up in Lucha Underground. Guess what? I was happy. You know why? Because Ray was happy. Yeah, it's a bit extreme when you wish him and his children death. But if somebody did the same to you, you want to hop your little bitch ass up on Twitter and cry and shit. Yep, that's a strange world we live in. So, uh. (laughs) So, Stallion Rogers, what was he, Kurt Stallion in WWE? Yes. He, uh,. I'm trying to look here so we could see what he has to... Uh, apparently, there was some sort of a leak that happened where uh, he was on a podcast and he said something that was labeled as transphobic and now it's coming out, like, later. You know the story. But anyway, he, he made this video to address the issue. Hi, my name's Cameron Rogers. I wrestle as Stallion Rogers, formerly known as Kurt Stallion. Now, it's been brought to my attention that at some point in the past, I said some really stupid transphobic shit on a podcast that I should have never said. I've taken a few days to address the issue at hand because I needed to really step back and reflect on myself to make sure that this wasn't just going to be some PR stunt to save my career or whatever, because that's not what this is about, nor has it ever been. I am disgusted with the way that I've made people feel with the things that I said. I never wanted to be that guy, nor do I ever want to be. So with that said, I sincerely apologize to anybody whose feelings were hurt by the things that I said or anything that I've done in the past, recorded or not. I would like to grow from this and move on. Hopefully we can do that together. So with that said, any future potential bookings that I may receive for the rest of 2021, I'll be donating a percentage of that to the National Center for Trans Equality. Thank you all very much, and have a wonderful rest of your week. What the hell did he say? I don't even know what he said. Right? Like, how y'all saw, how y'all, how far back y'all be digging for some of these shits? Like, good lord! Like, is there somebody just digging through every wrestler's like social media and past podcast, just looking for shit? Like, I don't even go that far back through my own timeline. Good god! I'm trying to find exactly what the quote was. Like, side note: anybody who follow anybody who has me as a friend on Facebook or knows me on Facebook, I recently shared a old second serving we did i think it was the first one we did right after our fight you think i went looking for that thing no my memories had to show me that okay i think we have uh let me see what is this case they're, they're all they're, there's got to be like more than what there is allegations it's just because people get so up in arms on the internet on twitter especially like all those purple haired chicks that say they're dudes and oh, stuff they're yeah. just like super so that was him talking about the speaking out in Me Too movements, which the dirt she's pointed out both came out on the same month. I mean, the fact that there were two things like that that came on the same month is a bit. Anyway. I just sat tapped him. Boom. And when I sat tapped him, he hunched over in pain and he picked himself up about five seconds later. And my brain was just like, do it again. So pack, I sat tapped him again. <laughs> and, he went, oh, and he went back down. Anyways, he I, I hadn't seen him since, honestly, but. About a month after that, he was saying such nice things. So apparently, I'm going to go back and hear this again, but this is what he's, and apparently this being put as him admitting doing exactly what what his victim said he did during speaking out. So let's see. I just sat tapped him. Boom. And when I sat tapped him, he hunched over in pain 
and he picked himself up about five seconds later, and my brain was just like, do it again. So, pack, I sat back him again, and he went, oh, and he went back down. Anyways, he, I, I hadn't seen him since, honestly, but about a month after that, he was saying such nice things about me on Twitter, like, oh, Kurt Stallion, this and that. He, he makes skinny guys, like, believable and yada, yada. And then whenever all this cancel culture shit came out, he was like, man, I haven't been getting attention on Twitter in a long time. And Kurt Stallion had followed me, so I'm really butthurt at him. He was like, I'm going to say that Kurt Stallion sexually assaulted me and kept touching my wiener in front of Matt Riddle and a bunch of trainees. So, yeah, a bunch of people, a bunch of people, I say, maybe like 40 people unfollowed me on Twitter. And then like 10 people were like, Kurt Stallion's the devil. And I was just sitting here like, ha, 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 ha. You guys are like, <laughs> I don't give it I, you know I read it yeah I mean I don't the only thing that I guess you would be able to take offense to and that's optional would be the little comment okay, there. they're, they're all, they're, there's got to be like more than what there is allegations it's just because people get so up in arms on the internet on twitter especially like all those purple haired chicks that say they're dudes and oh, stuff they're yeah. just like super and I'm not even going to say to get, I'm going to correct that. Not the only thing you could get upset about. The only thing that they could be addressing as transphobic is when he said all those purple haired chicks that are dudes. Like he called anybody anything. That, like, yeah, he said that. That was the one thing he said. He complained about the speaking out, which I believe we have because it became excessive and there has to be something to it. And I do believe in due process. We have a, we've had, we've had a few times where we've talked about it. So. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know, Destin. Has he kissed your ass enough? You give him a pass yet? I mean, has he kissed your ass enough? Did you forgive him, sir? If he changed his last name to Hogan, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Will you ever let him go from this terrible, terrible crime, sir? See, I'm <laughs> unlike what God, ninety-five percent of social media. I'm definitely not one of those people where it's like I'll hold it against you forever. If you show show some kind of remorse, and like it's like genuine remorse. Okay, we all make mistakes in life. We say things we all, we say things we might not necessarily mean. We say some things where it doesn't sound as bad as it actually comes out. Well, I for one think that he should be responsible for his actions. And I bet you like into the bad <laughs> I took, a bit, I took a bit of sterling there if anybody's ever seen that you. I for one think that he should be accountable for everything that he has done. Who is he to try to still make money in a profession that he disrespected? That's a pretty good Sterling. Perhaps he should join WoW. That's when Sterling's imitating trolls. Perhaps he should join WoW. I hear that they're hiring trolls. God, didn't I didn't that way? <laughs> So what do you think, Destin? Has he apologized? Has he repented enough for your liking? I'm so mad at myself. That whole time I was trying to figure out if I could work, work in a way to talk about triple A gaming industry and Fallout 76's $100 <laughs> subscription service. <laughs> Stallion Rogers, we will allow you to live. I can't believe this bit's gone on this long. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. You gotta, you gotta please the internet. If you don't please, then we gotta kiss, kiss nah, the ass. You nah. should donate just just a percentage of your money. I think you should donate all of your money. See, because the problem is, if I do that, I'll have probably like ten more gray hairs along with the three I found the other day. So. He made the right move because that's what you got to do nowadays to survive in the entertainment business. You got to pucker the fuck. It really mm-hmm. is. Get your tongue up in there. Get that right in the fucking middle. That's what you got to do. <laughs> that's what got you- way too graphic, way too fast. 
You know, you got to make sure you get it nice and <laughs> fucking lubricated down there. Just the saliva. That's what it is, right? That's what the internet was. That's what everybody on Twitter wants, right? You want everybody to fucking kiss your asshole. Just the saliva. Write it down. They want everybody to kiss you. Just the saliva. You want everybody to kiss your assholes. Not your butt, but your assholes. The rosy puckery part, right, motherfuckers? But I hope it's okay some of y'all rosy because I, I, I like wonder. to think. But yeah, I accept his apology. I'll never watch anything or support him in any way, no matter what. I hardly was in the first place, so I mean, my apology accepted. We're going to keep holding people accountable to the shit they said a long time ago. Right. Oh, man. I don't know what to say. He should Maybe he shouldn't have addressed it that way. You got to be careful how you address everything, because uh, otherwise there's always going to be someone there to remind you that they're weak enough that sticks and stones hurt their bones and words. You could just curse them out while beating the fuck out of them and double down. I'm not saying to do this. They won't know I'm not endorsing <laughs> violence. But I'm just words. saying, but I'm saying, cause I know people be like, Rick told us to kick their asses and be. No, I'm just saying that it just seems like if sticks and stones can break your bone plus words can harm you, as opposed to the old saying, then if you can imagine if somebody you kicked your ass while. Well, yeah, like imagine someone kicked your ass while cussing you out. Like you're all fucked, right? Motherfucker. 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 I don't know how to handle it. It was sensory overload. He was cursing me out. He was hurting my feelings <laughs> and kicking my ass. I didn't know whether I should angrily tweet about him or, or block. <laughs> Why'd you fight back? I don't know. I was too busy thinking about what I was going to tweet afterwards. And then he broke my fingers and I realized, shit, this is an optional. You sure you didn't just go to Subway already <laughs> looking like this? It was the Christmas story. It's your Christmas story, his ass, right? People couldn't get beat by, by what was his name, Ralph? Ralph. People couldn't get yes. beat by Ralphie nowadays. It'd be too much for them because he's kicking their ass and he's cussing them out. That's what happened to that kid. He's the first speaking out victim. Let me tell you why I'm so mad. At, <laughs> for, do you know you ruined Christmas story for me a while back? Yeah, and I ruined it again. No, it was when we did a second survey. It was when BJ Penn fought and he got knocked out, but then he got the Christmas story asshole at the bottom. <laughs> Ever since then, I see that, and I don't even see him. I always see all I see is BJ. Which why did you, by the way, did you hear he's running for governor? Yeah, smart move. He doesn't have to uh, fight as much. Right. Good move, man. Everybody goes you political. Lose that. You losing that is it's not anywhere near as painful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, we will allow this stallion guy to live. We won't take his head yet. You know that's what we, we do. Sit him down the street and naked, execute. throw shit at him. Yes, to donate. He has to donate all of his money and cut his hair. He has to cut. He has to cut his hair off, right? Let's put him back on screen for a minute. He has to cut his hair off, but he has to cut it neatly enough that someone from one of the communities he's offended can wear it as a fucking wig. There you go. That's right. <laughs> you know what better way to atone than to, than to make somebody's day? <laughs> they could have the stallion hair. Could run their fingers through their hair and their pubes and everything else. Whatever makes them happy. That's last one took a minute to click. I was like, when he said hair and what? Oh, pubes. Ew. <laughs> These fucking people in there. Everybody's so pissed off. Some of y'all motherfuckers need a hug or a rub one out or something like Jesus. Y'all, y'all mad at this, y'all mad at Dave Chappelle, y'all mad at everything. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, I heard Dave Chappelle got canceled. I didn't even bother to read it, though. So the funny thing about it is I did see uh, originally through Facebook, Netflix's CEO is not pulling it. So once again, you failed. Okay, so they they tried to cancel. What was it that he did? 
he um oh god if i can remember exactly the whole backstory it was something it, I, oh god i probably had to watch the whole special again but all I do, all I do for sure remember is that it was literally out of what had to be like an hour special. They picked like two minutes, where I think he did something related to the LGBTQ and whatever letters they added community. <laughs> and I think it had something along the lines to do because I want to say he had a friend um, that was a transgender, and I believe she got heat for um, defending. I think something he said in a comedy special. Really? Yeah, it, it was a. It was so much unnecessary heat, and it was so funny that everybody tried to cancel. But it was a lot of people were just like, "So you take like two minutes of a whole comedy stand-up special, which some of these fucking things go thirty minutes to an hour, and you just try to shut them down for that?" I was thinking I can't based. People. I was thinking based on my own interest, I'd like it to be called the LGBTQHFRCDH community, if that's okay with you, because I want to include everybody. I play PSO, so I'd like it to also have H for hunters, F for forces. You know, you stupid. Like you R for my stupid. rangers out there, C for my cast, D for my D for my doomans, H for my humans. Yes, and let's add another B for my bravers. Two Bs. It'll be the first stance with two Bs. I don't even remember what the first B is, but my the second one's braver. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding, God. man. I'm Full disclosure, <laughs> people. I have friends who are in the LGBTQ community. Yes, you happen is, to be. You happen to one, be. They're not those ones. <laughs> they're, they're not those ones where it's like. Every second of the day, they gotta let you know. Like you happen to be part of the B, even even though I just gimmick in gimmick. I said that was the, I didn't remember what the first B was. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes, he Rick didn't even know what it stood for. Yeah, I got. I gotta. I got a fucking transgender friend. I forget he's transgender because we talk about it so little. It's satire, people, because I know that they won't know when it's satire and when it's like, oh, he's being toxic. Man, Rick, you're a toxic person. We Sometimes, need to honestly, we're just trying to lighten the mood. We need to cancel him. <laughs> he's not. He's and not. The a, only way we know how to do it is funny. Sometimes it's dark. People it's literally will. act like if I would ever openly disrespect or be derogatory from somebody from the LGBTQHFRCBDHB community. See, he did it again. See? <laughs> Someone, one of my friends asked me the other day, I realized when it comes to you and me now, truth be told, I almost think we're trying to make each other laugh more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, Because sure. I know that's my goal. Like, 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 full disclosure, if I can get Stasis to laugh in the background, that's my day made. All right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I said ever since we started just doing the show for our own entertainment, the review and feedbacks we get are that it is more entertaining now. So it's like not putting on a show so much as being a show i guess i don't know nine, I don't know what the nine, nine times out of ten we're really just trying to pop each other and we just so happen to laugh in the middle of it yeah which and i just so happen to be recording which shout out to podcast people because at the end of the day our community as much as i love going live our community is primarily on demand and it's the podcast the audio that people seem to really want i love doing the visuals for the few out there to do go on twitch and on facebook gaming and check out but really our core community is uh as a podcast which is fine wouldn't really want to have it any other way so uh, Matt Riddle is really into this Randy Orton gimmick. He tweeted, let's see what this is. He tweeted a picture of himself at a WWE house show. And he said, I had a, he, he said, uh, I love my life so much, bro. I'm in California tagging with my best bro, Randy. And trust me, it doesn't get any better than this, dude. Did you see, did you hear about this tweet? I think I saw the picture. It was like what Orton was in the ring. And that motherfucker looked like a kid on Christmas who knows what all the presents are. Like, yeah. Let's bring that tweet up on screen. Uh, for a minute here. 
I love how into the gimmick he is, though. Yeah, he's really having a good time, man. And what I like about it is we're seeing, I feel like we're seeing Randy Orton in a new light. Like, he seems to be having more fun than he usually does. Yeah, yeah, happy times. But what's that at the Look bottom? Look how excited he is. Yeah, but what's that at the bottom of it, Dustin? You see that? Lisa Riddle, what's she saying? I can't, let me see if I could uncover the overlay. This is, oh, God. So we could figure out what's going on here. Bear with me, guys. I'm trying to move that overlay here so we could get some idea. His wife also must be an Orton fan. What does that say? It says, you would say that now that you packed up and moved to Orlando away from your children. Hmm? Yeah, she's in on the gimmick, too. Is that part of the storyline? I didn't even know that, that they sounds, are. That, that sounds like a tweet that would be in on the gimmick. Like, he's such a good friend with, with Randy. He was willing to leave his family just to be closer to Randy. Do you think that's part of the gimmick? <laughs> <laughs> that tweet looks like a gimmick-related tweet. Oh, and we've seen people extend these bits to social media, so it's not like it's out of their own possibility. Mm, I mean, okay, that's a dark gimmick. When your wife tweets and says you packed up and moved to Orlando away from your children, that kind of took the fun away from it for me. I mean, hey, we, we once upon a time we had Nikki Bella saying she wish Bree died in the womb. So <laughs> that's that's the, that's your your bar now. Yeah, because I know twins. <laughs> Wow, man. I know enough sets of twins to kind of set that as a bar at this point in my life. Yeah, man. I don't know what to say. I I question whether or not this is a a gimmick. I mean, we'll see about a follow-up next week, but I hope he's not having a... hope there's not trouble in paradise here. I didn't bother to look at the comments that were behind that one. But yeah, Destin wants it to not be real. He wants it to be a work. It would be funnier for me if it was a work. Oh, it'd be funnier for everyone. Like, you know, like best case scenario, his wife just says, fuck it, let's play along. Let's make this fun. He's just committed. Let's go full throttle with it. They were just having fun trying to draw all the negative attention that the LGBTQHFRCDHB community was getting this week. We have to add another B for bouncer, but that's only in a couple of days. It'll be the three B's. (sighs) So uh, AEW, this is a really weird situation here, but. There's been a bit of a schedule change. Next week's episode of SmackDown is going to be a supersized episode that's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Because I guess I'm assuming there's something happening on regular Fox. So instead it'll be on Fox Sports 1. On Friday still. However, it's going to be an hour and a half long special episode of SmackDown. This upcoming Friday. Which basically means that the last 30 minutes of SmackDown are going to be going up with the first 30 minutes of Rampage in a bizarre state of events. Um, so Tony Khan tweeted at WWE and Vince and basically said, I, I saw you're doing a half hour head to head with us. I can't wait to finally beat your main show head to head. It's been a long time coming. See you next Friday for Rampage on AEW on TNT. What do you, what do you think of that? Hmm. You know what that sounds like to me? That just sounds like a case of we all know that they're just doing this just to try to take a, just take another dig at AEW. That's just like Tony, like, okay, I'm going to give you the exact opposite response of what you wanted. Not like, oh, God, Rampage has been suffering. They're going up against the last half hour. No, fuck it. Let's do this. <laughs> because they WWE doesn't hate anything more than when you won't crumble at their feet. Yeah, I definitely do see that. Because, I mean, like, let, let's be full front honest here. We know rampage has been doing really shit those numbers have been dropping and a lot of people on the internet go ahead 
Oh, no, no. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say a lot of people on the Internet have, like, called out Tony Khan for making a foolish comment saying that, you know, it's just kind of like SmackDown crushes everything. It is the number one show and everybody knows that. And that, you know, that's a preemptive strike when SmackDown will probably beat AEW. Yeah. But I think Tony's also, but when I look at that, Tony's response, yeah, if you're looking at nothing but numbers, yeah, foolish response. But if you're looking at the fact that we know how WWE works, amazing response because it's showing it doesn't matter what you do understand our confidence does not wave whereas we've seen wwe be the most fucking fragile company in some case when it comes to somebody rocking their shoes it'll be interesting to see how that last half hour plays out and there is an astronomical difference where smackdown does like two million raw doesn't even do that i mean that's a bold statement i'm not gonna lie but at the same time putting things into perspective against rampage that has been dropping WWE needs to be more conscious and attentive to the fact not so much that uh, SmackDown can tower over Rampage, but that what started as a war between Dynamite and NXT now looks closer to a war between NXT and Rampage because Rampage, with their shitty falling numbers, is, I think, still beating NXT. Yeah, they're still with 627,000 viewers on Friday at 10 at night. The show that I keep saying is in a death spot. It's still beating NXT. Like yeah, and that's NXT that's NXT coming after no wrestling. So that's what I'm saying. It's kind of so yeah, he did kind of bark at a bigger dog here with wondering if Rampage this tiny show that's doing like 600,000 viewers at best on Fridays now is going to be able to beat SmackDown. But at one point, they were wondering if AE, if NXT, the same show that does between 500,000 and 600,000, is going to be able to beat Dynamite. And now does 1.1 million and 1.2 million. That race is over. You're now racing your NXT show against Rampage. That's where you are. There has to be some acknowledgement of this from them. As much as I love NXT and everything, your poor management of WWE as a whole and your shitty positioning of things and your hotshot booking, your Wednesday Night War not only failed, now it's kind of like, can you beat Rampage? If not, what's the, what's the fucking ratings of Dark on YouTube? Could you beat Dark Elevation? <laughs> like, that tweet is not somebody who's just taking an unwarranted shot or has false confidence. That's somebody who's already won a battle and no matter what you do in that first 30 minutes, that man's confidence is riding high. Until Friday. Because I got to be honest with you, SmackDown's going to fuck everything up. That's just what it does. It's, it's SmackDown on Fox. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. SmackDown's going to punch Rampage right in the mouth for that first 30 minutes. Bray Wyatt needs to come out in the first 30 minutes. And then after his match is over, the last 30 minutes of SmackDown be over. Like Bray Wyatt would need to... Uh, and then have everybody jump over from SmackDown and not give them that last half hour to send the message. So, worst case scenario, Blue Brand, if somehow he does have some trick waiting for the first half hour, get your fucking tie-dye spray paint ready. Right. Because it's going to be time for, I some, mean, for some downtown slang. I, I, I can't even say best case scenario because it's just going to be the only other option. It's just business as usual. SmackDown killing it. Like, Yeah, which is fine. I don't know why the hell don't like, like, like that the, call the, the only other option is either Rampage brings in madness for the first 30 minutes or it's business as usual. Like, but I, I, I like the fact that like Tony's coming into this whole thing confident as all can, all can be. He probably knows that it's just going to end. But at the end of the day, I can either just accept that fate or I can piss them off on a completely different level because all they, they can't stand the fact that he's not just crumpling. 
And then everybody received it negatively. And people on Twitter were talking about how the real competition was during the Monday Night Wars and everything. But then uh, Khan replied, he said, Twitter's the child of the Twitter's the child of the boards slash chat rooms that thrive during the 90s wrestling war. Part of my business plan is recreating that competitive spirit while avoiding WCW's errors, which is why I pace. Don't blow out. Don't blow through matches. AW has many years worth of big matches up my sleeve. And he's right. Twitter really has become what those wrestling message boards like on AOL and shit used to be. That's how come it's like worse. That's how come a lot of us older people have no issues navigating through this. This is all the same nonsense to us on a different platform. And that's maybe the reason why I'm so unfazed from anything. I don't give too much of a shit what anyone thinks about right. anything at this point. And I love how people keep refreshing. Oh, yeah, the, the real war was the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, what, because WWE won? That was like 20 years ago. Yeah, and is, is the Wednesday Night, Wednesday Night War not the real one because NXT got their asses kicked? Is that why? Like, I always love when, when wrestling fans pull that kind of logic because I always like to hear their reasoning and they and they never have an actual reasoning because they realize when they say it, you're going to find you're going to sound fucking stupid. Some of you motherfuckers weren't even a late pullout from your mother's womb when that fucking war happened. Like, how dare you right. be the one to be able to gauge whether or not that shit was something that put the war or this war better? You weren't even alive. Most of the people are here saying I weren't even alive. Like, I was there every week. Fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck will, all of you. You know? <laughs> I will admit, I was I showed up way after that war. And you know what? We're gonna make this one authentic. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, I gotta say it, man, because like I hear people talking about that shit like if it says like that's it's something that could be in your social studies books for a lot of you bastards. Right. And let's be real, people would not be saying that shit if NXT won. Let's call it how it is. These are only the marks who when they first showed up, we're just calling AEW a teacher company and all this or that and all this that never always gave some kind of bullshit excuse whenever NXT would lose. Except the reality, NXT lost, AEW won, AEW is not going anywhere. I mean, I really do like that we have all these documentaries and things to try to summarize, like basically the lives and companies for decades and decades. But I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be pretentious about it. But there's a big difference between hearing word of mouth and seeing these little documentary excerpts and actually every single Monday from then to this fucking Monday, watching it unfold and then having somebody half your age try to tell you what fucking war was better. Oh, my God. I just realized something. What? You know, somewhere down the line, we're going to have fans that are like that for the second Monday Night Wars. Yeah, it's gonna it's a never ending cycle. But like I said, I just think that they need to stop oh, doing God. that as far as oh, you know, you this it's like you weren't if you weren't really a part of it, stop. And even if you were, it was twenty years ago. Stop. Yeah, like I was there for the whole thing. Before the Monday Night War started, I was there. Like honestly, before even the, the, the new the new what was it called again? The new generation with Brett and them. I was there before yeah. that shit. But no one from these eras is going, Oh, we really wished that uh that it was like that or that uh, those were the better days or any of that shit. Cut it out. Live in the present already. So then afterwards, we've come to find out just a couple of days ago that uh, WWE, I guess, upped the ante. I'm assuming this must have been motivated by Tony Khan's we're going up against. You can't wait to see how we do. Because now the last 30 minutes. So, so this whole thing's been preempted because of an Iowa versus Penn State college football game that's happening on Fox, which is why they're getting the extra 30 minutes of SmackDown which has now been adjusted to be commercial free. So now they're going up against 30 minutes of SmackDown that won't have any breaks. Before, maybe if he wouldn't said nothing, it would have just been what he wanted. But, you know, again, 
company that's been very powerful, that's been through a war. <laughs> you guys all keep fucking saying, oh, it was a Monday Night War. Monday. Well, yeah, you got to remember, you got a company who's done this before. You think these aren't the tricks and the little dirty games that used to be played? So now you got 30 minutes, uninterrupted, commercial-free SmackDown. Worst case scenario, a lot of people won't remember the turnover. You know how many times that happened to me during the Monday Night Wars? Because I didn't watch the rest of it like you motherfuckers on the network. Where I was watching Raw. And, oh, shit, I forgot to turn over to Nitro. Because you think like the two shows were going at the same time it's on Monday. <laughs> you know? It was all. Having us all. It happened to me tonight. How? Because I hadn't finished watching SmackDown. So for about the first hour of raw i'm switching back to, <laughs> to the smackdown that i had on the I mean, there one. were there were a few times i went oh man i forgot to switch back to the, the to the raw something bad happened to Mansoor, but i was watching smackdown anyway <laughs> we'll fix it when we all get i'm there. saying is when it comes <laughs> to raw tonight the words of the day tag team wrestling so now you get commercial free SmackDown and a lot of SmackDown. In case SmackDown wasn't good enough for you, usually banking in at about an hour and 24 minutes without commercials. Now you're going to get an, an additional 30 minutes without commercials, putting it almost at a clean two hours. You know, I got what, an hour and 45, 50 minutes worth of fucking SmackDown. Yay, almost clean two hours. So excited. <laughs> I love the way Stacey said that. She said, put on the Raw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I almost forgot. I was like, oh shit, I'm still watching SmackDown. I'm busy watching this shit for other shit. Shit, you're in, you're 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 inadvert, you're inadvertent human instinct to avoid suffering. Had you stick in the SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm not even gonna go in order anymore. I just want to talk about stuff on here that I'm seeing. Um, what is this here? So the draft picks. We talked about that. I know people know you hashtag WWE draft two weeks in a row. Sure, I did, but it's because there was still more draft stuff that happened. So we didn't realize because this happened when we were on the air, but during Raw talk. Some of this we talked about, some of it we didn't. But Raw was getting Liv Morgan, The Miz, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Tegan Knox, Tamina, Mia Yim, Dolph Ziggler, Dana Brooke, um, Robert Roode, Veer, and Jackson Riker. And then SmackDown was getting uh, Jinder, Shanky, Shotzi Blackheart, and Natalia. So it's funny that they did that because at the end of the day, there are legitimate teams that were broken up on there but not only were those teams broken up they weren't even broken up like on raw or on smackdown or on anything that you could watch to think that this happened while destin and i were on the air last week like so basically the middle of the night you can say is when we're doing the draft like in the middle of the night you know like how am I able to come on here as late as I am? And you motherfuckers are not only still doing draft picks, but it's not even like jobber draft. It's things that you would think would be significant. Now, whether or not you as a listener or viewer find these things significant, the point I'm making is that, and this goes back to Cornette, who once talked about how an OVW he was managing, I believe, was it the Bashams? And they had long hair, but WWE, yeah. he sent them up to WWE for like a match on Raw or something, and they shaved their heads for like a dark match on Raw because they wanted to see how they look with, with shaved heads. And they came back down to OVW, and they were bald. And he was like, why the fuck are my, was two of my top guys bald here? And he said, because I wanted to see how they look with shaved heads. He's like, I can't use your fucking imagination. You know, he was like, and he said, you know, or at the very least, if you're going to do something like that, tell me so I could get an angle out of it. You know, I have the head, head, head shaved like in, in a storyline. Makes sense, right? Rather than for it to just Perfect. be that they show a bald. So now I take you to one of the original drafts, which, by the way, I hated. I kind of feel like the first time they did the draft, 
was the beginning of the end of like like wrestling started to suck for like i think the next decade and not like terribly but kind of like now where it was just shitty consistently with every now and then a good thing and that is kind of depressing but i feel like it started with the first draft because that draft was designed to convey emotion and what i mean by that is that we as fans who've been watching this whole monday night war were taken on a roller coaster because this whole thing happened finally shane bought the company in the storyline there was the invasion angle and the survivor series and you wind up with this big ass roster and uh yeah, they did the thing where at the end of Survivor Series, winner take all, there's no longer the Alliance guys, but then they just slowly found ways to bring them back, you know, like just in different storylines, which was almost like you got like a, a revisit of everything two times, you know, but uh, the point was you now have this super roster and then think about the fact that 2002, 2003, it got even better because now Ric Flair showed up. Now the actual NWO showed up in National, those guys, Scott Steiner did eventually show up. Like if you really look at it, yeah, the invasion because they had to sit out their contract, but over time. If you were watching that shit every week, those guys did eventually show up. So you wind up with this big roster, all these cool things, dream matches and everything. But it was a bloated roster to the point where almost every match was a title match because you had the the WCW title, the WWE title, the Cruiserweight title, the Light Heavyweight title, the Intercontinental title, the European title, the United States title, the WCW Tag Team title, the WWE Tag title, the Divas title, the Hardcore title, the WCW TV title. You see what I'm saying? It got to a point where you'd watch a, a match. Go back and look at that. There was sometimes nine, ten titles on the line. You have that many titles and it may seem cool at first, but after a while titles almost don't mean anything who the fuck doesn't have a title when like if you're watching a pay-per-view and there's nine matches and all the titles are on the line and there's still some titles that aren't even there it was interesting but it was a weird time because they were so sorting and i feel like the only way they could do it was with that brand split the first time now going back to the brand split i think for a lot of people we hated it because finally after this monday night war you got this great crazy roster and all these things you have whoever thought the rock could be the wcw champion on raw what the fuck the Rock's the WCW champion on Raw. Doesn't that sentence seem weird? If you missed exactly. wrestling for like two months and came back, you would think you were having a fever dream. You'd be like, how the fuck is The Rock the WCW champion on Raw? <laughs> you know, so it's crazy. But the point being that when they did that first brand split, they designed it specifically so that you'd have to watch your heartbreak. Could go back and watch that shit. They would announce like, first they announced like a... Uh, Bradshaw on one show and Farouk on the other and then they showed them they did like a cutaway to like them in their little APA office with like the door that has no wall they both had to kind of look at each other like damn you know and they even did the thing where like you see them close the door they did like they gave them the fucking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air series finale go back and watch that shit they did the thing where they turned out the lights and everybody and like they took one last look and they closed the APA door and then they flipped the sign to closed and then it panned out and just it, it fade to black to commercial they did that for the fucking APA because they wanted you to feel like shit. I was like, damn, that sucks, man. We watched an APA. I never even thought that could happen. They did it with the Dudleys. We got to watch Bubba Ray and Devon. They weren't like the room where the draft was. They had like a little war room where they watched it. And they both stood up and they looked at each other like pissed, like shit. Like, you know, is it? So it was, the point is, I didn't like it. But at least, at the very least, it is designed to do what entertainment and television is designed to do. It's like when you're watching Walking Dead and the characters have to split up because there was like an explosion or a fucking avalanche or whatever. Like, oh, fuck. Now Daryl's not with. God, I hope nobody dies. That kind of is supposed to incite some sort of emotion. Whether you agree with it or not, if it did it, it did its job. So my question, going back to that, going back to the Bashams, to the hair thing, is exactly, it's supposed to make you feel, going back to the, why are you shaving? You have Natalia and Tamina, who you guys have been building. I don't even, I can't even remember how long you have been building this tag team to the point where they became a tag team. They've had matching clothes and a relationship together. I saw their plates get put in. This became an actual tag team. A miracle. But you guys made, they were hitting heart attack spots at double team. I watched this fucking thing develop. 
You're telling me that that shit got split up in the middle of the night while I was on here last week with no video. And like, it just came to me as like a footnote. And then I'll, 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 I'll raise you one. We, we talked about before. I was like, wait, Shotzi and Knox beat the tag champions twice. What and happened no- to the title shot? And those two, yeah, they beat the tag and champs they twice in the middle of the night. They they were supposed to get a tag shot for doing that. For beating the champs, you get to beat the champs, and then they didn't. They just got split up in the middle of the night. <laughs> so they it's beat just the tag me. champions twice. Were never seen on TV again, and then they split them up in the draft. And again, this isn't even me criticizing whether I want these teams split or not. But I'm just saying, going back to my original examples of the APA and the Dudleys and the Hardys and all the other things that happened. When when you really look at it. If it wasn't for those things, certain cool things wouldn't have happened. As much as I didn't like the APA splitting up, you got JBL being JBL, John Bradshaw Lapeel, not the guy with the beard and the long hair, but JBL was like almost a completely different character when you look at it. And it was a good fucking character. You know what I mean? It was an excellent character. When you look at it, uh, Farouk, not so much. They got the Ron Simmons does damn. That's cool. You know, didn't really elevate, but it was, it was interesting. But you look at Hardy's, you had Matt Hardy one point. That's when we started to really notice that Matt Hardy's a bit of an asshole. It was like, oh, you know, they, I can tell these guys apart. That guy's an asshole. Yeah, Hardy got to have you know? moments like his match with The Undertaker. Like. And he got to become a world champion, world title push. You know what I mean? So when you really look at it, the Dudleys, um, Bubba Ray becoming Bully Ray, a big part of his career was because he he broke branched off enough. That Bully Ray character almost became more prominent than Bubba when you look at it. Devon, once again, not so much. So he falls by the wayside. You know, sometimes, you know, he just stayed Devon. But the point being that certain things went on to make other things as a result. So these aren't necessarily bad things, especially when the emphasis is on the change. Oh, look, let's see how this works. Let's see how this guy does by himself. Because of that, we have stories that we can tell in here where we go, look, that guy, not so much. This guy did okay. You see what I mean? So all I'm asking, it's not so much I disagree with uh, Tamina and, and uh Natalia getting split but where is that moment that where like they both see that the split happened and they both have to do something or whatever remember who was it that uh was it Cody and DiBiase that one immediately turned on the other the moment he saw that he was split he immediately hit the other with his finisher yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like that's a fucking cool moment like oh everybody's heartbroken but fuck you on the way out bang now I'm going into the other company and, and he'll fucking all, buy also the one thing that the moments with like the Hardys and the Dudleys and APA and even Rose and DiBiase had, we had so much time with them together. The draft was like, wait a minute, we're actually going to see them by themselves. Not only do you not give us that moment, you don't give us that moment where it's like, it's not going to have as much impact regardless. And of course, there's a possibility that because this doesn't take effect until next week, we'll get one last moment with these teams, of course. But am I going to believe... But am I going to believe that they planned it ahead of time or heard that we complained different podcasters, not just me complained about it and then adjusted to what Twitter and everybody else was saying is what I would sooner believe. Otherwise, why would the last Smackdown be called the season premiere instead of the next Smackdown? When you start a premiere, you usually end all past storylines. Ask anyone who's ever wrote a season of television for USA or Fox. The fucking finale ends all the storylines and then the premiere begins new ones. Why would this be the season premiere if next week we're going to be splitting up the teams? Aren't because us, they just us, like us, to put fancy names on shit. I've seen these little season season premieres. It's just a regular I mean? episode with just a fancy name and some colors and shit. What season premiere about it? Doesn't it make more sense for your season premiere to be when you have your new roster? Your season premiere had two girls wrestling, not to jump too far ahead in the SmackDown. It had two girls wrestling that are both going to Raw. You, your season premiere has characters from last season leaving in the first episode? What's the structure of that? 
that's like if Saved by the Bell, the new class came out, right? And the first episode had Zach and and and, and fucking uh, Kelly and everybody. And then episode two starts with the actual new class. You'd be like, what the fuck? It'd actually be smart since the new class sucks, but it will be dishonest. What a weird way to make television. Breaking up teams in the middle of the night. Yep. They're like a dark Santa slash dark tooth fairy slash dark everything. You know, they wait until your wedding and shit to fucking fire you. You know what I mean? They wait until the middle of the night. They wait until a pandemic to fucking fuck you up. They're like the worst case. Like everything that you hear about the tooth fairy and about Santa and about all that other kind of shit. Well, guess what? WWE is like the, the, the bizarro world version of that. You know, they throw dynamite down your chimney on the 24th. Pun intended. <laughs> no stasis they're not the dark side of the ring because the dark side of the ring doesn't suck ass it's like it's like that famous line from the comic book right where rick goes we are the walking dead they are the dark side of the ring <laughs> they are the dark side of the ring it's not about them it's about the people <laughs> god you guys can't cut my shit off because we're talking shit about you and our clips in the background fuck off say something i want to tag team with joe gacy and kurt stallion <laughs> Let them both be in the safe space together. Anyway, they break up more tag teams. So now we look at the list of people that have not been drafted. Free agents, if you will. Which I don't think a lot of people... forgot about them. A lot of these people don't think needs to be drafted. Brock Lesnar doesn't need to be drafted. Brock Lesnar goes where he wants to go. Bailey's out on injury. She acknowledges that she's not drafted yet. So she could do a run in God knows where. Asuka's not drafted. There's another person who was having stuff done. I forget. She was having some sort of uh, surgery or repairs or... Just things worked out. I know out. she was getting um her teeth fixed last about I heard about that too. Yeah, that was another thing. John Cena. I mean, he's not even in the company anymore, dude. This guy is no, like, oh, oh no, no, he's still there. Remember, remember that's their that's their new SmackDown tradition. While AEW thanks the fans and promotes some of their stuff to combat it, they have John Cena wrestling dark matches. He's not there though. John Cena is like actually in Hollywood. He's a Hollywood actor. Did, did anybody tell them? I don't fucking know. I think John Cena should have had kids, even though he's not right. a kid person, because quite frankly, I think his kids would have taken daddy having to go away to Hollywood better than WWE has. Because Jesus Christ, you have John Cena as a, like John Cena's not there. Take him off of the stuff. John Cena's doing movies for a lot of money. He's on SNL. He's like a real celebrity and shit. He's not going to come back to your shitty writers. Undertaker, another person who he's not a free agent. He is a free he's man. Retired. He's a free man, unplugged. <laughs> you know, like what the fuck? Um, Eva Marie. I mean, Why right now, is Pornhub in the draft? Is there more storyline for Eva Marie after that thing? I, I'm, I I'm still, it's not. I'm still to the belief, like the way her, the way that storyline ended isn't too different from how I thought the Eve Marie storyline would end the last time we ever see her. Except that I thought it was going to be uh, Dude Dropping and what's her name? Her her rival, Kaylee Ray. I thought they were going to both have enough of her shit and both realize that they were being used to fight each other and then fuck her up somehow, make her leave. They never did that. But the point is, I kind of thought that Eva was a one-off just for the Dude Drop thing and that whenever she turned on her, that we wouldn't see her again. So... In order for us to get Eva Marie now, think about it. They'd have to make her come out and do some other shit that annoys us. It would have to be brand new annoying shit. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll just turn it off. This wouldn't, be, this wouldn't be walking past the same pile of dog shit on the street every day. This would be somebody came with the pooper scooper and now the dog shit again. And now you're seeing a different shape but the same smell. Like in order for Eva Marie to show up now, 
now that the dude drop thing is over, they'd have to go out of their way to write her back into another fucking storyline, which would anger me because honestly, I did like Eva in that last role because it fit well. But I don't have faith in them that they wouldn't eventually start using her in a way that's not good, like having her in matches that would be that should be for other people. And, you know, like the way it was was fine. Like she's on the side. She's a little conniving scum. Wrestling's always had that, like that, those side non-combative managerial types. I have no problem with them doing that in an angle. But I just feel but like when they went s- against it and had her and went against what they said they were going to do and had her wrestling, all went shit. Elias wasn't drafted. They just stopped running vignettes. Elias died. We ain't seen the shit since. He burned his guitar, right? And then he just left. And he's gone. Grand Metallic wants to be drafted to AEW Dynamite, probably. But he wasn't drafted. Who else? Lacey Evans wasn't drafted. Well, she pregnant, so. Lindsay Dorado wasn't drafted. They might draft him to 205 Live. Well, I love how now, I don't know if you've seen from, like, clips and shit, they just abandoned the whole concept of that show. We got women wrestling on there, heavyweights wrestling on there. It's just not even 205 Live. It's just insert weight here live. Is this still a main event? I don't fucking know. It sounds like me like the main event in 205 Live. The 205 Live became superstars. Yeah. Believe it or not, so you got Grand Metallic, Lindsay Dorado. Shane McMahon is still under superstar contract. He hasn't been drafted. Shane Thorne. Did Shane Thorne get drafted? Nope. I'm actually surprised. Titus O'Neil. It's not a surprise. There's no one. There's no show called Ambassador for So and So. So, but they left a whole bunch of people on the cutting room floor. They didn't even do a full draft. Even doing draft in the middle of the night, <laughs> they couldn't keep everybody. Oh boy, Jesus! There is so much rough news out there. You know, I don't even know what to say here. But yeah, Vince McMahon started trending because uh. Vice, was it Vice? No, Variety. I'm sorry. Variety put up an article called Vince McMahon is finally getting what he hasn't seen in 20 years competition. So it's getting the attention of many, many people. Here is that graphic for anybody who wants to see. Share it out. Oh, I can smell. I can taste the salt from here. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, let me make sure we're done. I don't want to loop back around to any more of this, this shit that's going on with the Wednesday Night Wars. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, we're looking really good as far as being able to, uh, the draft picks and everything. We were done with most of the draft picks, thank God. You know, unless they did more tonight. You know how they like to cheat. Yeah, no. All right, well, Nikki and Bree were on Cameron's podcast. So I guess our whole theory about her being inside of uh, freaking Sonya Deville's body was debunked. Well, no, she, she she's just on autopilot. Yeah. But uh, they spoke about the state of women's wrestling and how they see things. <laughs> this was great. Yo, did you see this? Let me see. Oh, I don't want to put. I think I heard, I heard like a tad bit of it. I'm trying to get to the spot. Give me a minute, cause I don't. We don't want this whole thing on here. Yeah, just bear with us, folks. Just getting it set up. We trying to make sure you aren't exposed to that much camera. So it's weird because I feel like lately you've seen a little bit of a drop. Yeah, um, you know, now that Becky's back, I feel like, OK, there's, um, you know, like going to be a, a, yeah, a momentum with the stories. But there for a while, it felt like the girls were getting so much and then all of a sudden went back to so little is what it kind yeah. of felt like. Like you would watch either Raw or Smackdown and the stories just didn't feel like there was they were getting as much depth as they should have and not as much time. Right. And it's, there's so many incredible women wrestlers or sports entertainers at WWE and WWE has this incredible platform. Like they, they really do. And 
I just wish they would showcase their women even more because they know how to do it. We've all been there and done it. And as a fan, I want to see more from them. I want to be entertained more. I want to fall um, more in love with stories. I want to be like, yes. like, wait, what is she going to do with him or her or it or whatever it may be this week on Raw? Like, I want to think about that all week. I want to imagine different things. Yeah. And then I want to be shocked on Monday night. And I wish right. we'd get more of that because we have so many talented women. And, and I just, you know, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I want to be on the creative team. For the women, WWE. Actually, that's true. But girl, no, but for real, that's what is literally missing. I feel like there needs there's like diversity that's missing on the creative team, and then women. Like, why not have like women firsthand who are able to write for women? Because I feel like sometimes, and not to make it about man or woman or anything like that, but sometimes as a woman, you're like, oh, I know what the men want to see, and it's like if there's a collaborate and men want to men know what you know men want to see in women, but I feel like if there's a collaborative effort between both people, you can create magic. Totally. I agree. That's, and that's true. Look at the tag division, the women's tag division. And I'm just like, wait, we went from having so many tag teams to now it doesn't feel like a lot, but I'm like, women can be such vibrant, fun characters. Like when I look at back the day and you think of the glamour girls and when Jimmy Hart would walk them out, like how do we not have a women tag team that has a male manager? Yes. LA, like, there's so many things I'm like WWE's great at, but that for some reason I don't misses the boat with me. Like you can have an incredible tag division, and the women and, are there. I mean, yeah. there's so many women that I'm like craving to see. But more I'm blown away some of the ones I got rid of, like Right Squad. I'll never understand it. Never um, even like Mandy and Dana Brooke to me like look like a great tag team walking now with the blondies. Like the, you know they like have this this similar look. You know I'm like it was a vibe. But it's iconics. Totally. I just I try to wrap my head being like, I mean, did they threaten someone backstage? Because I'm not, I don't <laughs> understand. You were like, oh, something suddenly like, happened. He we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I also feel like what's missing and what we kind of discussed before, and I feel like it's still lacking, is women being women. Like I appreciate how much there is a step up of like women can do just as much as men like don't but yeah you see they they, even they 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 have the same vibe that we do as far as the iconics and all these other teams that got screwed over you know the riot squad which was their workhorses for almost the begin the middle of every row when they needed like a good freaking 25 20 minute match i mean if we're gonna double down on this right now just happened to cross by um well interesting statistic yeah, so if you need any confirmation that uh, the women's revolution is dead, gone, and buried, they compare. I saw this all place compared the first four rounds of the King of the Ring tournament to the four, first four. I mean, matches to the Queen's Crown, King of the Ring, first four, the first four um, round one matches, about thirty nine minutes altogether. Guess how long the first four Queen's Crown matches total time? I'll do tell. Three minutes four seconds. Well, no, those weren't the total matches. That was the um, that was one match. Oh yeah, that, that was the longest lasting. That was the longest lasting match. Was three minutes and four seconds. I forget whose that was, but some matches were like a minute and a half, a minute forty four. So I feel yeah. it's like ridiculous. Yeah, but speaking of the iconics, they are now called the Inspiration, and they are Impact yeah. bound.
Hey, look at that. Bound for Glory finally got something worth watching. Oh shit. Good for them. I think Impact's good. They're in that they're in that partnership yeah. with AEW. They got their foot in the door of the Indies. That's what they needed. Exactly. You know, Impact's a perfect place for them right now, as a matter of fact. You know? Yeah. There'll be big stars over there. Definitely. But I mean, once again, comes at the end of the day. They think they're they, they think they're gonna be happy there. They wanna go. Hey, more power to them. If if I had the time, Impact would be on the top of my list of things to watch just because I'm interested in what they're doing right now. Right there with Ring of Honor. Just don't have the time anymore for everything. You know, but yeah, for sure. I think that that's a good fit there. And then, you know, eventually you can incorporate them. They can get around. I'm sure I heard they had very lucrative contracts with with Impact. It's not like shitty contracts. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Impact threw the good shit at them. Yeah. So, you know, they're doing good for themselves. Keeps them on TV as well. Yeah. Keeps them on TV. Keeps them busy. They will probably be much more appreciated there. So, I don't know if we talked last week about Awesome Kong being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I think we did, right? Um, I had mentioned it because it, um, I think I mentioned it maybe some time ago. But yeah, they are going to be inducting her into the Hall of Fame. And I believe, I don't know if it's the same night, but I know one of the things that was uh, brought up is that they're doing a Bowery. They're doing a Monsters Ball in Daphne's honor. Yeah, and this was the uh, the speech from Kong. Thank you, guys. <sighs> be more out of breath just to come out and speak to you guys than when I'm smacking Gail around. <laughs> Maybe you can bring somebody out here for me to smack around and I'll calm down. No? <laughs> it's extremely, it's an extreme humble experience, you know, to be considered for this prestigious and exclusive honor. Oh, thank you. I was there at the birth of the knockouts division. And to see the tenacity that these women have today the same kind of tenacity that we original knockouts had back in the day fills me with a pride that will have like an everlasting shimmer. But it's bittersweet. I mean, it's, it's nice to be acknowledged for your life works, but my main priority today was to come and pay homage to my friend and colleague whose legacy will not be denied. Daphne broke barriers and went into places that were denied to most women back in the day. First woman to do a monster balls match. The same match you guys are going to see here tonight. She opened the doors for those women. So honor my friend. We love you, Daphne. Whether you are a teacher 
A mechanic. Open the door for the next person. Do something that opens the door for the next generation. Because if not you, who? If not now, when? So honor my friend, the screen queen. This is for you, Daphne. We love you. We love you. Thank you guys so much. See you in Vegas. Well, that was nice. That was great. And yeah, she's right. I mean, the first, the match that decided the first uh, knockouts champion, that battle royale, she competed in it. So yeah, she's been there for that whole ride. And I do like that she did take the time to acknowledge Daphne and acknowledge the barrier that Daphne broke when it came to TNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because for anybody who doesn't remember, time. Monsters Ball, that was a business match. That was a business spin on the hardcore match, which only ever he competed in. So when it was like, wait, somebody else is going to compete that's not abyss and it's a woman? Yeah, that was Daphne. Yeah, and I also hear Crowbar is uh, wrestling for AEW now, right? Uh, I, I've heard he's going to make an appearance for them pretty soon. I think he's doing matches either on Dark or Elevation or something. But yeah, I think Crowbar is either joining or he's doing something with AEW. For anyone who's not familiar with Nitro, the stable was uh, Daphne Crowbar and David Flair. So, uh, you know, that's pretty much what put them on the map. That's what got Daphne over, like in my generation. You know, like after that, she was on the Indies and in TNA a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely very happy for Kong. Like, that, that's somebody who deserved it. I believe she's a two-time knockouts champion, I believe. So, and a former NWA women's champion. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing... I, I remember the feud with her and Gail Kim. That was an amazing feud. I'm trying to see if anything comes up as far as uh, her stuff, if I have time to bring it. If not, I could do it next week. But, yeah, she is, that was a cool stable. Yeah, they were fun. They were really, really fun. They fit together like a glove. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't just, hey, you all three were in catering. Let's put you together. It's this band of misfits fits perfectly let's put it together yeah what an interesting combination you know it's not something that you would think that uh they worked as well as it did but that was half the fun of it like it didn't look like it was gonna work but then as it as you took time and watched it it wound up fitting perfectly yeah i'm looking now to see if i have a let me try to pull this into the tron maybe that'll help if i just pull this shit into the tron and we click across fuck it it's my show I don't give a fuck. Yo, what the fuck we want? I want to see. <laughs> Damn it. Give me a minute here. It ain't easy to get old shit nowadays. Like Dustin says, why you got to talk about old shit? Because in this case, it's good. I'm trying. Bear with me here. I believe in you. I mean, I got something. I was waiting for it to come, and I'm looking to see if there's other uh, stuff with her here. We'd probably have to go on Peacock for that. <sighs> nah. No, you're not feeling that? Nah. This isn't Saved by the Bell. Come on now. You looking for Saved by the Bell clips? Let's do it. Nah. Let me see what I got here. We're winging it because this wasn't planned on the program, so I'm just clicking around to see what kind of shit. Yeah, that tape's queued up. I don't know if Ric Flair can stop, but here's that tape now. All right. This is this was taped at Flair's home. So, baby, this is an expose, baby. I'm Geraldo. Here we are, Charlotte, North Vince Carolina. Vince Russo, really? Oh, I remember this. Yes, Let's he remembers this. David Flair and Here Daphne. Here it is, the Flair Estate, everybody. Are an outcast. David, as I look around here, good people at home. What's that? Well, David, I'll tell you what. Let's... 
And here it is, folks. The, is. the demon step out. I never wrote in it. Well, David, I'll tell you what. Let's. I'm sorry that I had to get a Vince Russo one, of all things. You know. I mean, hey, he's he he stayed quiet lately, so we can let it pass. Was, I guess this was when they were heels and they were messing with the Flair family, and David was against his father. I think was the angle, if I recall this. It's been so many years. See, they're, in I they're so. all going through all this stuff, and Flair has to just watch Vince Russo be a piece of shit. Yeah, see, this was horrible. That's how you really heal it. See, Rollins didn't come up with that. Russo did. Ah, now you guys hate it, don't you? Don't you hate it? Ah, I ruined your shit for you, right? Now watch. Now, now, now watch. We get a claim right there. Uh look. Moment. I've got a tissue. Uh oh! Look who comes in. The rest of the family. I'm here exposing how the real nature boy is. How you guys have treated me like garbage for 21 years. You know what he's doing here for 21 years. You made his life a living hell. You are a witch. And this little mind. Watch it, Sonny. Don't watch touch it. And the angel. Turn the camera. Look at this all American family. Tell him, David. Tell him. I just showed everything. My room. We'll go. Throw him out in the street like you did for 21 years. That's and you keep your hands to yourself, young lady. That's a man's home. I remember that. Wow. Look at that. You got to see a young Charlotte in that clip. Right. Not that young. She actually looked a lot the same, right? <laughs> you would think that, but yeah. Yeah, the only time she ever looked drastically different from that was, uh, I don't know if you remember when Flair had that TLC match with Edge. He was in the crowd that night, too. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that, as a matter of fact. The retirement. That was actually they the were first time I saw her. When I saw her at NXT, and I was like, wait a minute, is that her? <laughs> uh, here's actually a better... Tron, if you wanted to see a little bit of uh, Daphne, Crowbar, and David Flair. Remember this music? <laughs> I like this table. I like that they were crazy, you know? Remember when they used to drag Daphne by the hair? Like when they would go back after the match, they would drag her back up the ramp and through the curtain. Yeah, I like how they were just batshit crazy. You know what I mean? Like, they were the originators of doing shit batshit crazy. Unhinged off the wall. You know? Yeah, pretty dope. Yeah, Daphne was dope. I liked her a lot. I feel like Mischief learned a lot of her, got a lot of her shit from Daphne. Look at that nice little segue there. We have to talk about something different. Oh, yeah. Ah, anyway. Where the hell are we going with this again? I, I don't know what was next. Who knows, right? Who knows? I don't remember what was next either. Let's but just assume that was it. Yeah. Good segment. Yay. Moving along. Um, Dana Brooke apparently got some clapbacks for Corey Graves. I don't know if you remember last week on Raw, Corey Graves. Oh, yeah. When Corey Graves gave that accurate description that has years worth of proof to it. Yeah. I'm all for giving people time to develop, giving people time to realize their potential. But on a long enough timeline, you got to cut your losses. Dana Brooke has not accomplished much of anything. Now, somebody tell me he's wrong. I wait. Right. <laughs> he's not wrong. Like They give her like a half a push for like two seconds, and then she's either gone or she's somebody's sidekick. That's been da- the first time I saw her. She was Emma's sidekick getting knocked out by Oscar in NXT. He's trying to say that she, she came should. up and she was Charlotte's sidekick. 
and he's trying to say that she should uh, stay down. I mean, at a certain point, like, Jesus Christ, you can only be at, like, rank one trying to fight the endgame boss so many times before eventually you just stop going. Remember that Corey Graves is being fed shit in his ear. I always think about that. Exactly. Somebody backstage or somebody in Gorilla or in the office just wanted to bury her. They use a lot of those announcers as scapegoats. So, anyway, let me see what she put here. She tweeted out or Instagrammed out, whatever out. You cannot entertain everything regardless of if it's indirect or direct. Let people do what they do best. Talk. Y'all act like y'all gone die because somebody said something about you. It is not that deep. You cannot stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Once you entertain a clown, you become one. You, you the clown, I'm the queen, and I keep pushing through. Watch me work. One, job is not spelled work. Two, I mean, that clown's been a champion while you have not. Corey Graves responded with a middle finger. <laughs> like just the emoji of a middle finger. <laughs> Buzzing. But we don't know if that wasn't because it was not really a reply to on his own thing. It could have been to the fans that gave him a negative reaction or to her or to everybody. Yeah, could have been all of them. Fuck them all. But let's just say that was just Corey Graves' opinion and not that somebody to be fair. Even then, it's funny how you would come at somebody who we know Corey Graves is a former NXT Tag Team Champion, while as Dana Brooke is a former nothing champion. Like just on that mirror alone, you're kind of swimming against the current there. You're like you're 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 swimming in the riptide with nothing but two plastic spoons. So the people that like, wrote who, you as a as a shitty jobber character put you on a show and then feed to your commentator that you're a shitty jobber character. And it's your fault. Right. You know, because I think it's, it's their fault. Yeah. I mean at the end of the day, yeah, it's definitely their fault. It's you know, I think that they shouldn't be burying her like that and then being vocal about it and treating her like shit. But then again, it's just another reason to sign somewhere else. Truth be told, I almost wouldn't be surprised if that girl, when she when her contract is up and she finally decides to leave, I hope she's smart enough to leave. She goes somewhere else leave. and it's fantastic. She's going to leave. But that's the whole point. They shit it on her, not the other way around. They fucked her over. They put her in an angle. They perceived her as a jobber, even though she has talent. Broke up from a tag team partner. And then in Storyland, had their commentator say she sucks. Uh, let's hope she does leave because fucking Cesaro stayed. I don't know why. Think about the way that commentary sounds. And it's been a thing in WWE for years. WWE commentary sounds different from anybody else's commentary. Find me a point of commentary where somebody sounds shitty like that towards even a heel, even in AEW or in anything. You never hear people be like where it comes out personal like that. The only time we ever see her in AEW is when it's like Shivani or somebody talking about MJF, but that's just because MJF does like next level heel shit. But it's in storyline. Yeah. Like yeah. this company just. Mm. Like the Tony Shivani, I was actually just before I was going to use it as an example. Tony Shivani lately has been more vocal about heels. And even when they're all talking shit, no matter how much talking shit has happened in commentary, whether Don Callis is out there, JR, Excalibur, Jericho, no matter who's out there. It never deep down stopped feeling fun underneath it all. It always still felt like it was a fun thing and that everybody was having a good time, having fun. Even with Don Callis playing a heel, whoever said that, it always felt fun. To me, the fact that that line can be, can it really sticks out, man. Like imagine if Corey Graves was a part of the group I just described and said some shit like that about somebody in AEW. Anybody oh in AEW. God. Marco Stunt. Anybody. Anybody. In AEW, Sonny Kiss, just anybody, anybody who's not in the top tier, just, oh, you know, this person didn't just give it up. 
Like, it just doesn't sound, it sounds like an office remark, man. It just doesn't sound like how people talk. It sounds like shit. And again, going back, and that's where he makes AW as a, as a comparison here. When these guys are all doing it, it sounds more like Ribbon. Like, when Jer, Jer always sounds like he doesn't like the heel. He used to play off of Paul Heyman during the Attitude Era when, when, when King was gone. And it always sounds like Jr. is good at it, about shitting on the on Callis and the way it is. But the whole back and forth and the banter between all of them, it never feels shitty. This feels like shit sometimes. That wasn't an entertaining comment. It didn't progress anybody's story. It was literally just a shitty comment. Nothing would have changed if the comment had just not been said. You know what I mean? Like it's just a shitty, distasteful fucking remark. So, you know, God, guys. All right. Well, in other news, according to Fightful Select, WWE um, said that um, if Fox wanted WWE programming so badly that they could have bid the money that Peacock did, um... I guess in regards to our having the program because Fox owns Tubi. I don't know if you realize that Fox owns Tubi. I did not. Yes, Fox is a Tubi platform. Isn't that the one you use? Yeah, that's the one that um, I watch not only Lucha Underground on, but a lot of indie horror stuff and some of the wrestling documentaries I told you about before. So. Yeah, you. I set it up last time you recommended, so now I have it too. So a, a source close to Fox said that, uh, according to Fightful, um, WWE responded negatively um to to this deal apparently they they canceled the deal that Tubi was having with a third party wrestling company so okay now i'm seeing the pieces of what happened here Tubi was going to have MLW on there from now on but WWE i'm just going to tell you i read the story and i'm going to tell you my perception of what happened Tubi was going to have MLW on it WWE caught wind of this and I guess felt threatened. So since Fox owned Tubi, they went crying to Fox about MLW being on Tubi. So then in turn, Fox canceled MLW being on Tubi. So that's what I'm seeing is happening here. I didn't know any of this was going on. I didn't even know Tubi was connected to any of it. But yeah, apparently WWE now has their, their, their crosshairs on Tubi because they realized that Tubi is owned by Fox. So they kind of went to Fox and said, you, you can't have all this other fucking wrestling on here without us. That's really fucking underhanded. Whiny little bitches. I was going to go to YouTube and watch it. Y'all can't stop shit there, can you? As we know for now, the deal's in, in question. We don't know for sure that they canceled it, but it seems like for the moment, WWE's blocked Tubi from picking up that wrestling. I don't know if that means the wrestling that's there is going to be blocked, but we do know that what they have was blocked. In other news, while we're talking about blocking here, I bet you never thought that this one was going to come. Actually, you must have thought. Why am I going to say that? Like, if you're surprised that this one came up again. Like, this was, of course, going to be something that's an ongoing thing. Other people have picked up the trope now. But we're going to talk about Pe- getting Peacock blocked. Yep. So, apparently, as you guys know, Peacock's owned by NBC Universal, which means they paid contract fees and stuff to have the WWE programming that they have in their arsenal. Uh, in... I guess in continuity with them blocking programming from being on Tubi with the partnership of Fox, it's been reported that uh, Peacock does not give permission to Fox or USA to post SummerSlam videos. So WWE themselves have to post animated GIFs on their social media. So because Peacock owns the pay-per-view, they don't want the clips of the pay-per-view being shown 
on the social media platforms. Even USA Network, despite the fact that NBC owns Peacock and USA, they still, Peacock being a different branch, is not okay with USA having the clips run so they have to run the GIFs. And they're not okay with Fox. That's for damn sure. This is not that different for those of you who are overreacting. If you've ever grown up in the pay-per-view era like I did, whenever you watch Raw and they say, let's show what happened last night on the pay-per-view, if you guys remember, they will show you still clips. It'll be like a still image, just one still shot after another. That's because UFC, since it is... UFC actually started doing it, um, yeah. I think, when they go into Fox as well. Since it's a pay-per-view, they don't want to show the, the clips on the actual show. They want you to buy the pay-per-view. So that's essentially what happened with that story. What are your thoughts on the Tubi thing, though? I know you're a big fan of, of Tubi and all the pl- the programming on there. When I looked, I have to admit, it was unique for our taste. It's just so weird to me that they're so insecure when it comes to other wrestling companies that they're like, no, you can't have that. Why do you have that? Like, why does it fucking matter to you? Like, aren't you like this mighty mecca of a company? Like, what? Like, why are you worried about us on Tubi? Like, Lucha Underground has been here forever. I think they even have, they, it's not like full episodes of CZW, but they have like special episodes where it's like themed ones. They have that on there too. Like, they go always fucking with shit again. Like, Everything. People, if it ain't broken, and, 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 and I know there a lot of people looking at, oh, but it's a business. It's annoying when they do it, though. It is annoying. It's stupid to act like it's not annoying. Like, when it's them, I could give a fuck about a business because it's never from a business move. It's just annoying. It's out of malice. You could tell if someone it, does something out of malice. It's never a needed thing. If it, when, I can understand when it's business, when it's something needed, but what was that going to solve? Absolutely yeah, you could not. tell when something's done out of malice more than when it's done out of business and anything, whether it's big or small. So I understand what you're saying. You know? Kind of sucks. Not going to lie. Which, while um, we're still on the topic of Tubi, I told I told Rick about it. And I think he got you to um, put that one on your list. There's a really good uh, Vampiro documentary called Nail in the Coffin. I recommend it. Yeah, I'm going to check that. I also saw El Generico documentary on there. I'm going to check out. Yeah. Oh, they got a lot of shit on there. They got one for AJ Styles, John Moxley. They got one for uh, Brody Lee. Yeah, they got some good shit on there. I think I think that they have um, Resurrection of Jake Roberts as well is on there. And what about Ted DiBiase? Yeah, I wish I had the time that I that I that if it had the time, like full right. of the stuff. So I mean, much I'll stuff start something raw if you want to knock out like three one Monday. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> and we're heading into the Halloween season. It's one of our busier months. We're gonna start doing more Halloween based stuff. All I'm saying is I don't know if we're doing the scary stories this year, but I have a banger. Two of them actually. Okay, we'll see why not. I got to decide if I'm going to do one or both. I might do both, but God help me if that's the case. I am winning this year. Oh, what's up, Cabigon? We didn't see it, but we played the trailer of it uh, last week. We played I a played, lot of uh, uh, a little bit of it actually. Yeah, we we played a lot of Peacemaker stuff for the first hour of this show because there were trailers and a whole bunch of interesting stuff. What what do you think of the Undertaker thing, Dustin? It's um, it's actually really cool. It really does feel like it feels like you're watching it. There was a there was a couple of times because I only played maybe few minutes of it because i had shit to do but i um i played a little bit of i played there were moments where i was so wrapped up in whatever was going on i almost forgot that there's moments where you had to make choices yeah yeah but george, it, it gets uh, george it is a quick, george it is a game those are games believe it or not we play games like that on here where you make choices it's like a narrative game um then get netflix george <laughs> you know they have like, that and they have the first season of minecraft we're on there as well 
Yeah, it's like Life is Strange or even the Black Mirror. They did a Black Mirror movie on Netflix. Anything, and also if you look in the game store, there are other ones that are with real actors, not just the New Day stuff, but in the Microsoft store. There's other ones. We we did one on here called Man of Medan that was with real actors and stuff. I think that was with real actors, right? Was it? We did one with real actors at some point. I remember which there, one. There's a, we game, did a- um, there's a game I have. They gave it to us for a PlayStation Plus, God, maybe a year ago almost. It's a game called Erica. That one, real actors as well. Yeah, there are ones with real actors. We're going to start doing more of those, by the way. I'm going to start coordinating the schedule. But yeah, that's uh, that's definitely in the, in the um, cards. Which, by the way, I guess this is a sort of somewhat of a story that pertains to us, but Twitch had a data leak. They leaked all the passwords and keys and stream keys and all that other shit. Incomes were released as well. Yeah, incomes were released. Good job with them there. But uh, yeah, apparently... Was this for the month? I'm assuming it was for the month because you got like I'm Paige. So. Paige almost made five hundred thousand. Zelina Vega came in the second place with almost four hundred thousand. Adam Cole around three hundred thousand, and then after that it dips. Man, Impact Wrestling with sixty nine thousand. It's kind of funny when you think about it as far as uh, money. Tyler Breeze forty three thousand. Evil Uno thirty five thousand. Cole Cabana thirty two thousand. Xavier was twenty five thousand dollars for the month. So there you go. There is the. Uh, the leaks of that what are your thoughts on that if people act like it wasn't public information there's other sites you could go to right. follow that information it, i guess it's irresponsible that twitch allowed it to be leaked and a lot of people don't have two-step exactly. authentication it's like and that also surprises me because nowadays like if someone tries to log into my stuff i mean by me testing it because it hardly ever really would happen you usually will get a text if you have two-step authentication to your phone that not only tells you the attempted login it tells you the location the ip and a bunch of other stuff you know, how the hell are you? Uh, and yeah, the Twitch source code, that's a, that's a thing. Too bad it wasn't the Mixer source code, because I'd like to know how the hell they have their latency at zero. <laughs> you know, that's the source code we need. This source code already doesn't work. If you're a wrestler, they want your Twitch money. If, Fox, if you're Fox, they don't want you to have that MLW money. Yeah, it's like you lose. <laughs> no matter what, everybody, everybody's ready to DMCA you, copyright you. And then if they can't, they'll take you down somehow. They'll cancel culture speaking out, me to you. They'll take you down with DM. It's, it doesn't matter. They all they all have their guns pointed. This is like the last scene of, what was that movie? Reservoir Dogs, Quentin Tarantino, where everybody's fucking gun. Larry, stop pointing that oh gun my at my God, fucking yeah. dad. That's what I feel like. What the fuck is going on here? You got USA have striking down on peacock one time i seen i think wwe's own shit got taken down by them like it's like the algorithm took the whole fucking video <laughs> what's fucking happening here it's a bit much you know it's a little bit much so a lot of the time when it's you see bit. those those copyright claims which you do you can fight them like we fight them and always win you have to understand that wwe's like literally they're in the middle they have multiple parents that they're trying to please from different families because fox doesn't want you to have this this footage from this raw doesn't want you to have this from footage from that and then in the middle you got peacock who now owns the pay-per-views and that's thanks to them how many times do we say that if you're gonna have a wwe network that all of your stuff should go on the WWE now. You don't get greedy and say, well, I'm going to put some shit on Hulu. I'm going to give Fox some. I'm going to give, I'm going to go and put some things all over here with, uh, well, what else do they have with, with NBC? This is their fucking greed. And we found out recently what? That the YouTube, what's the premium YouTube called again? YouTube Plus or whatever the hell their shit is. That's where you can watch Raw and SmackDown Live. So you guys yeah, have like your YouTube own network. Yeah, you, yeah. So you sold your own network to, to, to Peacock. And now Peacock's supposed to have everything, but that's not good enough. We got Hulu over here with the with the day after for the SmackDown World. Then you got fucking like two like it's just to a point now where it's pissing me off. And this is happening because they try to make money having their streaming shit everywhere instead of just under their own umbrella. 
It's ridiculous. So now everybody sort of pays for it, including them, because now they have to juggle what contracts they can have with what people. It'll never really feel like the WWE Network because you still have to go elsewhere to get other things. So for that, don't get anything. I'm just saying, I've saved my money and gone to the same place for everything and been perfectly happy. Oh, boy. Anyway, I'm looking through now to see what we can skip and what we can't skip. Real quick, NXT UK is going to have live fans. Hell yeah. We're back to live fans. Pandemic's officially over over there. So BT Sports Studio is going to be having fans back October 14th, 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Over there. (laughs) Whatever that is. I don't know all overseas time. I just know it's 8 p.m. for them. It's 3 p.m. for us. Saturday Night Women's Impact. Didn't that happen already? George, I think you're... I think you're. Uh, yeah, that was that knockdown, knockout thing. I think you're a little late, buddy. That that pay-per-view happened. I have the results in front of me. Oh, you're time for me to go over it. I didn't watch it, though, so I didn't know if you guys... Yeah, same. Did you guys feel I like... I, I don't know if you guys want me to just read results. If you give me, like, another week, I can actually watch the show and give you my critique of it. I was going to let that be up to you, because there was not enough time this uh this entire week. Unless somebody has some, someone they could quickly link, link me to uh, the bullet points, but I'd prefer to watch it if you think it's worth watching. i let you guys be the judge of that. I mean, we talked about the fact that they announced Kong going into the Hall of Fame, but... All right, so I'll definitely put it on my list to watch. I like all women pay-per-views. And like I said, you talk to a guy who used to watch Shimmer and Shine. I used to pay for those eye pay-per-views. So, yeah, I'll watch except it. For that, except for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I won't watch. I won't read the results then because I had them up in front of me in case you guys wanted to go over it. But, yeah, rather than do that, next week, yeah, let's just talk about it. the entire event. I don't mind doing something different on here. Not what if it else? sucked ass. Uh-uh, but... Yeah, if it sucked, that's a different... No, I'm just kidding. I'm still willing to check it out. All right, let me look through the... uh, So, yeah, NXT coming back. They're going to be at the BT Sports Studios in the UK. You have to present proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test result. So, they're sort of operating over the same criteria as everything else. So, now the UK brand is looking a little bit safer than it used to be. Um, What can we skip? I don't know if you want to talk about your man, Wildcat, tonight. I think we'll skip it. Yeah, we don't we don't gotta talk about Braden Walker. Oh, Braden Walker now when he has a mugshot, huh? I'm just saying, man. Chris Harris was in shape and relevant. I don't know who this fucker is. Oh, yeah. I don't think we need to talk about. Yeah, I'm gonna skip most of this shit. Honestly, how about that? Yeah, we'll save it for a rainy day. Yeah, I'd rather make sure that I get to the weeklies and then see how we feel afterwards. <laughs> no, Jordan, they're not AEW because they probably made more than sixty nine thousand dollars this month. What does he mean because they're not AEW? He was talking about impact never sucks, especially women. Oh, look at that. Direct shots fired. It went into the air like a flare, right? Shots fired over the AEW women's roster. That does kind of suck. Yeah. But at least we know who's in that roster. I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. Knock off. All I know of in all I know over impact is freaking Deanna Perrazzo, Mickey James. What? Fucking Kira Hogan's friend. Oh, you're talking about the Twitch numbers that leaked? That's just the money. I don't think those are the views. Yeah, we ain't talking about the views. We're talking about the money. Those are the subscribers, my friend, which a lot of the girls are getting more than the entire Impact Twitch channel. Yeah. But I guess it's hard to subscribe to something you can watch for free on television. Exactly. I'm not knocking them. I've been more pro-Impact lately. Yeah, um, um, they're, they're annoying me less, especially with having to endure Raw every Monday. I'm just like, how bad could it be? All right, let's do one last story before we get into some fun stuff, because there was fun shit this week. But Braun Strowman, what was this? He was breaking up a fucking 
a yeah, fight. It was like, what, like what, was it a fight on like a bar? Was a bodybuilding competition or something? The Mister Olympics event. What is that? What's the Mister Olympics right here? Oh my God! Yeah, it looks. Hold on, let me bring this up. Let's throw this up on the big screen, right? Full, full crop here for this. Oh wow! They Oh no! He, oh my God! What bearded guy was which? I couldn't tell which one was Brown. I don't no, know. That's a lot of beef right. in that room. Yeah, there's a lot of holding people back. Hold me back. I'm just waiting for somebody to go get off of me. Yeah, and that's true too. George, people have access on the IPTV, and yeah, his twins, all his twins, all over. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what it. What the fuck? We just watch. He, someone's holding him back. Anyway, you guys can look at for anyone on the podcast, which is most of you at this point. There's the there's the link on the bot, and the link up on our social media. Which, by the way, if you ever want to send links for us to run, you can send them to the at Talk Brunch Twitter. It comes straight, only during the show, though. I mean, I guess the, afterwards I could still look, but it comes straight here when I'm on the air. It just feeds it's straight to... Don't get here crazy, but don't come up here crazy now. Oh, they'll come up here crazy. Like, they'll be sending fucking links to fucking Nelly. It's hot in here and shit. Like. So Braun Strowman, formerly Braun Strowman, or Adam Shearer, is that how I say his name? Uh, he did an interview... He did one of his first post-WWE interviews. This was Control Your Narrative that he spoke to. And he spoke a little bit about what it was like being released from WWE. Um, I'm going to link you guys to the entire thing because this is a long one. But I wouldn't just touch on a few things here. If I can get the damn thing up on the screen, just give me a second here. Uh, blah. Trying to start from a specific spot. All right, there we go. Yeah. That's that's how life is. You, uh, things happen Everything happens for a reason. You know, one door closed and, like, it's unbelievable how many more doors have opened and so many different opportunities. And, you know, I turned down a lot of money, like an astronomical amount of money to do this. Yes. Um, and thank you, on camera, thank you for that. <laughs> like, there's days when I freaking think about it, and I'm like, holy shit. I mean, I was sending you stuff like, bet on yourself, bet on yourself, bet on yourself. Like, no, I know, and that's <laughs> the thing, like, and that's, yeah, and it, and it is, and it's like, yeah, every, every three-letter word yeah. corporation out there has made me an offer, mm-hmm. talked to me about what I want to do moving forward, and I said, first and foremost, I have something that I want to do. One was this. Two was just having a chance to breathe and live. Yeah. Like I said, unbelievably blessed for my time with WWE, but it was very, very time-consuming. I went, in five years, I saw my parents like eight times. I missed people's funerals. I missed weddings. I missed births. I missed Christmases. I missed Thanksgivings. And those time, the time was amazing, don't get me wrong. But there was still, I'm still a human being. And I have needs when it comes for comfort. And I, like, I'm very close with my parents. I'm very close with my family and my Big shout out to the stuff. Crusher. Yeah. Big shout out to the Crusher. So it's not only, yeah, being able to like work with my friends on a project, being able to work on an app, being able to do all the other stuff that I have coming out very soon that I'll be able to talk about more, but just being able to live. And, and, you know, going back to my grassroots and, you know, this was one of the biggest things to come out of me working with you guys on the narrative was remembering who the fuck I was. 
I don't think uh, you had the chances, Braun Strowman, to ever find. It wasn't uh, who, that. Who is Adam Shearer as Braun no, Strowman? No, it wasn't even that. Was it's, it? no. it's not even that. It's just getting caught up in the bullshit. Yeah. Getting caught up in this so-called fame and stardom and everything that goes along with it, and you're doing shit because everybody else is doing it, and you feel like you need to fit in, and you know I'm. I'm in an industry where I don't really know what's going on. I don't know the ins and outs of it. So I'm just doing everything to try and belong. Thoughts? Five times in eight months only seeing your family. That's crazy. I'd lose my fucking mind if I didn't see my folks for that much, for that much time. So the unfortunate part is that this story has conflicting reports. Because it was later reported by the Sheets that uh, there's been literally no offer in regards to him with WWE, they have no interest whatsoever to bring him back after his 90-day compete clause expired. They don't want him. Um, and that all of the talks have been one-sided, essentially. The speculation around has been him trying to get back into WWE, not the other way around. And we're actually hearing that, no, no one's really been giving offers. Um, so in the beginning, as he was talking about, it was all these offers from these three-letter companies. But all the three-letter companies are not really saying that it was them. So who knows what's happening here? God help me, don't let him turn to like a Ryback. I would have had a Ryback story if I didn't want to leave here early. You know that, right? <laughs> okay, I know. You don't know if you want me to play it or not. I don't think we. I don't know. We'll save it for next week. Save okay, we'll kick off next week with that one. Yeah. I like. I. I, I well, he said I, big cast has I, more I like people calling them. That's harsh, my friend. That is harsh. Okay, do we have anything else that we give a fuck about? No, man. I think we can. Uh, we can move on to the weeklies. Yeah, the weeklies time. Oh, Lord. So we had AEW again. I'm not spot calling here. We're going to do, um, just going to talk about relevant bullet points unless it's a pay-per-view. There's too much wrestling to be sitting here. Spot calling. Go watch it if you, if you want to know the, the whole show thing. Was nuts. Just going to talk it. about. This was, uh, AEW is fantastic. I love being able to watch a wrestling show. And it be good for the entire two hours with me out ever losing interest. And that's exactly what AEW has given us. As we go through this, this you're going to hear this. show worthy of celebrating two years. We're finally at a point where it's just exciting. You know, it's just really, really exciting. And it's just really cool. It uh, might have its moments here and there, but overall, awesome. Yeah. They start things off two-year anniversary with an eight-man tag team match. Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and the, and the Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being accompanied by Marco Stunt going against the elite, the full elite, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson being accompanied by Brandon Cutler, and Michael Naka Naka Nakazawa. This finish was brutal. Uh, yeah, it was the, the, the Quadra BTE trigger. Yeah. There are things on this match. There are things during this I'm going to actually talk about that were really cool. Like I said, I'm not doing it for everything, but there were some cool it, things. There's so of, much craziness in this match. Jungle Boy, the tightrope sequence here, as I like to call it, looks really dope. Good counter by Jungle Boy. Kick to the midsection of Matt Jackson. He's got the fingers interlaced of both the Young Bucks. Yeah. Jungle Boy Jack needs to make a tag. God, Simple as that. Oh, Nick Jackson getting strung up on the top rope. Jungle Boy, not a great place to land. Straddling. Yep. Up and, and look at this. Oh. Rocking on the top row. Oh. The balance of this athlete. Comes off the archer. Yes, Jungle Boy, Jack, the D1 He's quicker than a hiccup. 
AEW is white hot. Now look at the fan. That's another thing. I love the fans, man. You see how into it? When's the last time you've seen people disinterested? And then they get a super pop when Brian Danielson comes into the play here. I get it, and I agree with it that Kenny Omega is the number one wrestler in the world, but this guy, to me, is right behind him. So, yeah, this was, this was an amazing... And that, that's something I'm going to come back to when we get later into the show with a specific moment. The best parts about AEW is the crowd is truly invested in the show. Yes. It doesn't feel like a bunch of plants with audio behind them. It feels like thousands of people who are genuinely excited. Yes, absolutely. Another cool spot was the springboard indie taker to the outside on Christian. I would call this the OMG spot of the match. Uh, This was definitely the stretcher. This is how they stretch your Christian out. Indy Taker, Melts the Driver. Kill shot. Yeah, call it what you will. This was this is brutal, but I did like it. Cage. I mean, seriously. The Indy Taker. He almost didn't make it all the way. Yeah, I've uh, seen sometimes with the outside one, it seems like he has a tad bit of trouble judging the distance. Yeah, they do that camel clutch kiss spot again. Not gonna show it every week. Sorry, guys. You you you've seen it twice. You know. We saw it and we laughed. I did like Nick Jackson hitting that uh, senton. Uh, he sent he he basically sentons the, um, Brian Danielson freeing Omega from the cattle mutilation. That was also really cool. Uh, the flying sequence, which was about let me see if I can get to the flying sequence real quick for you guys. That was another thing, dangerous spot, but always room for a good a flying sequence done well, right? Why not? See if we could get this going here. No! That's a lot of power, a lot of leverage. That's a lot of man. Freaking Luchasaurus, man. Big man shouldn't move that fast, right? Luchasaurus moonsault pressed to the outside. That's incredible. Too big to be able to do that as well as he does. Oh, what a freaking match! And look at Jungle Boy, man. Look how crazy that is. Steps over the top of the horse. Jack Perry, man. By the drop kick from Matt Jackson and Danielson. Jumping Suicida. From- isn't it crazy how my, I always say this, but isn't it crazy how much Jungle Boy looks like his father? Like he just looks like Luke Perry he with long. Exactly with, like him. It's just Luke Perry with long hair and superpowers. Luke, <laughs> he's so but, but every time he does a spot or something, I see Luke Perry flying through the air. You know? But yeah, Jungle Boy, Jack Omega, Perry, man. I got to give that kid credit. He's a future star for this company. Fantastic. Good looking shit. Another one of the day ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Like what I love so much about this company is even two years later, it's so cool to see the guys like Jurassic Express who have been there since the beginning still being showcased like they just showed up. Yeah, and they are on a little bit less Marco stunt, which is what I really like about it. Yeah, I mean Marco lately he does his thing more on dark and like dark elevation, but he's the, it's good that they still have him there. But it's just yeah, yeah the wrestling not as much needed on the main show. This is a botch here. I guess they fucked up somehow. Don't ask me what happened here, but look Chris, at this. Looking for that tag team finish with the V trigger from Omega. They screw this up. Oh, they low blow Luchasaurus. Yeah, but but see, if you're and I guess they're going for a triple team sit out powerbomb maybe or a regular one. But watch what happens here as we bring this up. I'll let you have a look here. I guess Omega falls. Watch. They lose balance here. Right here falls apart. Someone tell me that. Yeah, you blew it, Kenny. Yeah, plan that you you gotta set that up a little bit better with a man that big. Mm-hmm. 
And then that brings us to the brutal finish that Destin was teasing you guys about. First of all, I mean, kick it off with a triple super kick to poor Brian Danielson. And then they killed poor Jungle Boy. There's a cool sequence that goes into this, though, because it starts off with the yes kicks being countered. And the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. Oh, the roundhouse kick caught. Oh, triple super kick. Three shots to the face. Man, uh, Jungle Boy is still the legal man. BTE oh, trigger, Jack. a quadra BTE trigger. Oh, a BTE trigger. From, oh, the oh, they BTE killed trigger. him. All four in the ring. How's that happen? I like how Jim Ross is like, all four in the ring. How's that happen? That motherfucker said, you are not getting back up. I love how they're even getting the BTE trigger to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool stuff here. Again, this AEW Dynamite, look at that. You had an eight-man tag team match. So we start off really, really hot. After that, there's a Moxley promo, you know? So it's kind of like you go, from, you go from one star to another star with a Moxley promo. No matter what anybody wants to say, there is no man in AEW that can pin me. There is no man in AEW that can submit me. But tonight, they want to play games with ladders. Well, y'all think I've never been in a ladder match before? And we're here in Philadelphia. You want to get weird? You want to get stupid with some ladders? Let's do it. Because at this point, I don't know what's going on anymore. Because I have a three-month-old at home, and she's insane! Philadelphia is my city. AEW is my company, and that's my belt! And then they roll into and then you, go, you go from that to CM Punk coming out. Yeah, George, his all pro, his promos are all the same. Awesome. You go from that to it's fucking CM really, Punk coming out. You know? They, like, it just doesn't end, man. Couldn't blink with this shit. And I'm back. I'm glad I'm immersed back in this community. So because Philadelphia is and always will be special to me, I wanted to somehow give back to y'all. And wait, just wait. But anyway, you get it. It's a CM Punk promo. We're not going to stay here all night. You've seen them before. Go watch it again. But the point being, we went excited. from that. We went from something that had Christian and Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega and the Bucks and all these other big names to then Moxley to then CM Punk. Which you, you know, know what's so funny? I love how remember they used to always be like, oh yeah. Ambrose lunatic friends this lunatic friends that but now he sounds more deranged in AEW than he ever did in WWE yeah and Cabby Gun brought up Dusty Rhodes well because the next segment we're going to his kid Cody but this this was funny oh I like this I had to rewind this <laughs> let me see if I can get that recently Anderson strikes again Recently, you and I, we were, we were watching like Rodma one half at Classic Anime. This to me felt like the kind of joke that you would see like on an episode. This felt like a Rodma-esque joke. Because Arn, just to set the scene for some of you guys. So Arn is uh, burning. What is he burning outside? Like a shirt or something? It's like some of Cody's like flashy shit, I think. Yeah, but the funny part is I thought that this was like just some sort of a video promo vignette thing i didn't think that this was literally 
like outside of Cody's house. So it's just funny how the drama's broken by by you hearing Cody scream. <laughs> Here we go. Because he is thinking one thing. He's not thinking about the big show Cody's been starring on. He's not thinking about his reality show. Right now, Cody's just too Hollywood. This is symbolic of the same thing Malachi Black did coming in an unlocked door Arn? to AEW. Arn. Oh, somebody's doing? finally aware Oh of my God, that park killed me. I didn't realize he was outside of Cody's house. Oh, bro, I lost it. We got to go back to that again. That is fucking wonderful moment. I'm here. What Come are you on doing? down, Cody. See what's going on. Last week, everybody thought that he walked out on Cody. Is that the end of it? You finally realize I'm here. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. He snuck took into long my enough. house. What are you going to do? Shoot come me? Come on down, Cody. Oh, come on. That's a big, very expensive suit. You can have hit TV shows. You can buy a multi-million dollar mansion. And when you're winning, everybody looks at you and goes, damn right, man, I'm happy for you. Good for you. As a wrestler, you ain't very good right now. Give me that tie. Yeah, give me the tie. Why don't you just paint a star on your face and everything will be cool? He called him Stardust. See, that this he reminded is him that he used to be Stardust. No, no, you don't, Arn, you don't need to throw that away. I get it. I get what you're... <laughs> Yo, he didn't even like... It wasn't like one of those wrestling slaps either. It was like one of them bitch, you better get back in the kitchen slaps. He slapped him. Yo, look at how short range that shit came from. Like... Short range slap. Uh, he gave up. There was no wind up. Nothing. That motherfucker didn't even charge back. He just. <laughs> you he fucking L one his ass. Damn it. Complied at the end. I was waiting for Malachi Black to come up. And uh, throw his Black guitar in there. <laughs> throw his guitar and then get lost in the draft. <laughs> anyway, what do we got going on here next? We got the TNT title match Sammy Guevara against Bobby Fish. Hell yeah. Isn't that amazing? So, that is wonderful. Right off the bat, I could tell you one thing that made this really cool that I did not expect. And that's the fact that Bobby Fish has Red Dragon's music back. That's that one of the coolest right. things. I haven't heard that music in years. It was originally Kyle O'Reilly's music specifically, but then it became the Red Dragon music for him and Bobby Fish. I just thought it was cool to hear that again, but this was the debut of Bobby Fish being going from NXT to AEW. I've been an athlete and a martial artist my entire life. So I've wrestled in front of 40,000 people at the Tokyo Dome. I've won titles all around this world. And that brings me to AEW, the Spanish god, Sam Guevara. You are destined to go down as the shortest reigning TNT champion in AEW history. And the reason why, you are looking at him. Wow. I never thought I, I forgot about this song. That's how long it's been. Like, that is fantastic. Introducing the challenger from Albany, New York, weighing 207 pounds, 
Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish, a tremendously versatile professional wrestler. He mentioned his mixed martial arts background, but also he began his training under the great Harley Race before traveling to Japan in 2006. Kyle, get your ass over here. Hell yeah, man. Well, Kyle has a uh, Kyle's with um fucking uh John Kali Van Dam now. We'll get into that later. Like I said, Kyle, get your ass over here. Glad he's back. Glad we got to see some cool sequences. Got this close, champ. I mentioned Bobby Fish's time in Japan, perhaps best known when he competed in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Bobby Fish, a multi-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion over there. Much of Bobby's success has come in the tag team division, but he is a formidable singles competitor. As Sammy Guevara finding out firsthand right now, Guevara leapfrog, backflips over Bobby Fish, and a single leg drop kick to the chest. It is Sammy flying around, showing that athleticism. He is so smooth, JR. Guevara shoulder the midsection, the Enzigiri rocks Bobby Fish. Sammy the springboard, but oh! That was a, that was a just great kicked him move. down. Just kicked the rope. But yeah, this match was good back and forth. I really like everything that we saw here. You know. Oh yeah, these two match really good together. Mm-hmm. Really good that they managed to get Bobby Fish, which apparently he was recommended by the Young Bucks. Yep. And uh, for any of those who enjoy that music, surprise, you'll get to hear it again because Bobby Fish is all elite. Yeah, he's officially under contract. I believe it. Uh, I believe they announced it the following day after this dynamite. I got the impression after the uh, the first time, you know, like after, like usually when they have a guy come in like that, he's usually all elite right afterwards. Yeah. So I fell under the impression that that's what was happening. Yeah, you know, it was so funny when Fitch said that line, like you're going to have the shortest TNT title ring in history. And it made me think, one thing I'm starting to love with AEW, you don't see title runs just end on just like a little few week run. Like when people have those titles, they have those titles for a while. They like to add credibility to the uh, championships. Yeah. Like, well, for example, the AEW World Champion, every world champion in AEW has had the championship longer than the previous holder. Mm-hmm. That's a scary realization to start hitting with that championship because it's like, good God, how long is somebody going to start holding this thing for? Yeah, but really looking good. Glad that he's part of this. The finish to this was uh, he catches Bobby's uh, kick into the GTH. Essentially, I want to bring that up because there's more to this than that. Let's get that spot up. Dangerous for both men. No man's land, though. Oh, my God! Avalanche Falcon Arrow by Bobby Fish! Can he capitalize? A long way to roll to get there. A slow cover, but he makes it! No! I think positioning hurt him that time. Can we see a replay of that? Look at this tremendous impact the body that was of a good falcon arrow. just jarred across the ring. Yeah, when he jarred across the ring, that was the position that really hurt Bobby Fish because he had to but roll to get to this is the finishing sequence here. Inadvertently lucky positioning for Sammy Guevara. Now, Bobby Fish, oh. the exploder into the buckle. Now the cover. Legs, legs. Both legs are hooked. Whoa. Let's not forget, this is the TNT Open Challenge. This is what the TNT Championship's been all about. Got to dump a little bit ahead. I dumped too far ahead. To the Open Challenge. They both got jobs. They're both earning checks. That's right. Bobby Fish 
Hoping to kick down the forbidden yeah. door here tonight. Could be a new champ. Oh, Whoa. wow, what a. Oh, Kavar caught him. He's got Bobby Fish on the shoulder. Oh. GTH! So that's where he kills him. That was a death shot, GTH. Mm hmm. And then afterwards, your people come out, right? The bullies. Your favorites. America's top team, Ambush, Guevara in the ring. Bell rang. This is really unfair. He is surrounded, guys. See what's happening, but why? Sammy Guevara now on the radar, Dan Lambert, and America's top team. Well, we've seen Chris Jericho in the crosshairs. Of course, Guevara, part of the inner circle with Chris Jericho. Look, Paige Van Zandt. Oh, from behind. Paige Van Zandt was a distraction. And from behind, kills a whole bunch of folks. And look at Junior Dos Santos. That's a man. He's a former UFC heavyweight champion. Raining down shots on Sammy Guevara. Some of the biggest fists Well, Sammy gets his ass kicked for a while there. Oh, let's get to it when the inner circle does a run-in. Enough is enough. Fuego gets his ass kicked too. Look at it. He comes out to help. Wait just a damn minute. It's Jericho. Hager. Hager. I like that they kept the inner circle music playing New Jack style. (laughs) So Jericho's kicking ass while while the music's still going. Jericho and Santos. Oh my God. he, He put him down. It's singing along while the ass whipping's going on. That's one of my favorite things. This is absolute chaos. Pandemonium here. Like it's a double insult because you're getting your ass kicked and like the crowd's singing along. Like if it's a musical. Jericho might have one of the greatest entrance songs of all time in terms of that. More of this crap. Hurry up, would ya? Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're so loud. You know, actually, they made, her, they made him wait. <laughs> they, they finished the fucking song on him. So... I'm going to tell you something that apparently happened there that I don't know how many people caught it, but it was actually a shoot moment. Okay. In the middle of that ass whooping, Paige Van Zandt, has, it looks like she's taking like pictures. Really? She was shoot posting to her Instagram story. Yeah, we've seen people do that one before, but that's I, smart. It was Adds so to funny. The realism. This ass whooping, she's just like, up story, click. I love that they kept singing the song. And motherfuckers say, will you hurry up? Nah. So you see Where's what I mean? Like you went from Brian Danielson and Christian and Matt and Nick Jackson and Kenny Omega and Adam Cole, baby, to Moxley's promo, to CM Punk's promo, to Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes, to then to Bobby, Bobby Fish, Fish having a match against Sammy Guevara, to America's top team with Paige Van Zant and Junior Dos Santos and all these other guys, part of it. You know, along with freaking, like, everyone when you really look at it. And then Jericho and the Inner Circle showing up. Like, it goes literally just from one thing to another to another to another. And without the there only ever breaks being. breaks you got were the commercial breaks. 
Yeah, for anyone who wanted to see him putting on social media, the America's top team. That shit was so funny. <laughs> it took a second. I was like, wait a minute, they're still going. Yeah, so it was, this was really, this was golden. And yeah. See, um, and the crowd had, the crowd's having fun. You can't see, I mean, you won't see a crowd do that shit in WWE or almost anywhere else. Yeah, and Observer was reporting that this is a full-time deal. Um, but the announcement was withheld until after his debut match because they wanted to position it as an outsider coming and trying to win the deal. And it's stemming from social media calling out as opposed to a guy under a contract and a regular match being made, which is why they did it started on Twitter, I guess, to make it seem more organic. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's always good to do it that way, because especially the way this company is, sometimes it is an outsider, sometimes it's not. That's half of the fun. We don't sometimes now we don't know. So they challenge them to um, a match, right? It's going to be a six-man tag team at Jericho, Sammy, and Hager against the men of the year and Junior Dos Santos. And, and Jorge Masvidal will be a ringside, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. All right. When is this for? This for the next impact? or? Oh, God. The next <laughs> Dynamite? <laughs> next Dynamite? Ooh. People are going to watch this. What do you mean? <laughs> Damn, man. That hurt me. So what do you think of this? I would like to see more of them actually doing things in the ring rather than just surrounding people, you know, more of the freaking team. Uh, whatever America's 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 yeah, team. nice to see them do a little bit more. You know, we've seen them come out and make cameos a few times. Now it's time to uh, to muscle up, you know. We get the acclaim that they think, what did they do? They did, they did like a, a backstage promo, was it? Uh, Yeah. Bring that up. It's no, we the acclaim that we want the tag titles. Lucha Brothers about to be dead on arrival. Phoenix gonna burn up whenever we go off. If you ask Alex, Penta said no mas. You can't handle the acclaimed. Trust me, you wear those masks because you look so ugly. Friday, Rampage, see us in the ring. The acclaimed winning the titles and doing our thing. That's right, Lucha Brothers. Fr- you don't rap, shut up. No, I'm kidding, but we do. We are perfect time here. <laughs> You know, because they do have a rap on the Rampage that was actually really good. Oh, yeah. Next comes the unveiling of the new championship, right? That is correct. The rumors were true. Mm-hmm. TBS title belt. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, the TBS championship will begin as a tournament and don't forget Dynamite on the 5th of January on TBS. There's your championship belt. What a way. And it's a women's championship that'll be on TBS because in January, Dynamite moved permanently from TNT to TBS. So this is sort of their way of uh, just reigning in that change, which is the same thing. They're both Turner channels. Oh, but yeah, look at that. You went from that, you went through the Bobby Fish thing. And then you, a new championship gets unveiled. Which is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> you know, you hit a little bit of a slump next because you have Nick Comoroto with Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. But it's even against Darby Allen with Sting. So even that has star power in it. You got to have, yeah. like, some job guys do things. You know, first JR you know, interviews like Darby. This, this match felt like the closest thing to, like, if you want to take a minute. Mm-hmm. But it was the closest to that all show long. <laughs> Yeah, and JR also interviewed Darby before. I'm not going to play any of that, but just you even have JR doing backstage interviews that are like meaningful because it went into the uncle thing from MJF and last week and everything. Uh, I did like the way this match starts. Oh, yeah. Fucking Darby did what he said. So Darby's on the top. I love when Darby does stuff like this. 
announcement about the TBS championship to celebrate. Oh my god, Darby! <laughs> he just fucking takes him out like takes up the help right away. Wipe him out! Crashing on Nick Camarado on the Oh, yeah, it's really so cool. funny when I see Darby do that because I'm like, yo, that's the safest thing I've ever seen Darby do. Yeah, compared to the way he usually throws himself around. Yeah, no. Um, what else happened in this? I know Darby essentially there was a part with uh freaking QT Marshall where he hits thing with the diamond cutter. Oh wait a second, QT Marshall inside the ring! Oh yeah. Oh diamond cutter on Sting! And Sting no so this isn't Sting's new thing, he knows self finishes. Great execution. He's right back up What's to the QT? face. Tough guy. <laughs> I don't think he's wearing a cup in that Excalibur. Oh, I don't think Scorpion Death Rock on tap. And it's for QT, it's ice cold. So even the jobber gimmicks are cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. The dark it's funny to see a company mm-hmm. where even the jobbers are treated with a level of respect. Yeah. The Dark Order becomes a democracy. They all decide they're going to vote from now on instead of uh, Evil Uno being in charge. I never even realized he was in charge until he started being an asshole. Yeah, he was always Brody's right-hand man. So Dante Martin wants to be challenged by somebody. His challenge gets accepted by Malachi Black. Get out of there, Shivani. Malachi Black. Dante Martin may have gotten his wish. Arguably the most dangerous man in all of AEW. He kicks people's heads off for a living. And he gets paid damn well for it. Oh, the black mist! Boom! And the kick! Right to the temple, it looked like. And the lights are out again! Perhaps literally for Dante Martin after that kick! What the hell is going on? Malachi Black! The man who very... So what did he do? Did he take Dante's soul? GMI, hey, my kick soul out. When the lights came on, Dante was gone. Only Malachi remained. He kicked that motherfucker to the shadow room. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we also had Serena Deeb against Hikaru Shida. Yeah, and this Shida was, a, was chasing win number 50 in this one. Yeah, this was a, very, it was a great celebration, you know, to have an award. I was so excited. If she wins this match, she'll be the first woman in AEW to win 50 matches in a row. What a milestone to make on a name like Serena Deeb, you know, like to be able to say that the 50th person that you took out was Serena Deeb. No, no, fuck that. We're going to ruin that celebration. I was crossing my fingers and toes from the moment the match started. Please let this be that Serena Deeb is going to ruin her fun. Like, it's the easy thing for her to be like, oh, she's going to hit the milestone. Oh, she hits the milestone. Not too often do you see, oh, she's going to hit the milestone. Oh, she didn't hit the milestone. Like, nope. Womp womp. She didn't hit the milestone. One of the things that really that I really like was JR's emphasis here. Let me bring this up. This next contest is scheduled for one fall with a 20 minute time limit and if Hikaru Shida is victorious, she will be the first woman in AEW to win 50 matches. be a great honor, wouldn't it? Absolutely, and there must be a lot of confidence to already have the award made. <laughs> I love that he says that. 
I don't know if that was he was involved. I just love it. He was like, must be a lot of confidence to already have the award made. I was thinking, yeah, that is true. Like it almost <laughs> makes it seem like it was mental. So once I saw it, I was like, he's right. I hoped that for his sake, it's not going to really happen because it would seem too deliberate, you know. But no, they did. They swerved him. Oh yeah, I I was so happy. Let me get this going where it needs to go. It's always fun when they mix it up. I mean, it would have been nice to see her hit it, but still. It's nice to see him just be like, nah, nah. Pull it off. Could not reach for the leg. Good call. And I think had she p- pulled that leg back, she got it. She absolutely would have. That was her big shot, though. That was the Falcon Arrow. She's looking for the Katana. Deep blocks it. Oh, she blocked the Katana. Oh, the knee strikes from Hikaru Shida. Can she hit? Oh, Serena. Serena with the catch. Hammering down on the kneecap. It's been a sound strategy late in the match. Oh, she just raked the eyes. Raked the eyes. Oh, my God. Undeed-like to rake the eyes like that. Very undeed-like. The inverted dragon screw, the Mandala Haneri. And now Serena Deeb. She's got Sheeta hooked the arms behind the oh. back. The detox. My God, that could be it. The cover. Two. No, Sheeta. I love how they the tease everyone here. Lady Serena Deeb because... Like it isn't going to really happen. Oh, but wait a second. Now, the serenity lock. There's no serenity here, I can promise you. Boy, she has torn up the knee. Oh, Serena's pissed. And she is wrenching back. Oh, my God. Taps out. Even worse than the celebration not happening on the two-year anniversary. She tapped. That, wow. But, yeah, I love Serena Deeb. That girl is fantastic. I wanted her to win. It's yeah. funny because like it would I feel like despite the swerve, it would have just meant more for Serena to to steal that from Sheeta than for Sheeta to just win. I want to bring up my other favorite part. Oh God! What I can't have multiple favorite parts? No, because every time you have a second favorite part, she's gonna take here. that home with her. Oh no, she no! Just cracking the trophy over the head of Hikaru Sheeta. The crowd was so upset. She should have come out with a permanent marker and crossed out the 50 and put 49 on there. <laughs> and then hit her with it. Right? Now you can have the trophy. 49. And I'll even sign it for you and sign Serena Deeb on the shit. Oh, God. So what was next on this? On this high-speed wild ride. Oh, Darby Allen gets beat up by the Foot Clan. <laughs> I'm serious. Darby Allen, Darby, Darby. Hey, congratulations on the big win tonight, but MJF has asked Tony Khan for a match against you next week on Dynamite. Do you accept? Of course. I thought he'd never ask. It's a muggy. This is just a gang assault. With a camcorder. Just off of Broad Street here in Philadelphia. Darby Allen. Oh, my God. Long darted into the stop sign. One of them stole, took the camera, hijacked the camera. You can count the numbers. You heard what Alex said. I'm, they're not freaking fooling me what's going on here. So you had a Foot Clan attacked. Oh, why, my God. Why do that? Why have to come on mask? I didn't like that. 
AMG have got money like that. Even Leo has a short faces. So we get Serena D, Malachi Black, you know, Cody Rhodes. A Darby Allen. You know, and then we Boston. get Leo, Leo Rush promo after that. Like, holy shit. This is all in two hours, people. It all is. You are hurting. And I'm not just talking physically. I look at you and I see an undervalued commodity, a sleeping giant. And I'm trying to take you to new heights that you've never seen before. So here is my proposal. If you take this challenge from Malachi Black, maybe you need a little bit of guidance. Maybe you need to rinse, rush, repeat, and get that goddamn money. (laughs) So how about this? How about I have my people call you and uh, we'll talk soon. He's going to be one of those half my people call your people. He's going to be like, I managed a former <laughs> champion, Bobby Lashley. Made him you successful. The Bobby Lashley that killed Bill. That killed Bill. I didn't realize how that was going to come out when I said it. <laughs> the Bobby Lashley that killed fucking Bill. So anyway, this brings us to the main event, the AEW World Title Number One Contendership Casino Ladder Match. Matt Hardy versus Lance Archer against Orange Cassidy against Pac against Moxley against Andrade El Idolo. Against Adam Page was the surprise extra Joker. Which I like that because every time we've seen the Joker up until this point, it was a debuting superstar. Adam Page is the first Joker to be somebody coming back. I really wanted it to be Joey Janela. Don't even play like that. Don't you dismay. Don't you disrespect the show by wanting fucking Janela. Uh-huh. All he would have sat there was like, who let this? I was like, I guess a Joker can even be the high school dropout. Like, what the fuck? It's funny, speaking of Joey Janela, I keep meaning to bring it up, to, to, to no, mention it to you. You remember the fucking superhuman, that guy um, that's always jumping on the crazy shit, going, fuck this shit? I think, yeah. I vaguely remember. Yeah, you know Joey Janela was in one of his videos? Oh, yeah? Yeah, they jumped on, like, a microwave and, like, some other shit, and I'm going, wow. Every time you shit on wrestling fans, Joey, I'm going to remember that again. All right, well, uh what to say about this match there was a lot to say about this match unfortunately for my <laughs> this schedule match was brutal so let's look at a couple of the things bear with me while i get God, where you even start with this craziness we start at the top of the ladder is where i'm intending on starting ring business has definitely picked up because now we're in position oh. to end this thing what a sunset flip off that apron that looks brutal yeah andrade Andrade's a little shout out to Eddie with that sunset flip from the top of a ladder. I did like this. So you got Lance Archer here, right? He throws a ring crew guy and misses. <laughs> he throws a ring crew guy and misses. <laughs> that way you can bear that he missed. The fact that you miss when you throw another human being to me always adds to the human being being thrown. When Bojack <laughs> threw that girl at Gohan. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like he warped behind her and just turned her into her an energy ball and threw her at Gohan and Gohan just dodged and she hit off and she just blew up in the background. That was a moment it's for me. It's funnier when they miss. Like, it was just like, wow. That was a waste. <laughs> you know, like she's gone now. At least killed her meaningfully. Missed. Yeah, this was this was a this was the Bojack spot here. Uh, well, Look at Pyro go. I love when Pyro goes off anyway. Like he throws him a miss. Oh, uh-huh. Murder Hawkman. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, that's the fun stuff right there. I, I meant to mention that during the during the Jericho thing. I just love how they're doing the running and the pyro still goes. The pyro still goes when someone's getting their ass with. Remember like with Miro? And this guy's rolling down dead. Little shit like that just makes it wonderful. With fucking Fuego, man. Oh, my God. Like, motherfucker, we got a schedule. The pyro's supposed to queue at this moment. And then there was this this moment here. I guess this would be a, a I am the ladder moment. Oh I don't know if you can have that moment with ladders. Oh! oh, we are back live here on TNT. Our main event, the casino ladder match. The winner. I don't know if it works the same with ladders. Well, it didn't break. He just recalled off it. But I guess that is the intended result. Yeah, so sometimes la- I guess it depends on the spot on whether the ladder breaks or not. Right. I believe a fan gets hit here. Watch very carefully. I even put this on a bigger crop for you. John Moxley, the f- oh, keep watching. See if we can get him on the shot. World champion and Lance Archer going right. Is this guy a plant, or was he supposed to be? Right Moxley loves to fight. Or he just missed him, right? And that's, what- that's a good question. If he was a plant, that was a conveniently placed plant. Right here. Oh, the 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 and then it looks like somebody gets hit here too. I don't know if it was a kid. Let me see if I can find it. The chair just thrown at the face of Lance Archer by Moxley. And the running knee strike to the spine. You know, you would think that one of the other competitors would go for the left. Right here. Look at that kid on the side, right? Does he get hit or does the person next to him get hit? Like, someone gets hit here. Watch. They're all down. If we could try to bring because it. Because Lance Archer laid them out during the break. Yeah, people got hit for fucking shot. I don't know who got hit. It looked like everybody got hit. Look at the kid. It was terrifying. He looks, look at the terror in his eyes. The motherfucker was like, oh shit. Papa Vince doesn't let them get this close. Damn. Do I need, do I need a screenshot of that? I mean, <laughs> just right in case, there, right? right? That's the graphic. <laughs> I don't know if it should be. It feels kind of fucked, but yeah, I'll screenshot it, sure. We posted worse. Hey, look at that. That wrestling is real for that kid. That's that that that's the next generation of history real to me, damn it. It's still PSTD to me. <laughs> damn it. It's still PTSD to me. Write it down. <laughs> you know if you gotta do that now, that's gotta be a screenshot, right? I guess you're right. <laughs> Alright, what else do we have going on here? Fans got thrown and missed, fans got hit, people getting fucked up all over the place. Uh Let's jump a little bit ahead to the dramatic stuff. I wonder what I could mean by the dramatic stuff, right? What dramatic could have possibly happened in this? Yeah, we are seconds oh, away from know. finding out who is the Joker. This <laughs> <laughs> is a pop. Well, let's do some cowboys. Swing and a miss. Hangman and Moxley, center of the ring. They stand. They fight. They strike. Moxley. Page. Big elbow strike from Hangman. And he takes Moxley over the top. What? Bone Archer. Low bridge for Archer. Orange Cassidy gets caught. Caught. Caught in midair. Oh, Lordy. And look at Hangman. He sprung off the ladder to take out Andrade. And the 
coming over the top since Matt Hardy's spilling the outside. Watch out, Pack with a chair. Pack with a chair. Oh! There goes that momentum, huh? <laughs> yeah, but uh, Mr. Pac got one hell of a receipt for that. Yeah, I will say this. Hangman looks great as the oh! champion. And remember, Hangman Adam like, Page I think Pac, he's someone who we really need to start pushing. You know, even despite all the star power we have, the reaction he gets and character and everything, it's fucking time, man. He needs to beat Kenny Omega for that belt. Yeah, Cornette, it's not too late. Damn. Hangman's helped Pack out here. Yeah, I don't agree with him with that He's either. Taking care of everybody else. Yeah, Pack was just biding his time on the outside. Hangman right? Adam Page took that, that chin to the back of the head. It's, it's the late. smart move. All seven competitors are in the match. We. Know- I gotta jump ahead, man. These dudes are building fucking all kinds of contraptions. I'm surprised we don't have Lego AEW. I'll tell you right now, but yeah, I mentioned. Uh, after that chair shot, yeah, Pac got him probably the receipt from hell. What was the receipt? Because I don't mind finding it here. Dead eye from the top of a fucking ladder through the table. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually do have that. Was, <laughs> Holy shit. Let's jump to that. I actually didn't think had he was going to get all the way through it. Here it is. See, where am I now? You ever see some shit and like you're waiting for the counter? Battle. Hangman is cleared off the table. Ooh, what a... Andrade. First Andrade gets from fucked. From the headbutt, from the ladder, to the steel. And that enabled that Hangman to get a second win, so to speak. And Hangman laying in some right elbow strikes to the bastard. I'm worried about his knees. Oh, no. Like, how do you safely take that bump? My God. Hangman Adam Page. Oh, my God. Look at this. Look at this. I kind of see. He hit his right knee as well. Crazy. You like? You ever see somebody going for a spot, and you're just like, "All right, here comes the counter, and it's coming, and it's coming." That was me that whole time. Like I never made peace the fact that we were about to see a fucking dead eye from the top of a ladder. And then there was no counter. That is the receipt from hell, ladies and gentlemen. You hit me with a chair, I will drop you from the heavens on your skull through a table. And then as Cole will put it, we got vintage Hardy. Matt Hardy. We've seen him do this in ladder matches before. Oh, the leg drop. All these years, it still gets a pop. Mm-hmm. I... Now the finish. I'm gonna bring the finish up. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the finish. Gotta be honest. I yeah. just didn't like the way Moxley went out there. I didn't get it. Like, did he just run out of gas? Is that what they were going for? Like he just it was it. It was just a very unusual. That was the only thing I was thinking. Like maybe he just burned out. But at the top of the ladder, fighting. I'm gonna walk you guys through this verbally. Too. Blow for blow. You guys have seen the two last guys top of the ladder blowing. Punch, punch, punch. Then the punches stop. Literally hanging about. He just falls. Just That's it. He was like, what the fuck? Get, Get, it, going. Get up top. Get Did up. You do it? Pop Get out of page. Get up. Make yourself famous tonight. Get up. I like that law. Hangman does it. So... That's cool and everything, but isn't didn't you find out anything? Like what was the what was the whole story there? Where like the two of them go like I've seen two people fight and then one gets knocked off the ladder and that's it. But it was more like they were both punching each other and then they both stopped. 
and it was like a pause, and they look at each other, and Moxie just fucking falls. Yeah, the the the, the finish didn't seem as smooth as it could have been. Was it like a delayed? I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. Yeah. But I would have liked to see like a better ending for first. If you're gonna have someone as tough as Moxley, be the last one. But still, cool for him. Yeah, I do like the fact that um, you probably call it too. Jr. had the minor callback to one of his famous calls from that ladder match with Jeff Hardy. He said, "Make yourself famous." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, really cool stuff though. Glad oh, yeah. that. Glad that Adam Adam Page is gonna be going over. It's so crazy because when he first came out, not only was my first thought, holy shit, Hangman's back, but holy shit, where else do we get pops like that? Do you think he'll win the title, though? Do you think he's just going to be someone who fights and then like... I think, yeah. I I mean, I've I've always been hearing that the plan is for him to win the title. It just got pushed back because, of course, his kid was on the way. But no, I I think he's the one to do it. It would mean the most if he did it. Yeah, like the fact that he's he's literally been chasing that belt since the beginning. He competed in the first AEW World Title match, and he's been chasing it ever since. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I mean, we've seen guys chase the World Titles for years, but I think I think it's, I think it's the right time. Fair enough. All right, a couple of little excerpts from this. Jim Cornette talks a little bit about Leo Rush's uh, promo. Didn't want to play this during the thing because I wanted to go through the whole show. Well, guess who's back? Leo Rush is he is unretired again. And now and he's retired at least twice, right, from wrestling. Every time he either gets fired or the last time he got hurt, he decided to retire. Then he said he'd come back and fulfill his commitments when he got well, and then he's going to retire again. Now he's back, signed with another company. It's it's not like there's been popular demand, uh, an outcry from the populace of the country. Bring back Leo Rush. But he's unretired more than Terry Funk did. And now, apparently, he's rich. He's made money on investments. He's made money on leveraged buyouts. He's now LBO rush, leveraged buyout rush. So we're expected to believe that this mental case is the wolf of Wall Street on top of everything. And and that was still the funniest thing. Whatever he did stupid a couple of years ago, because he constantly does stupid things and then he quits the business and he comes back. He's one of the guys that I think that took the bump off the roof and popped up and didn't sell it on one of the outlaw shows, whatever the case. He's an idiot. He wanted to be a wrestler at five foot three and 120 pounds. I said he could be a million dollar manager because he can talk. He's got a slappable face when he was with Bobby Lashley. If they'd have made him a manager, He'd have been the hottest thing in the world, but he insists on wrestling, and it's embarrassing because he's the size of a small child. But a couple of years ago on Twitter, he did something or said something else stupid, and I said, look at this guy. What a fucking mental case he is. And he actually tweeted me back and said, are you saying that a spokesman for mental health such and such is a mental case? I said, yeah, I guess I fucking did. And that just tickled me. I had no idea that he was a spokesperson for mental health. I, it just, he just looked to me like a person that has little. So every time I get the chance, I like to call Leo Rush a mental case because that's what he is. He's a fucking idiot. But anyway, he's back then. Oh, did you have any comments on the LBO Rush promo? Are you going to leverage his buyouts? I have enjoyed Leo Rush considerably more than you. I even have liked. Oh, what do you think of Cornette's comments? I don't even have to. I don't know why I asked you. I mean, he hasn't liked Leo for years. 
So it's not shocking, but no, Cornette, he hasn't tired, hasn't retired and come back anywhere near as many times as Terry Funk. Only other thing we have Bobby Fish talks a little bit. He talks more about Adam Cole's debut than anything else. I mean, speaking of opportunities, Adam Cole has a lot of opportunities in front of him. Did you watch his debut? I did for sure. I caught it. I was away. So I caught it a day later. But yeah, I did see it for sure. And what did you think of the reaction that he got? Oh, it was incredible. You know, it was incredible. And and uh man, they they're hitting they're hitting home runs there, you know, and, yeah. and it came at a at a time with you know with punk and, and Brian and you know, they're um yeah, when when you're making contact with almost every pitch, it just you know, it's it's a good time for them right now. And to see the smile on Adam's face, know knowing him the way I do knowing that it was real and genuine and uh, I was happy for him, you know? Yeah. And you're right. They're hitting a lot of home runs right now, but the great thing is I've said this so many times, but rising tides lift all ships. And I feel like if AEW is succeeding, then everybody else can succeed as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really interesting time and um, that you can't op- opportunity is, is what it is. It's, it's opportunity and you can, you're going to do something successful with it, or you're going to fall on your face and learn from that mistake. So either way, like it's progress. Hey, it's Chris. And thank you so much for checking out. Yeah. So like you said, get Kyle next, get Roderick. I want Roderick too. I'm about to say, we got two of them. WWE, just go ahead and run them other two. We know you ain't doing Jack Diddley shit and shit with them. Gotta catch them all. And actually catch them all. Like, it's not going to take us 20, 20 years to win a goddamn tournament. Just just run them. Just hand them over now. Adam Fish, Bobby Cole, yeah. Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong. You <laughs> Can imagine that? <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. Over 101 wrestlers for you and me. <laughs> Who they release next? We can only see. Can you imagine that Pokemon shit? Rap gets stuck in my head. I am coming to New York and whooping your ass. <laughs> Like, who's that wrestler? Da-da-da. He got the little silhouette. <laughs> it's Bobby Fish. <laughs> do the next one. Who's that wrestler? Da-da-da. It's Goldberg. Oh, <laughs> that'll never happen, though. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the same little. Uh, like everyone, you catch a fucking magic carpet and realize you only know, a little splash. <laughs> no, no, that's disrespectful. Splash was way more effective. Anyway. How the hell did that, that happen? Dynamite drew an overnight of 1,053,000 viewers with a 0.37 in the 18 to 49 demographic. This is a little bit down by 100,000 viewers from the last week, which had 5,588,000 of them being in the 18 to 49 demographic with a 0.40 rating. Dropped a bit in the demographic as well as in the viewership. Uh, still in the millions, though. Hang in there. Oh, Next yeah. up, we go into AW Rampage, which... Uh, First match was CM Punk against Daniel Garcia being accompanied by Jeff Parker and Matt Lee. Finished to this was the Anacon device. Yep, I like that he's still using that move, too. Yeah, I knew it was going to come up inevitably. I thought they were going to do an angle and reintroduce it or something. But Because uh, I remember there was a period where he just stopped using the Anacon device. And then I think when he um started feuding with Del Rio, he started using it again. Yeah, he even reintroduced it to like a promo where he was like, he reintroduced the move and stuff. I remember that. Which was like a move from uh, from the Indies. Gonna bring up Rampage here real quick, so we could just clickety through and see some stuff. Uh, okay, so here's the spot for him. Oh, is he thinking? 
What's he going for? He's too close to the ropes, apparently. Oh, the Anaconda Vice! There we go! CM Punk with the Anaconda Vice locked in! Daniel Garcia trying to fight his way out of it! He taps out! There you go, Anaconda Vice. A long-time friend and ally of Punk, right? And even in AEW, even moves get pops. And now you get because the a... second the crowd realized it, they came alive. Like, oh shit, he's about to use the Anaconda device. And now you get an Acclaim rap where they actually come out rapping, which is good because the Acclaim, hey. when they're backstage, they are tame. Listen! Yo! Everybody loves the Acclaimed in Philly. We put the Lucha Bros on ice like gritty. We kill in every city that we landed in. I think he's no longer rapping. Heat like my name's Arn Anderson. Yo, and it's a given. We send them boys packing quicker than Ben Simmons. Lucha Bros don't stand a chance like Rocky Balboa. They're fake ass champs. He said that in Philly. Shit. You realize that everybody out there doesn't know Rocky Balboa isn't real, right? Like, now they're going to hate him forever. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. Like, I fucking knew it. That's their Santa Claus. They thought that Clubber Lang was the was the shoot and that Mr. T was the work. Oh, God. They think <laughs> that Rocky Balboa starred in The Expendables and that uh, he played Sylvester Stallone in a movie. You fucking stupid. You know that, right? <laughs> I can't believe you still kept this going. Now I got Philly heat, right? You, you, you shoot. Don't want that kind of heat, though. They stab people out there, like, huh? yeah, right. We'll just shoot them from a distance from where I am. <laughs> <laughs> they get up close and fuck. Yeah. Good luck with that. You better hold my aims off, motherfucker. You know we come from Arn Anderson mentality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the first Arn Anderson first person shooter. No. <laughs> oh. It'll be rated A for Arn. It'll be called Armed Anderson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it'll just have a picture of him. A picture of him wearing his fucking vest and everything, and just like him be cocking up back a gun, just on the title screen, just standing next to the oh logo. Oh my god! And, and and his melee will be the spinebuster. Armed Anderson. Someone should take the Holy game ESWAT for Sega Genesis. Remember ESWAT and just reskin <laughs> it and make it make it Arn. Arn Anderson. And just take out ESWAT and put in Arn. <laughs> Or Robocop work just as good. Eastwater or Robocop. Take one of those motherfuckers. Just take them out and put an R in and keep everything about the game the same. Except it's just R walking. Drop it. <laughs> just shooting people. <laughs> you know what we need? <laughs> Why do we need this now? We need Arn Anderson reskinned in the Robocop games. The arcade. Remember that shit? Drop it. <laughs> oh, my God. See, but you know the bad part is what's going to happen is now you have to redo the Robocop movies. And the moment when they shoot Murphy, all the hell's got to be on. Yeah. Just because I want to see orange and selling the whole thing. Ah, ah. Listen, I could I could do the Robocop thing, but I'm not going to eat baby food. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> eat baby food. That's how it starts, Cody. They tell you you're going to be Robocop and then they have you eating baby food. Stupid. That's what you want to do. Is that what you want to do, Cody? You want to go out to Hollywood and eat baby food? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great lie. That's what you want to do, Cody. You want to go out to Hollywood and eat baby food? 
that promo that shit with Arn where he's like burning shit and in the back of your going Arn Arn is that you <laughs> that that shit was comedic because I didn't realize where he was at first that's the best part you don't know where he is in front I'm telling you, right? It, it reminded me of like a Rumiko Takahashi joke. Like for people who know the Inuyasha, the Ranma writer. Like it reminded me of that kind of joke. Like when you see Ryoga like somewhere lurking, Ranma, today's their game. It's like, what the hell is he doing in the middle of a football field when he finds <laughs> out? You know, this kind of like, I just think he's somewhere in the darkness being dramatic. And then all of a sudden in the back right here, boy, Art? Right, Art, is that you? Like, <laughs> when you first turn it on, it looks like an old sanity promo. There's some unlook, undisclosed location. Like, no, he's right. I love this Arn, man. We need something new every week. I can't wait to see what Arn does next. It was the promo, then it was the oil drum Catches burning the shit. The whole food next. That motherfucker was burning things. Rick Grimes style. Remember season two, Rick? From now on, it's a Rick Tatorship. He didn't really say that, but he, but he, but he meant that. That's the hashtag Rick Tatorship was trending. He didn't actually say that. That'd be fucked up. He just said, that from now on, I do, I do. The, but it was like he basically made it a Rick Tatorship. He might have said it. I don't remember. Did he? He did not. He just said dictatorship. Okay. So I guess that was the internet that made it. All the social media just coined it. (laughs) Yeah. It was when they were sitting outside, like on the sidewalk, right? Like it was like dark and shit. Yeah. It was like, I think um, they'd been stranded for a while and they were just camping. And after a while, he was like, no, fuck this. We're doing what I said. It's kind of funny how my memories, because of social media, had that line. Had me remember from now on, it's a dictatorship. Like he'd be that cocky, right? Could you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, Carl. No, Carl almost get raped there. They wound up eating dogs. That's a funny segue. Anyway, so what else happened in this AEW besides uh, the acclaim thing? Let me see here. I actually lost my spot on whatever the hell we were doing. See what happened when we segue too much? We screw up. Sometimes it's funny, though. It's worth it for the funny. But yeah, this actually uh, set up the next match, which was Lucha Brothers versus Acclaim for the tag titles. Mm-hmm. And obviously, what I liked like... Was that- the Lucha mm-hmm. Brothers did obviously bring their AEW World Title World Tag Titles, but they brought the Triple A Tag Titles with them. Yeah, which they're going to be defending soon, I believe. Right? I believe, I believe they so. might be defending this on the next, either on the next Dynamite or the or the next Rampage somewhere around there. I have to go and look. I mean, they're showing oh, up this crossing because they've been tag champions forever. Right in the Yambag region. Huevos Revueltos. <laughs> oh, Lucha Brothers have Bowens. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh. You don't get up from that. No way. Chance will be chance. Two, three. After that spot, he has said, oh, Huevos. <laughs> yes. That should be the new one, right? Said, oh, Oh, and they do it right in the guy's face. Don't fucking tempt him. Penta might do it. He would. I remember. I remember that one time. What was it? I think think he was cutting a promo on fucking Marco stunt. He calls him boy Moss baby or something like that. And I was like, damn. I love. I love that AEW portrays real luchadors. You know, like warrior luchadors and shit. You know, where it's like WWE kind of has nobody cute and cuddly over here. These are fucking murderers. Yeah, WWE has the Pablo Francisco luchador. The bam 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 bam. I still say one of the one of my favorite early AEW moments, but I think it was all in. It was the fucking the 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 ladder match between the Bucks and um. Lucha Brothers. When they fucking ripped Pentagon, when they were fucking ripped Penta's mask off, it didn't turn to a month-long storyline with no payoff. He killed that motherfucker instantly. Yeah, no, I remember you always used to talk about them before any of this happened. Well, it was just Penta by himself, and he had that move where he would fuck people up. Like, what was that move? Yeah, where he would, like, it, break their arms and shit? Yeah, in fact, would... um, I've mentioned 
mentioned you try to mention recommending you watch uh, Lucha Underground on Tubi, you get to see the Sarah Mieldo gimmick come to life. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I've literally been following him since that gimmick started. And yeah, that was a whole storyline. He snapped. I think he's probably popped the armor about everybody on that fucking roster. And what was cool about how they did it back then, both um, Pentagon and Phoenix wrestled there, but you didn't know they were brothers. I didn't find that out until Impact. That's really dope, man. Yeah, this, this whole thing has a lot of interesting layers and stuff going on to it. Um, unlike the next match with Sky Blue against Jade Cargill, which ends with the glam slam. She wants to do Playboy. I mean, take a number. Every every chick wants to do Playboy. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that's a hot body, you know. Every Everybody's funds out, buns out. You want to do Playboy. And there's a good percentage of the marks that want to do you. That's just the way these kind of things go. Sometimes the marks nor you get to do shit. <laughs> that was fucked. <laughs> it was, right? If I wasn't WWE, they would definitely start scripting shit for me. And you then know, we'd both leave. If you know, sure, yeah, we both leave. Actually, now that I think about it, they would have broke us up like six months ago. Yeah, everything would have been scripted like two, two, two hours in advance, right? Oh, my God. Oh, boy. We, we, at some point, we would have had to fucking make sure Dave Koski doesn't get the line about the pooper scooper out in there, too. So what was next after that? The FTW title, Philadelphia Street Fight. Ricky starts with Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs defending against Brian Cage. Finish being the Rochambeau Starks. So we will be getting another angry video from Melissa Santo soon. It took the entire stable, though. I don't have time to show it because I want to leave. But it took the entire stable for them to beat these guys. Like, for them to beat him. Like, they're all on the thing. It had to be no DQ. Um... I just wonder what their plans are for any of them. It doesn't make anybody look strong. I wonder what happens next. But I guess the stable stays the stable. And what the hell happens to him by himself? Because I have this bad feeling that uh, I feel like if Cage doesn't get the momentum they expect from at the singles guy, he's one of those guys that's going to wind up right back in that stable. Yeah, at this point, like, there's got to be something for Cage soon. There's a funny Ricky Stark kick out that I want you to see, man. <laughs> I think I know the way you're talking about. I've never seen this kind of shit before. Look what he does. Starks can't believe it. Ricky Starks are throwing a tantrum. Keep your poise. He took the fuck. He took the fight. He's beating him in anger. The best part about it is I could tell even Cage was there with that. Oh, man. Because it takes like three kids before he racks. like, what the fuck is with a pipe? He's hit him with a pipe. Oh, man. Right again. That shit was so funny. I've <laughs> seen. Right, let me go back to that. I mean, I haven't. I haven't flip his shit that bad. Damn it! Starks can't believe it. Ricky Starks are throwing a tantrum. <laughs> Keep your poise, Ricky. Damn it! Don't snap. Stark- don't snap, Ricky. Motherfucker is way past that. Oh man. <laughs> the ECW legends appeared afterwards. I believe Tony Khan brought up the legends since we're in Philadelphia. I'm going to just yeah. click through this quickly because we are still trying to leave. Right. I wanted to be sure to come out and thank you all in person. I wanted to be sure and thank you and say goodnight. It's a very special wrestling town, a very special wrestling tradition. There's a few people here that I'd like to thank. Uh, hey, Taz. 
guys in Chris Jericho. Could you guys come down to the ring, please? It's Philadelphia, guys. Chris Jericho. One more friend I'd like to bring out, and I'd like each of them to say a very special good night. And I just thank you, Dean, very well. Dean Malenko. There we go. I guess we'll bring out ECW Originals for the whole theme of this. Hey, one more friend I'd like to bring out, and I'd like each of them to say a very special good night, and I just thank you, and ladies and gentlemen, the former ECW world champion, Jerry Lynn! Wow, that's dope. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Bring out all the letters. Easy to do when you have access to them. Hint, hint. South Philadelphia and all that. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to compete, especially these three amazing athletes, amazing men. Yeah, when we look at everyone in here, is an ECW original, including Jericho. People forget that. Lionheart Chris Jericho. I still have the yep. DVDs. Amazing wrestlers. Uh, Malenko broke my neck in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, so yeah, this goes on for a while. But, uh,. <laughs> Oh, this punk actually cut the fuck is punk doing out there? Or I guess he was part of the other ECW. Did I even see he was out here. He, he was part of the other ECW. I just want to say I feel extremely left out because I was the ECW champion. And, <laughs> and nobody and nobody invited me. And I just want to make a point that I think that's a very important distinction to make because I never would have been ECW champion. If it wasn't for a guy like Taz, if it wasn't for a guy like Chris Jericho, certainly if it wasn't for Dee Malenko or Jerry Lynn. So, just, I thought it'd be funny if I stuck my head out here really quick, because I was ECW champion. <laughs> and now I'll leave it up to them. <laughs> Isn't it great to have CM Punk back, right? Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> guys, we know it's been a long night, and, and we appreciate you guys. We oh, my God. I love the way he wrote up that other. Everybody knows, wink, wink, ECW uh, champion. Isn't that so fucked up that it has, like, a double legacy like that? Right. They had great champions like Christian and CM Punk, and then they had Ezekiel Jackson as their last champion. Oh, man. But, yeah, he was part of that, that quote-unquote ECW. Oh, my God. See, I like that they did shit like that because not only did they send the crowd so happy bringing out old legends, but then they had fun with it. <laughs> That's so funny, man. In 1996, after I called Paul Heyman for one year to try and get booked, he never answered, and then he called me one day and said, I've been trying to get a hold of you for one year. We had a great time at the arena. We used to stay at the Ramada Inn down the road. I'm sure some of you were there. If you weren't, it's good that you weren't. If you were, you know why it was good that they weren't. But once again, we thank you guys for being here. This is the new tradition in wrestling. This is the greatest wrestling company in the world today.
This is really the new revolution, and this is happening now live with all of you. We're not stopping. We're only just beginning, and in 20 fucking years, you'll still be chatting AW, and I'll still be here to talk to you, and so will he, and so will he, and so will they. A man of few words and many holds. A man of few words and many holds, but he's got something to say. I'll just keep it short. Thank you very much. Damn, Malenko. Nothing changes about that guy, huh? Good Lord. <laughs> Holy shit. Jerry Lynn, man. I see some of the greatest shit ever. If you guys ever seen ECW, Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn rivalry. I just wanted to say thank you because everywhere I have wrestled on this planet, you guys here in Philly have been the most passionate and you reinforced it when I went to a Phillies game and I was like, oh my God. But you guys have never let us down here in Philly and you are the craziest MFers I've ever seen. Thank you so much, Philadelphia. It's been a great night. I can't thank you enough for being here. I can't wait to see you again. Happy anniversary! Hit the music! Wow. And that, boys, is how you send the crowd home happy. This guy Not 85 really... Johnson and Dark Ranches in a row. This is really nice. Very nice things across the uh, across the board, right? I can't, I can't. Wow, very good stuff. I don't really have even yes, enough words so to good. just say about how good everything's been. Jesus, yeah, that was fantastic. Oh. Once again, showing appreciation to the people who stuck with them since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's, that's how you celebrate your anniversary show, right there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so rampage number is still bad. Four hundred sixty-six thousand down from the. 594,000. That was an overnight average, too. 196,000 on the one, the, thir- the, the 18 to 49 demographic. Yeah, that spot is rough. Not going to lie. But I don't think oh, it's because yeah. people aren't watching. I just think because people aren't watching it live. People are watching it on demand. People are watching it on the internet. You know? So it's kind of like, yeah. it's a tough spot. I, I dare WWE to put something on, like at that time at 10 o'clock on a cable channel. Right. You ever notice how box. they never put anything on right after their shows? You know, like they have SmackDown on at 8, which is snug. 10 is pushing it. Those two hours doesn't make a big difference. Uh, All right. Oh, man, I almost don't want to fucking talk about them, honestly. I'm going to be very brief. With yeah, I was like, Let's just speed talking through this. People think I'm probably going to be accused of having uh, an AEW bias, which I do not because I watch it all, and I still enjoy NXT mainly. It's just that, uh, I don't know. They take the fun out of everything to be completely straight with you. It's like, I See, don't know. This is this is the problem when it comes to the WWE stuff. I at least from my point of view, the backstage bullshit we always hear about makes it harder for me to enjoy the on-screen stuff because I know what's going on in the background now. All right, well, let's get with this shit in the foreground. Singles yeah. match: Ember Moon against Mandy Rose, being accompanied by Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane. Horrible finish to a horrible match. I'll let you see. With Rose in her sights, comes up and crashes down. Like Moon quickly trying to capitalize. 
Calling me a naysayer, this is exactly what I... Why did she have to roll forward from that? He no sold the knee and then rolled forward there. This Ember Moon lately. That was my problem. Moon could be looking for the Eclipse. She didn't hit the Eclipse. This girl wasn't nowhere near Eclipse position. And I said, she hits it with the running knee and then takes her out for the win. George, I could give a shit how they look. When the match looks like shit, it does not matter. Yeah, uh, what else we got? LA Knight I mean, against really Odyssey. Like the second coming, I don't give a fuck because the match was terrible. LA Knight versus Odyssey Jones. Knight goes over, but that chase guy gives an assist by pushing, pushing Jones' foot away from the ropes. Um, a complaint I had about this NXT was that everyone keeps emphasizing Cora Jade making out with Trey Baxter like this is fourth grade. Like, they right. did... They did emphasize that they've been together for a really long time like has no one in nxt ever heard of that before like could wade barrett get over it specifically like oh i think it's a matter of time until she leaves him why they just emphasize they've been together like a really long time why are you guys all so invested in that because he saw her kissing him and they've been together like a really long time i wonder how you guys are going to react when you realize that they probably fuck when they go home too (laughs) you know what i mean like you can't on one hand on the same episode where you're telling me that Dexter Loomis fucked in the Hartwell like 12 times and has a nine inch dick. And they just met two months ago. And how she was talking about how she got sand everywhere. The implication being because she got fucked on the beach. We're going to turn around and be like, Trey Baxter, make it out with Cora Jane. Like What? Make up your mind. Is this adult? Are we going more adult? Or are we being? Are we giggling? Have you ever? Have we all? What have we done? Go ahead. Get ready to to try to uh, copyright strike my shit, scumbags. You haven't yet, but I'm waiting for it. Bracing myself for your horse shit. We'll be ready to win that too. Anyway, you got this guy Von Wagner. Who came up with that fucking name? I fucking know. Von Wagner. Somebody's probably playing Wolfenstein or some shit. It's like something that Bugs Bunny disguises himself as when he's trying to be the psychiatrist to Elma Fudd. I'm Von Wagner. What's up, Doc? You know what I mean? What the fuck you're Von Wagner? Motherfucker with a Super Saiyan 4 forehead. What kind of shit? No, oh, Super Saiyan 3. Never mind. Von Wagner. Every time, this every guy. time he put on screen, I think he had to scream for like 10 minutes before he showed up. This guy, right? Look at him. Von Wagner. He looks like Great Khali's face, but sounds like John claude Van Damme. Wagner. You got a sec? What's up? With Super Saiyan 3 Goku's forehead. Last week was the second time that you've had my back, and I gotta know why. Awkward promo. You wanna know the truth? Yeah. Von Wagner took an opportunity and jumped on it. I don't like Ridge Holland or Pete Dunn any more than you do. But I respect you, Kyle. You got heart. And as far as trust... Hey, I gotta stop you there. Anyway, that dude is awkward as shit. And to think his first match was with the NXT Championship. Remember when I told you that raw, dumb shit starting to bleed over in the NXT? This episode was full of it. Anyway, Champa is in the ring with Steiner. I'm not going to remember that other name. Brock Hammer or whatever. Breck Necker. Whatever We're calling him what he is. Fucking Steiner. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, Look at the Steiner. Fuck your little marky ass names. He's Braun Breaker. Is that what Steiner. his name is? Braun Breaker. Anyway, yeah, some kind of GT did, shit. I'm did you, Rick Steiner. Did you catch the the chant that he got here? I don't know if I caught it. They he gets dog face. Grim, he gets dog face gremlin chants here. Oh yeah, they know. 
Listen to this. Of the very lofty heights of WrestleMania. The Rick Steiner dog face grin. I'm surprised WWE didn't try to edit that out. Oh man. Uh what else do we have? Uh we had Joe Gacy with the safe space, another one of my favorite things. With my voice, the voice of a righteous and inclusive generation. I know one platform that won't crash, and that is NXT 2.0. I use the ring as our safe space. I like this guy. He actually goes over Ikemanjir with that handspring lariat that he does, which actually looks really good seeing a man in the suit do that shit. (laughs) Like, too bad for Ikeman. But oh well. Uh, And then going back to what I was talking about before, you get the... uh, You get the indie sex stuff. And, And the indie sex stuff is like very, very... Uh, explicit. Like they're not fucking around with this. She sure is. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's doable, but I mean, like the sand gets everywhere. So how was it? The honeymoon looked amazing. It was incredible. Where is your man tonight? I haven't seen him at all. He's away this week. You know, I really wore him out. <laughs> we went through two packets. So seven, eight, oh, or my God. nine and a half. Are those his measurements? You see what I'm seeing? You see what I'm talking that about? A savage, yo. <laughs> he said nine and a half. Talked about how many <laughs> condoms they went through. And then this part to me was like the exclamation point. Holy smokes. What is this? Fosa! Get up! That <laughs> 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 oh, startled me. I love how the, the Tian Sha shit just happens behind the door. Like, watch this shit again. So, seven, eight, what was he? Nine and a half. Are those his measurements? Holy smokes. They're talking about the ring, but we know what they're really talking about. That's why they, they put the finger on the ring, so that they could, uh... What is this? <laughs> I like the way that looks. That might be a great shot. I was about to say, you took well, that, that's a great... Like, what? <laughs> Oh man, this is like a well, cartoon sometimes. Now, so I'm like, hmm. like no, Joe, just couldn't be Vince. I was entertained by this. But then the line she says afterwards brings the whole thing together. Night. Get out! That was freaky. I've seen freakier. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> They just I, that whole that whole I bet you that whole thing of putting Tian Sha there was just so she could have that the, for the that's for that punchline. <laughs> Good God, I've seen freakier. That was the most sexual joke that I've seen in NXT in its entire time. You know but that yeah, that whole thing with the make out and it's like oh snap. Oh, uh, that was funny though, man. That killed me. NXT this week I always say it's the most rewindable, watchable, interesting show still. To this day, to this day. Anyway, singles match. Frankie Monet with Robert Stone against Cora Jade. And this was an upset that surprised the utter shit out of me. Because first of all, Frankie Monet wasn't even supposed to be in the match. She she beat up some other rookie, right? Yeah. And took the place of the other rookie. So here I am thinking, oh man, this poor girl, uh, Cora Jade, is going to lose now. Because uh, they're bringing in like a veteran. But no, to my surprise... 
Look what they did here. Nice knee by Jaden. And look, Cora Jade was not prepared for this matchup. Frankie Monet was and just depleted Jade. And absolutely molding there. Listen, this thing with Baxter is clearly not going to last. I had hundreds of girlfriends in my 20s. Oh, stop it, Way. Worry about the match. But look what happens here. She rolls through. Monet looking for an exclamation point. Jade able to roll through it. Oh! Huge upset. Huge upset. They did that. How is she already getting beat by these randoms? So they did that angle where, like, the rookie goes over, which is a cool angle to do. But I have to be honest, you know, I'm really surprised that they did that to Taya Valkyrie. Like, they were building her up. She seemed like a formidable person. Yo, Taya Valkyrie just got rolled up like nothing. Like, whoops. And, yeah, I'm still glad the girl sold it. Um. And escaped and everything. But didn't we have that happen recently with another girl that did the exact same thing? Like, I feel like in the very recent, was it, who was it that, that was doing that recently? They introduced the girl from Booker T School. Oh, yeah, I can't remember her I don't even remember her name. Because yeah. they did it a couple of times and then it led nowhere. So I'm just saying, sure, whatever. I don't know much about Cora J, but if you're going to have her in here and she's going to be doing that, could we make sure that this goes somewhere? And like, not just sacrifice a girl who they were high hopes for? Because you just pinned Ty Valkyrie, and there is the bullshit from them. You see? It took until now. Told you. Called it in the air. They don't know what they have with anybody, Jordan. That's why they're in the situation they're in now. Let's just fight their stupid strike. See? Told you. 5.35 a.m. I'm saying it. Again, mind your business. Oh, actually, it wasn't them. It was some other... I don't even know who the hell this is. Well, whoever you are, mind your business. You're handling this shit, right? We do this. Oh, God. Good God. Let me smile. Uh, whatever. I submitted a thing. I don't know what that was that we did. I'm trying to figure it out. It was something boxing related. Did we talk about anything boxing related? Oh, yeah. Uh, the big E thing at the beginning. Oh, really? Okay. I guess. Well, no, we were reviewing that, that, though, a, so that's okay. That one. Damn. Yeah, no, that wasn't WWE, though. I guess that was the boxing thing. Okay, well, we put in our, uh, filled out our form and everything. It was something we were reviewing, but yeah, well, that was kind of weird. They realize it's irrelevant after it's over, right? Right. Right. We didn't, we didn't even talk about the fight. We just talked about Big E's intro. Anyway, where were we on this thing? Uh, we just got through them jobbing out tire for whatever reason. Yeah, which, like I said, I hope that leads somewhere. Probably won't. This is a funny moment. I call this the wait for the hat. <laughs> I know, I like naming segments. Why did they do this? Look at this here. The guy on the left, I don't know who's who here, right? But why do they do this? Hell. Everybody waits for him to do this. Look at them all. What? Why wait? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Why wait? Why did you all wait? It, it looks so, it, it just looks so fucking put together. Look at this. Hell. Why wait? wait? And why did the commentator run ahead of time? How come she was the only one who was in still in real time? It's like the rest of them were frozen. Like oh, she was ready for this. She's like, nope, nope. Look, how about we make this tag title match elimination style? Elimination. Oh, I'm with that. Hell. Why wait? I just can't get over the stupidity of that. Why wait? Anyway, singles match Pete Dunn with Rich Holland fighting as Cameron Grimes to the moon. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly winds up interfering. Um, 
And uh, I know Grimes wants to be getting hit with a bitter end in this, right? That's and cool. Holland and Dunn wind up taking out Kyle O'Reilly for his troubles. So there. Uh, we had singles match, Malik Blade against Tony D'Angelo. The, fi- the, the finisher being, I believe, uh, Tony D'Angelo was a fisherman's neckbreaker, fisherman's swing neckbreaker, something. Yeah, I think it was like a fisherman's that. swing neckbreaker. There you go. They didn't call it shit. They don't know what it is. Anyway, uh, Trick Williams and Carmella Hayes uh, do a promo with some, I guess we could call it some down south slang, right? Isn't that what they're interested in? Down south slang. That shit. That's, well, that's what it is. Yeah. Mei Ying, who's now a jobber, gets gets jobbed out by, by uh, Indy, who beats her with that springboard el- elbow. They know this is like her second match, right? They don't care. They, they The whole thing was probably to get the other girl over. The one that's now called up somewhere. Toxic Attraction are about to jump her curl and when, when Zoe and Eo show up. Um, yeah, I guess I'll put that up. Which is kind of funny how... Uh, why is uh, Eo doing run-ins, right? Eo's picky about friends, but she's happy to save a girl who took her title and put her through a wall. I remember later she kind of justified. She goes, I don't like you, but I don't like them more. And they kind of just left it at that. They're like, all right. You know, I guess this is how we're going to have to handle them. Even though logically this shouldn't even be a handling situation. It's amazing that they were able to book this as a threat. Like, are you kidding me right now? Mandy Rose couldn't be any less of a threat. Like, what are you doing? Like, they're making them. It's, it's like. On one hand, I like this because they are um, a sexy, hot group and the gimmick and the look works and everything. But on the other hand, it's just too soon for them. They're treating them like the shield. Like, wait a minute. Io Shirai, Zoe Stark, and, and, and Raquel Gonzalez are back to back like they're about to fight the shield. Come on. In reality, they're just fighting fucking. You guys will be okay, friends. right? Like, you guys will be okay. This is this is like one of those things. <laughs> like, come on. Everyone's going to be okay, right? Um, maybe maybe bring a. What, what was that? No, I just laughed. No, I'm reading what he said. Is 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 Yim Zaili though? You know what? I was gonna say. You know what they should do? Have Tian Sha come out there and, and be the fourth person to help fight off the uh, the toxic attraction. Have Tian Sha come running in with her mist and to slide in back to back to back to back. See, the problem with that is though, is then she's gonna be the one who gets beat up while everybody else stands victorious. No, no, fuck because it. They clearly Sien... established they don't take her seriously. Send Tian Sha and Ember Moon out there to help Zoe, Eo, and uh, Raquel. Maybe then we could beat them. You know, like what's it gonna take to get rid of this threat that's really dangerous? Again, I still like it. It's just, it's just funny. They could have picked their spots better. Like, if you want to portray them as a dangerous group, sure. But are the first people that they're gonna corner like that really gonna be Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, really the last two champions that like had like a battle that destroyed walls and shit. Like, if you really want to start, like, have them climb. There's a ladder of progression here. Really, are you really gonna tell me that that? I mean, I guess if you really want to make them dangerous, then sure. But my suspension of disbelief does not go far enough where we're on back-to-back mode against them, you know? Like, where will they strike next? Are they going to start coming through the crowd and shit? I'll probably get heat from people who are behind this. And I'm not even saying I'm not behind it. I'm just saying that it's a far leap from being regular Mandy Rose with your two rookies to all. Well, all I'm saying is they're they're the problem. It just didn't give me we're surrounded vibes that they were going for you know like, what i mean like, 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 I, like i i could care less if i get heat from that from that like three or four people in sports this. i've never taken many roles seriously so why the fuck am i gonna do it now just because she changed her hair color 
The thing is, even if you had three people there that you did take seriously, it would still be Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez back to back, not even counting Zoe Stark, who still is pretty formidable, but just the two of them, even if you didn't take it seriously, right? It's still like two of the most dangerous women in the world. You could a girl put the Riot Squad. killed to get the NXT championship off of, and the strongest bitch in the locker room, and I'm supposed to be threatened by Mandy Rose and friends. You you could put the Riot Squad out there, and it still would have been questionable. Like, oh, I think they'll still be okay. Let alone fucking, like, you know, I was just kind of like, all right, if that's where we're going, let's not forget who the time is. At least, like, with the Riot Squad, there's a level of, like, believability to it. Whereas, like, seen these it. Three, then they like, built it's up like for three it. random people just thrown together. Like, I don't believe they could so much as handle Zoe Stark, let alone all three of them. Yeah, so, I, again, I had, I liked this up to this point, but once it became back-to-back-to-back, stuff like that, you know, it's like, ah. Uh, See, the problem is I never liked it because Mandy Rose has never been that much of a threat to the championship picture. What changed now? Nothing. The last thing she was doing before NXT was hanging out with Dana Brooke. But that team was and getting over. before that, hanging out with fucking Sonya Deville. And before that, hanging out with Paige. She's always hanging out with somebody. But you know what? Every single one of those teams got over, you know, with her in it. Yeah, And they then they just broke them up with no reason. Before they get got anywhere near championship. They just threw three up to the top. All right, well, this brings us to the NXT Tag Team Title Fatal 4 Elimination Match of MSK's Nash Carter and Wesley against Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, grizzled young veterans James Drake and Zach Gibson. MSK goes over, I believe, here, but it came down to Brooks, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs versus MSK. Afterwards, Imperium jumps MSK and Brooks and Josh slide in for the save, which is funny because I don't even remember what the fuck happened to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams from the future. Who were able to time travel through their whole careers, and I guess now they're they're too old and and worn to be able to keep up with these youngins because they were eliminated from the fucking thing, you know, after all that shit talking. Back of the and line, books. And I guess they're burnt out on the grizzle because I was surprised at who to turn out at the end here, and yeah, MSK winding up to be the guys that uh that go over. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. NXT brings uh six hundred thirty two thousand viewers. Uh, this is the lowest numbership since September seventh. Point thirteen in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. The previous week was six hundred and fifty five thousand viewers. A bit up by about what is that uh, thirty thousand? No, I'm doing shitty math today. About forty forty five thousand, I guess roughly. Point fourteen in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. Only a bit of a slight plunge there. Uh, anyway, that brings us to SmackDown. So the first Yay. thing that they did, yeah, thanks for the pop. The first thing that they did before SmackDown uh, went on was they got rid of they have Nakamura relinquished the. Uh, the freaking uh, crown, right? Yeah, because the actual King of the Ring tournament's starting up now. Did they even talk about it on SmackDown or just on social media? I think, I think just social media. Oh, hey, hear ye, hear ye. A royal decree from King Nakamura. A new King of the Ring being crowned in a few weeks. I respect the King of the Ring tournament. And I've proven myself as a king. Because of that, I am giving up my crown. So, you will not call me King Nakamura, but you can call me the Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke! Okay, we don't need a guitar solo. We got it. Jesus, man. 
And uh, I don't know. I'm looking through Smack to see if there's really anything worth uh, bringing up. Not really. Honestly, we could just sort of speed through it. I guess the main thing. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, the only thing is something I kind of have an issue with where I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. So two of the... uh, Two, two of the queen of the ring, the the, the two queen of the ring, queen queen uh, queen crown matches. Book that. I'm not sure, really. Zelina Vega against Tony so, Storm. Somebody, can, can somebody explain to me in what world Zelina Vega is being? I don't know. Former NXT women, NXT UK women's champion Tony Storm. What she's won a match since she's been back. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And then the fucking second one, which I love finding out. This running gag they seem to have in the back. Carmella with her fucking weird ass mask that makes no sense beats Liv Morgan. Apparently Liv was supposed to win this match until right at the last second. So my question is why do they just keep snatching shit from the poor girl at the last fucking second? I keep I see sort of this image that they put Carmella's face with that mask in replacement of Zordon in the command. She looks like greater value Zordon. She looks like if you got your Zordon off wish. Did you see that image of her? Where she's uh-huh. on? Somebody could pull that for me. I, I kinda like that. I don't know where yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's like it, it like it makes no logical sense. You're literally having the, the you're literally having the worst off in both cases be the one that moves on. Because Selena Vega shouldn't be beating anybody in this fucking tournament, let alone Tony Storm, who we've already seen win a big tournament in the May Young Classic. And Liv Morgan, I don't know what it is with these half-ass fault, not even half-ass, like quarter-ass pushes they give her. But it's like they'll have her like inspired, watch me, watch me, and then she loses. And it's not even like it's like originally in the plans for her to lose. They'll have her lose at like the last second, right before she goes out fucking go position. <sighs> yeah, like I said, none of this made sense and didn't do anyone any favors. I kind of feel everyone loses here. Zelina Vega actually winds up going over with the code red though right right which is kind of funny because tony storm just called up and now you kind of got what you wanted you got zelina vega push but at the expense of tony storm who just got there uh and then on the other hand you know with the carmella lifting i mean we've already spoken about this every week you know so now carmella's going over and poor live uh essentially there goes a push i mean she's gonna go to aw so i wouldn't even really yeah, worry about it her, so it, well, the, the, like you know what? Just, just, just give us Tony and Liv. Y'all clearly all know what to do with them. Kevin Owens gets his ass kicked by Happy Corbin again. Happy Corbin and mediocre Moss. Just saying, I'm... um, hit row. Yeah, anybody can get wiped out over here. Sonya Deville decides that she's going to uh, when they well, basically, yes, yeah, Sonya Deville is going to have a match against Naomi next week, and I gotta say that's impressive. Been a long time since we've seen Cameron in a match. You know, all day, I was just sitting there wondering, I wonder what we're going to start doing for Sonya now. I'll get you the timestamp. Last week needs to be her new drop. Without further ado, please help me. <laughs> Anytime we talk about Sonya, I don't give a shit what happens. I just can't believe that. I've seen because her do shit like that before. Her legacy. That was one of the best ones ever. And just went on after that. That was, that was gold, man. That bitch said, for, <laughs> without further ado, please help me. King of the Ring 2021 tournament first round match of Cesar versus Finn Balor. Finish this again was what? It was a coup de grace. Yeah, so Cesaro is not being pushed. He just signed the new contract to be jobbed. Um, Rollins calls out Edge. Edge shows up, beats the hell out of Rollins. Um, and then uh, he basically says, me, you, hell in a cell. 
which is going to be cool because since it's having a crown jewel, this will be the first time since WrestleMania 28 that a Hell in a Cell match has happened outside of the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that really uh, was interesting or that looked good, the one thing that I won't uh, feel good if I skip by, was uh, the contract. I don't know what the fuck it was. Was it going to be a contract signing? What was it going to be? Yeah, it was supposed to be like a contract signing or like face-to-face-to-face or... Yeah, so what I like about this was uh, Bianca Belair and her and her freaking She-Hulk strength. Watch this. These women being out here tonight. What's this? What's this? Look at the power of Belair. Are you kidding me? No way! And Sasha Banks. Oh! <laughs> Belair with Becky still Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Run that title back, please. Because I don't give a fuck how long she's been here. Can't nobody do that. <laughs> it made them look really Sasha silly. Sasha got off her and was not safe. Like I said, it made her look really silly. Both of them <laughs> just piled on top of each other like that. <laughs> I liked it, though. I did enjoy it. Uh, oh, yeah. For anyone who wants to see that, I'm going to share that on social media with you. I just noticed what they, what they, I didn't label that, by the way. See, if y'all spent more time working on your booking, you know, shit practices, not taking jabs at people, maybe AEW wouldn't be fucking y'all up. I just noticed what they did there. That's interesting. For anyone watching on the audio, they put it, the label of this was Bianca goes nuclear during the contract signing. <laughs> Rewind back a couple hours if y'all want to understand that. <laughs> it, it's so funny how they... Uh, was this them? Let me click this, though. Was this them? That's them, the source, right? I don't even know. Let me take a quick look here. I think it's from their official Twitter, right? Or their official YouTube. I had to look to make sure, just because they know what they did if they used nuclear. This is from WWE on USA's official YouTube. Yeah, because you know... Taking shots of people that'll stick it to them. I love how no one in the comments caught the nuclear thing that they did. Are we the only because nobody nobody paying attention to their unrelated, unfunny humor? We're too busy trying to make it through most of this shit half the time. Did not it one person a lot of their jokes are only that? funny to them. Like, no, just... It is kind of funny. It's funny that this went over everybody's head. Not one person caught the Tessa Blanchard reference that they put on Bianca Belair going nuclear. Bro, I'm scrolling this comment section. I can't believe it. Nobody wanted to acknowledge it. I can't believe I'm still eating time looking, but no. So you know what that is? Because nobody's worried about a girl who's not signed with their company. We're too busy watching Bianca Belair lift two human beings. And they're like, oh, get a Tessa joke in there. This is insane. Also, they had Zayn, who's getting in Dom's head, telling him that he's better than his father and that his father's too overprotective, which leads to a King of the Rings tournament first round match between Rey Mysterio and Sami Zayn at one point. Zayn removes the turnbuckle. Dominic gets up on there to, to put the padding back. Uh, but Ray lets that distract him into a loss. To a loss, essentially. Um, one thing that I did like that Stacey's point out that was kind of funny is uh, after this is over, freaking Zayn is wearing the King of the Ring uh, cloak. But he's wearing that shit Middle Eastern style. Like, look at how he put the cape on. 
with the crown in this picture. <laughs> yeah, like, like, he's wearing it like a sultan. Like he put the cape inside of the crown and put it on his head. <laughs> did he? Did I'm he just? I'm a fucking say, El Janeiro Konak. And it's funny because he is like he he is from somewhere in the Middle East, right? I forget his exact nationality or whatever his culture, but look, it's just he fucking wore better than gender. <laughs> like what the fuck? Anyway, oh boy. Um, so I guess it's Dom's fault now. Shame on you, Dom. Kevin Owens gets his ass kicked. What else did we do? We have the Cameron match with Cesaro. That was it. That was pretty much it. Thank God. Amen. SmackDown did an overnight 2.12 million in the 18 to 49 demographic. They did a 0.55. They are up from last week's 2.9 million and with only 2.50 in the 18 to 49 demographic good luck beating them getting to raw before we wrap up last week's raw did 1,856,000 viewers that's very close to 2 million raws up there the week before did 1.71 so they're rising raws are getting rising a lot 0.49 in the 18 to 49 demographic last week 0.52 in the current week we'll see what's happening for this week next week <laughs> yeah anyway Gonna speed through. Biggie and Drew McIntyre have a promo about nipples and sword wielding asses. Uh, the Usos wind up taking both of them out while they're comparing swords and genitalia and nipples. Um, the King of the Ring 2021 tournament first round match here is Xavier Woods against Ricochet with Woods going over with a flying elbow. People with flying elbows ruled this week. Riddle versus Omas. AJ doesn't let, let him um, pin him though. Instead, he buries him. They wind up roundhouse kicking him. Omos with his big foot. He gives him the Jericho pin. He puts his foot on his fucking body and pins him. I don't know why Riddle's being buried like this, but Orton's music hits eventually after Riddle's taking an ass whipping. And then Orton winds up RKOing AJ out of nowhere and escaping. And somehow Riddle has recovered from this brutal ass whipping. And he's back hugging Orton, who comes fucking late. Don't know what you're hugging him for. Uh, Biggie and Drew do the Mega Powers handshake backstage when they decide that they're going to team up in order for them to be able to take out the Usos who are a week late ambushing. Because if you recall, Roman sent them to fucking to, to Raw from SmackDown last week. Not this week. It took them a really long time. I don't know what kind of a plane they took. But they're here. Got, glad we got to see the Mega Powers handshake if that's what it took. Jeff Hardy has a match against Austin Theory at the finish being Theory avoids the Swanton into a roll-up. Um, tw- this is his debut match, and they're going to have this 24-7 bullshit happen in the middle. On top of the because fact... that's what they do. You know, it's like, it's like so we have to see Reggie and R-Truth and all run in the middle of, the, of Austin Theory's debut match. Wonderful. Keep it classy. Uh, Jinder goes over Kofi. Bianca Bella and Sasha Banks have a match against Benky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, but everybody's acting like little kids. They're fighting throughout the match, so it has two beginnings. The one beginning where no one gets along and they fuck each other up, and the second beginning where I think the same thing happened, right? Then they just fuck each other up again? Yeah, so one, one thing I'm going to jump into, um, this and another match. Can we kill this never-going-to-get-over thing? Of oh they don't get along with their teammates. If they don't get along, don't put them as fucking teammates. I like finishes to my matches. I know they're gonna fight. I know they don't like each other. Becky and Charlotte haven't liked each other for fucking years. I don't need to see them teaming. <laughs> right there. I would like you, a buddy. start and a finish to my match. This isn't a run on stage, you dumb fucks. Stop it. Dewdrop goes over Natalia. <laughs> because why not? Ali turns on Mansoor. I the forgot even. Is, they didn't even get split up in the draft. That's what's funny about it. Nope, they just got turned. They might have done turns for people. Guess what? They should have split them up in the draft if they're going to, but that, Yo, they probably at, didn't think, think about that. The one team that didn't get split up in the draft is got the split one that up. had somebody turn. Yeah, and it has the same, guy who we, the same guy who we realize now doesn't make a good heel. So we started his redemption by putting him with a baby face, and he slowly starts to warm up to the baby face, and 
turned heel. Yep. Dana Brooke lost to Shayna because, I mean, it's Dana fucking Brooke. All right. What the fuck else? Because I'm getting tired. And then McIntyre obviously don't get along. Their match, they got counted out. And then shenanigans. Yeah, the Mega Powers 2.0 didn't work out, did it? Can't wait to see that, man. What happened, guys? Can't wait to see that fucking promo package. Yeah. Well, I can. I absolutely can, to be honest with you. Just saying. Remember that joke I made about tag team wrestling? That was the word of the day. Three tag team matches tonight. Two didn't actually end. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. All right, well, are we ready to wrap up? I think I think that goes without question, yeah, right? Yeah, we out of here. All right, guys. Well, don't forget, we have a lot of content coming to you this week specifically. Tomorrow night, 10 p.m., following a NXT, almost at a double following NXT 2.0, we have Life is Strange, uh, True Colors, Chapter 5, the final chapter, Side B. We're going to see how this whole story wraps up and how the hell the main character is not dead. Also, at some point, possibly also tomorrow night, depending on when it launches, depending on when the schedule is, there's going to be a Back for Blood launch stream available to all of you game passers out there for free. So don't forget to grab that. Also, throughout this week, starting tomorrow, effective immediately, don't know how the hell we're going to do it, but PSO is launching their new expansion content, new region, new stuff. We're going to be doing that, as well as Far Cry 6. Going to continue to couple stream as we go through that. Thank you to Vape God, Fletch, J.K. Fletch Malone, Sindaiko, Willie V2, Stasis Green, Paco with your friend, George, Spartan Jesus, Adwin666, Raiding Jaguar 456, Six Slayer, Cabigon, Squishy, and all of you lurkers, as well as those listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitch. And all of the other popular places podcasts are found. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 486, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin, Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. And we out. Later, people. Shut it down.